millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You're listening to part four of a five-part podcast. The other parts are available in your podcast feed right now. Time codes are in the description of this episode down below for when each film is discussed and when we are joined by each of our special guests. Enjoy. We got a mystery to solve and the mystery is why did they make the monsters real and fuck up the franchise? How much more can we take? This podcast was a fucking mistake. Every single member of the cult elders directly pays for my suffering. Richard, we're at an interesting point in the Scooby-Doo podcast, my friend, because we're now at a film that you know 20 films ago we were like oh it'll be ages till we get to that film and i can't help this is movie 28 Mm. when we were doing barbie we were less than 10 away from the end now it doesn't feel i don't like i don't feel like i've achieved anything yeah yeah i felt i felt more of a sense of of closure by this point in the barbie episode this feels like it's 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 going slower and faster at the same time like faster in the sense that uh, I think maybe because I was expectant of more movies, it hasn't felt as much of a, a marathon, mm. but also slower in the sense that like I'm not reaching as many conclusions as I was reaching with, with Barbie, and I still need to get an, an eye exam and get new glasses. I really need to make sure that storyline is wrapped up before the podcast mm. ends. Yeah, you've only got be real what, bad like storytelling. 19 films to go. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I think, yeah. you know, getting an eye exam is pretty easy. Like, you can just go do it. Yeah, but remember the storyline? Was that on the Scooby-Doo podcast about how I'd had no debit card anymore? Was that on the Scooby-Doo podcast? Was that a Patreon episode? Oh, I don't know. Maybe you should tell the story just in case. <laughs> I lost one. I, I tried to get a, a new debit card because my current one was expiring. And it, I basically, like... It, it was the it was the banking equivalent of when you try to open the door as someone's unlocking it, and so you open it and it undoes the mm. unlock. It was like that, and basically, I'm I had to go in and get my own debit card, um, and so now I can actually pay for an eye exam. So maybe I'll do that. Wow. All right, uh, but also the fun thing about this that is that because we share an email account, the Carl Popshire email, I've been getting like three emails a day from paypal being like thanks for your purchase with uber eats (laughs) i'll pay it back uh we are going to talk about now scooby-doo adventures the mystery map the first film in the scooby-doo series (laughs) i i want to bring up the just (laughs) still about this debit card thing okay did you never like because you could still access your bank account so could you not yeah. have like transferred money to one of your flatmates and went grocery shopping with them or anything uh, like that? They don't like me asking them to do things. Right. I barely got Lucas to guest star on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. It just didn't seem like that big of a deal. I think I think one of my flatmates uh, bought me a pizza one night. Mm. 
Interesting. Yeah, there was a night where I was like, oh, AJ must be hungry. I haven't got an Uber Eats notification. (laughs) (laughs) That's probably it. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So here we are talking about Scooby-Doo Adventures, the mystery map in 2013. Scooby-Doo Adventures. Oh, this must be the start of a new series, Richard. It's a new moniker. Mm, This is our our Fairytopia or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this was directed by, uh, from by all accounts, a man who does not exist called wow. Joe Knopf, uh, who his only IMDb credit is this film. <laughs> um, it only has one critic review on Rotten Tomatoes, and it's from Common Sense Media, who gave it two and a, two out of five stars. The review re- reads thusly. The fluffy puppets skew far younger than the average Scooby-Doo audience of kids aged six to nine, and the story might have been served better if the cartoon crew had been able to put some style behind the mild scares. Uh, because of course this is the puppet one. Remember Ooh. us talking about this? This is the this is the one we we discovered after we had already committed to the podcast. We we discovered that uh, it wasn't. There, there weren't 47 Scooby-Doo movies because this one's only 45 minutes long. And we may have found out a reason for that, Richard. Mm-hmm. But before that, can you tell us what is Scooby-Doo Adventures the mystery map about? Well, I'm currently just... I just thought I'd quickly check because Yomak Knopf feels so much like a... Um, like a anagram, and, and like an anagram, right. right? It does. Yeah, it does. It, it is. I can tell you it is a pseudonym. I have that uh later on oh right is it of someone named john campo maybe it is i didn't find out who it was a pseudonym for <laughs> yeah yeah interesting uh anyway yeah scooby-doo adventures it's really i mean it, it very much feels like two episodes of something mm-hmm. um and it's the first one is they're hanging out in their tree house which is instead of i guess the mystery machine they're in a tree house in this um mm-hmm canon and they order a pizza which is delivered by this pizza guy and then they eat the whole pizza but there's a, a map inside the pizza and so they go across that they go on an adventure to find the treasure of gnarly beard the pirate and then it turns out that it, it's the pizza guy yeah He's the bad guy. Yep, Stu yeah. Stokowski uh, was dressed as the Phantom Parrot. He is Gnarly Beard's sixth great-grandkid, and the treasure belonged to him, apparently. Mm. Um, and then we get another little storyline. Where it turns out that there was a piece missing from the map, so the treasure wasn't actually where they thought it was going to be. It was in a slightly different place, so they go on another adventure. It turns out that Scooby ate part of the map. Mm. Yeah, and they and then, they encounter yeah. the ghost of Gnarly Beard himself, who's played by John Reese davies <laughs> <laughs> um, And it turns out to be Shirley Stukowski, who is Stu's sister, uh, who also was trying to find the treasure. Yeah. Um, so again, this is done with puppets. So I guess there was an element of me that was like excited to see this, especially with it kind of breaking our format by only being 45 minutes long. I was hoping to find out more information about that. Um, I couldn't really, it's, 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 I guess what we thought was what delineated it as a movie on wikipedia is more delineating the director video releases and i think the other mm. ones might be tv releases and maybe that's the difference and that just happens to be the only director video release that is under an hour uh so 
I don't know. Maybe that's the qualifier. But uh, yeah, as you said, the film is very uh, clearly the first two episodes of a TV show that, <laughs> yeah. that were never picked up. Uh, and I am not surprised. <laughs> I was I was hoping this would be fun and a nice change of pace, but I just found it like super tacky and amateur and kind of disappointing and boring. What did you think mm. of it? Yeah, it's like... It's very clearly aimed at a different um, demographic, mm. and I'm kind of fine with that. It's like, yeah, you can you can aim one of these a little bit younger, and I mean, if this was a you know after school car- um, not cartoon but you know puppet show for much younger audiences, which you know teaches them to be wary of strangers and mm. all these kind of ideas, you know, I wouldn't hate it. But as just this lone anomaly in the Scooby-Doo canon, it's um, very strange. Yeah, and I, I like, I don't have a problem with that part either. It's more I feel like the the puppetry itself was real half-baked. It felt like, like, there, mm. there are people involved in the Muppets doing this. Like, Jim, the Jim Henson crew helped out somewhat. But it doesn't feel like it's got the same polish as what we've come to expect from, from the Muppies, Richard. Mm. And you can, but you can see elements of uh, the TV show it was going to be that are left in the final final product there's a very clear break as we said between the two episodes the two plots you could pretty easily make completely different from each other um and the stuff which uh the stuff which was clearly intended to be recurring gags like i'd imagine every episode of scooby-doo adventures scooby would eat a scooby snack and he'd get so pumped that he'd transform into some kind of convenient object or vehicle that gets the gang out of trouble because (laughs) in both parts in the first part he gets fed a scooby snack and turns into a giant bowling ball that they used to get out of a cave Mm. and in the second half he turns into a (laughs) rocket ship which gets them off i think gnarly beards uh ship did you like that yeah i thought that was yeah it's fun Mm -mm. yeah i felt like that was that was like i can i can see the allure and like and we created all these like there'd be a warehouse full of different scooby-doo shaped or scooby-doo patterned objects and things yeah and they'd get auctioned off um for charity Mm. and Mm. you know 20 years after the show yeah but they um yeah, I, I thought that was a fun little running gag, and it's, yeah, like you say, it's cl- clearly would have been, like, an every episode thing. Also, just on, like, so you said when he eats a Scooby snack, I always get a kick out of watching puppets eat. I just think it's the funniest <laughs> thing. Like, the way, like, um, uh, like Cookie Monster eats cookies, where he just, like, you know, shoving them into his mouth and just, like, mashing them with the, <laughs> the puppeteer's hand. And they do it in this with the, like, pizza that they order and they're just, I'm, 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 I'm. <laughs> I yeah. always find that yeah. very humorous. Yeah. Sounds like you maybe had a better time with this than I did. Uh, yeah. I mean, I just like, it was 45 minutes. It was. Yeah, I guess so. I put, I put this pretty cute. low on my ranking. I think that yeah, in terms of the, um, the caliber to expect, this is like, I, I prefer this to the live action prequels, but mm. not by too much. <laughs> I guess it's shorter. So therefore more palatable, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I put it pretty low as well, but I just don't have, like, that much of a problem with it. It's fine to have something to break up the... Especially when we, we're coming off the back of, like, we just recorded so many in a row mm. together that this was, like, such a nice little... Yeah, that's a good point. ...palate cleanser after it. 
I will say it's interesting talking about like um, you know the, uh, reactions to Scooby Doo things because just for context for people listening to this in about a month's time, mm. what where we are in the history of Scooby Doo is that um, the white male genocide actually just I'm <laughs> oh, sorry uh, Velma released this week <laughs> and yeah not not great reviews for that show. <laughs> the first i think two episodes are out well but. not not great not a great look for mindy kaling either who was um caught red-handed liking a jk rowling clap back uh, on twitter did you see that oh really no. yeah so wow why would you eh? if you had any if i was like famous in hollywood i guess i don't actually have share the opinions of jk rowling but if if i secretly did i just wouldn't interact with her on twitter i feel like it's a death sentence at the moment mm. yeah i'd be i'd be yeah or like liking yeah liking things on twitter is just too dangerous mm. because even like you know you can see a funny joke and then it's like oh it's from an anti-vax trump supporter and you're mm. like fuck well now i'm cancelled yeah yeah the um samuel jackson was caught liking a bunch of porn the other week. So mm. so that's fun. Well, so was it. Yeah, Bob Odenkirk followed that foot fetish page. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of Velma, um, Velma's actually got a new voice actress in this. She's she's played and puppeted by mm. one Stephanie Dabruzzo. Uh, and of all the publications on the internet, uh, the TV pilot theory that we have uh, was mm. basically confirmed in a Scoobypedia exclusive interview uh, with her. So <laughs> this the same site we've been going to get all our bullshit like information mm. from is the one that interviewed her and got the scoop. Um, yeah, so she said the that she, that the scoop, the scoop, scoop. She she believes it was supposed to be a TV show and that she was hoping that she would get a, a job out of it, basically to be mm. a, a recurring show. Uh, she also other other tidbits from the interview include that Dabruzzo, uh, she feels guilty that she was the only puppeteer whose voice was used for her character, and apparently <laughs> the other puppeteers expected they would make the final cut too, uh, but the regular voice actors were brought on for the other characters. The other puppeteers include Muppet Vets, Eric Jacobson, Matt Vogel, and David Rudman. Um, who did the rest of the the mystery gang? But they were not selected. They the they the regular voice cast except for Valma went and overdubbed, um, overdubbed all the all the audio. And you know it's up to it's up to snuff. It's it's Shaggy. It's Matthew Lillard doing Shaggy. It's it's Frank Welker doing Fred. So good on them, or not good on them. Whatever your opinion is. Uh, and also, according to IMDb, this is a piece of IMDb trivia, this movie marks the first and only time Stephanie D'Abruzzo voices Velma, a role that presumably could have gone to the to the then-current Velma, Mindy Cohn. So IMDb trivia is stroppy about it as well. <laughs> uh, and D'Abruzzo says, yeah, is the one that says in this interview that Joe Mac Knopf is a pseudonym, but doesn't say mm. for who, but she does indicate she does know who. Which is interesting, isn't it? Like, is it someone real famous? Oh my god! Oh my god! Uh, <laughs> Joe McNoff. Yeah, Jonathan Jacobo. Mm. The pterodactyl guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's act. It actually. It actually turns out to be like Christopher Nolan. It's like a full on director. That they're like, mm. no, no, they're going by Joe McNoff for the stupid puppet film. <laughs> <laughs> who, who would be the most surprising director to find out directed this movie one of us was it you because it wasn't me 
Imagine if this it was. If 28 films into Scooby-Doo, you're like, AJ, I'm involved in the franchise. And it is every criticism you've given it has offended me as a person. Yeah. But it's also just like, I, I've been wanting, I, I, it just hasn't come up. No, yeah, right. There's not, never I haven't been, been keeping it from you. Yeah. <laughs> I just never felt right to bring it up. All right. Well, fair enough. Fair enough. As it stands, as we said at the start, this is the only product production released under the Scooby-Doo Adventures banner, which is presumably what the TV show w- was going to be called, Scooby-Doo Adventures. But since, uh, interestingly enough, the puppets, the, the design of the characters and the puppets in this film are actually uh, based on their designs from the 90s Scooby-Doo show, A Pup Named Scooby-Doo, when they were kids, surely this should have been called A Puppet Named Scooby-Doo. That's such an... AJ, <laughs> like oh, a title. pun. A pun is an AJ title, is it? Not something you would like. Not for you. Nah, I don't like it. Don't like. I I think pun titles are the worst. Well, did, but did, but I surely test puns. Surely and farts. There's surely there's a way to uh sell the concept more than Scooby Doo Adventures. I guess. Yeah. Right. Scooby Doo's felt mysteries <laughs> yeah i was gonna say felt yeah <laughs> scooby-doo felt off felt up because it yeah felt up scooby-doo <laughs> all right well, this is pretty late into the podcast isn't it uh, the mm. other the final thing i have to say about this film this film this failed tv pilot uh is that part of the cheapness of it i think is exemplified by the fact that it repeats songs from the band just for laughs that we've already mm. heard in the last few movies dig it yeah dig it dig it scooby doo so we hear songs from camp scare legend of the Fantasaur, and abracadabra do the latter of which the chorus is like abracadabra do so it just says the name of another movie mm. and it plays one of them like three times i think throughout <laughs> <Yeah>. the 45 <laughs> yeah. minutes and it's just really like this is the, 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 i think ultimately that's what i have to say about it is it's just feels cheap it feels it feels like a puppet scooby-doo is a promising prospect but this is this is they didn't I don't think they did a good enough job with this one. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you say it feels cheap, but like puppets are quite expensive to make. Well, that's m- even even to more. Make your own. Maybe that's where all the budget went. Mm. On felt. <laughs> mm. Mm. I I stumbled across a pretty interesting website that maybe we should uh, look at at a at another point because I didn't copy it down. But it was when I was looking to see if this was a cancelled TV show and I was Googling all sorts of buzz terms to try and figure that out. And I found like a blog someone wrote that compiled all the cancelled Scooby-Doo projects over the years. And that could be a fun thing to look at. One of them was um, Hanna-Barbera Babies which would have been a, a, <laughs> oh, a, a yeah. crossover. And like, because it was talking about, we talked about this on the, uh, when we covered the first live action film, that that a a live action film was was proposed as early as the 1970s and i wonder what they would have used do you think it would have been i reckon here's what they i reckon what a 1970s scooby-doo movie would have i was going to say would they have used puppets like this but i don't think they would have i think it would have just been an actual trained great dane and it just wouldn't have talked it would just eat heaps yeah (laughs) and that that would be the way they would do it (laughs) yeah do they do um like yeah like talking dog talking animal movies back then in the 1970s well they did talking animal cartoons so why not yeah but i just think it would have been too practically difficult for them to do it i guess milo and otis is from like the 70s um talking animal movies (laughs) 
1970s. <laughs> I mean, like the animals actually talked in. Um, oh, there was a boy and his dog was like the only seventies uh, classic. Yeah, um, but you know, like that sort of. Oh, the the dog's telepathic in this one. So, mm. oh, it's uh, the the tagline for this. Um, for a boy and his dog from 1975 is the year is 2024 a future you'll probably live to see well we hope so and it's an r-rated rather kinky tale of survival well now oh, i've got to go okay. to the um a boy i'm gonna have to go to the, the parents thing. guide <laughs> on on um indb let's um what is that bloody where's that pesky parents guide um I can't bloody... F- they keep moving it. Here it is. I'm to be such a mess now. He has, he has sex with a woman and we see her topless after they had sex. We see her walk around nude. Breasts visible. Bottom, not quite. Oh, no. Um, and then the, there's a scene where people extract semen from the main character. You see the semen entering a tube. What the hell is that? This sounded like a child's, like... A boy and his dog about a talking telepathic dog. And it's like there is semen extraction scenes in this. Yeah, some scenes of fighting are intense, but the movie is slightly comic. Okay, well, it sounds... The fuck is this Horrific. It sounds like some of our friends of... uh, Do you know the term Nanar? No. So it's a French term. It's uh, Birdemic, The Room. So bad they're good movies are are Nanar. It sounds like we've got some Nanar fans in the Discord that might want to check out A Boy and His Dog. Yeah. Um, It was... um, The film is... It's based on a um, book... It's a a cycle of narratives by Harlan Ellison, who wrote um, I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream. Okay, so maybe it's not an anarchy. Maybe this is actually a very serious adaptation. It has 78% on Rotten Tomatoes. Fuck it. Someone suggested it for GMP. We'll watch it. (laughs) There were rumors regarding a sequel called A Girl and Her Dog, but it never happened. Oh, God. Well, we'll go check that out later on but right now richard we have to check out another little scooby dooby <laughs> another little boy and his dog uh, called scooby-doo stage fright let's hop to it we got a mystery to solve and the mystery is why did they make the monsters real and fuck up the franchise how much more can we take this podcast was a fucking mistake Every single member of the cult elders directly pays for my suffering. Dig it, dig it, dig it, Scooby-Doo. Ah, what a horrible, horrible (laughs) band that is to be stuck in my head. Uh, Welcome, everyone, to our conversation about Scooby-Doo Stage Fright. This also came out in 2013. Directed by an MF named Victor Cook. It has no critical score on Ron Tomatoes. Probably don't need to say that at this point anymore. Uh, what is Scooby-Doo Stage Fright hey, about, Richard? Scooby-Doo Stage Fright is about the gang head to Chicago, the Windy City. The um, Where they yep. um, uh, want to go on a show called talent star american idol sort of competition fred and daphne are finalists and but then they realize that where where it's happening the the big finale they're being terrorized by a phantom and then they Mm. the the sort of the big reveal of it is that 
pretty much every suspect ends up being one of the phantoms. <laughs> well, they, they don't know that there's multiple phantoms until they st- keep start to con- they keep unraveling and then it's revealed and that there's another one and another, and another one and another one. The 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 phantom keeps taking out finalists and then it gets to the final at the end not killing them just making them unable yeah. to perform and it gets to the end and you've got like this cute little girl who wants to win the money for a, her mom or whatever and then she's a violinist yeah and then fred and daphne are also on the final and they make a point of being like fred and daphne were better than the girl but they're mm. letting her win. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is and then which also is funny. this but horrible little girl who comes to the head. Yeah. The, the 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 best part of this film is there's the reveal midway through when they mm. finally unmask the Phantom and they it's very Phantom of the Opera, this guy who lives beneath it, and t- he's he's unmasked. And he's like he's a guy they haven't seen yet. He's just a normal looking dude, and he's like I'm I'm cursed to haunt this building as the Phantom because I'm so hideous I cannot walk amongst you know the the people above, and they're like oh you like you're fine looking and he goes no look in the mirror <laughs> look at me I look hideous and turns out he's only ever for the last twenty years he's only or forty years he's only ever seen his face in a funhouse mirror and just thought he was hideous and so hid down here and but he he was like as a phantom hadn't been really doing anything wrong was only using the costume to like um sneak in and out to get groceries and and whatnot but i thought that was such a fucking funny reveal yeah i agree such a a brilliant moment yeah and also just relatable that this guy (laughs) thinks he's so ugly that he hides away from society yeah (laughs) um yeah yeah um so he he ends up uh replacing the host of the show in the end mm. as the new host because the actual host uh brick pimento played by wayne brady uh was one of the phantoms the other phantoms include uh mal richmond uh lance damon dewey and dewey ottoman and as said brick pimento their motives are they all have different motives as well they're not working Mm. together they've all Mm. just seen that being a phantom can get you what you want so mal richmond wants to burn down his money losing theater for the insurance money lance damon uh wants to was dressing up as the phantom so that his daughter will win the talent contest dewey ottoman is dressing up as the phantom because he wants to steal the soap diamond to add to his collection of cleanliness treasures and he specifies he's only got two at the moment and that's not what does he say that's not a collection three is a collection two (laughs) is just what does he say do you remember two is poo no he says shut up what are you talking about (laughs) i gotta find this it's real funny um and and yeah and then um uh brick pimento is doing it because the ratings were dropping a classic motivation for any Mm. any you know hollywood villain in any cartoon movie ever um (laughs) sorry i'm just gonna try find where it's a real funny line i just don't want to I don't want to half remember things. Yeah. While you remember that, the other thing that's sort of a big plot element in this film is the will they, won't they of Mm. Fred and Daphne Mm. is like brought brought to a head here. Oh, it's the most interesting and compelling that dynamic has been. (laughs) So like Daphne is losing sleep at night and you know not to to bring this up again but 
she goes out to the balcony in like a full-on like negligee it's insane like it's it's absolutely insane that you would draw this character (laughs) in a kid's film wearing that like it's it's god it, it, it feels like it belongs in something like the, a boy and his dog like you know, <laughs> but yeah the the dynamic between fred and daphne is yeah it's fun and it's and it, it, it does feel kind of rewarding because we've seen just little hints at this and it's never been like front and center in any of the movies it's just been like there's been a little bit of jealousy or whatever but it feels like in this one that we're finally going to get them you know actually being a real couple they the film ends with them both about to profess their love for each other and then they head to mm. goose lake um to get the goose lake monster <laughs> yeah <laughs> but they yeah i i i i was upset that it didn't um because mm. it was like the whole film we only really follow uh valma uh, daphne talking to valma about how she feels about fred mm. and valma gets something like just talk to fucking him about it i don't care yeah. and then at the end they're in the mystery machine they're they're heading off and she's having one last chat to valma and valma's like look for the last fucking time bitch talk to him and then it cuts to outside and for the first time we see that fred is grappling with the same emotions mm. and is saying being hey the most guys. vulnerable with shaggy he's ever been yeah, seen yeah. Thus far. and scooby and he's talking to them about how oh my god you guys i think i have a crush on Velma and Shaggy and on Scooby. Daphne, not Velma. On da- God, Daphne. imagine if he had a crush on Velma. <laughs> oh my God, that'd be so enriching. That would yeah, crush because, her. Because they had to do an encore because they were a finalist. So they do the song they've been practicing and then they perform another song in which Val- Daphne has secretly written lyrics that are confessing her love for Fred and they play that together live and they're both wondering like, can they kiss at the end of this performance? And they're both mm. wondering, did... did did he just kiss me? Was because, that just part of the performance? Yeah. Part of the performance. Um, the line is, uh, so, so they go, so you are the the one who stole the other artifacts and Dewey replies, uh-huh, but you need three things to make a collection. Three things. Two is just bookends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, I loved this one. I thought like, mm, like, and, I, and I, I've said, I've been, I've been positive about a few of them recently, but that's more been like, okay, cool. No, there's some interesting, this is like, I put this on, not on 1.5 speed or nothing, Richard. Mm. And I just passively watched it and I enjoyed it. And I thought it was really funny. Um, and it didn't feel like a chore for some, you know, compared to how some of the other ones have felt. Uh, as you said, the the reveal of the fandom was hilarious. There's a, a there's a part of it where, <laughs> for whatever reason, Scooby has to dress up as an old man, and Shaggy's teaching mm. him how to be an old man. It's like you got to say you new fan dangled kids and stuff. And then when one of the phantoms is arrested, I think it's um, <laughs> uh, Mal yeah. Richmond. He's like, and I would have gotten away with it too if it wasn't for you mad kids and your nosy old guy <laughs> it's so <laughs> funny it's genuinely really really funny and it, yeah. i i, I um, and also like scooby's character work on the old guy was pretty good yeah <laughs> and the, the whole multiple phantoms thing like as it started revealing i was like this is such a great subversion of the formula that it's like what if it was fucking everyone yeah i actually kind of wish the- they, they went further and there were like a dozen half a dozen phantoms instead of just the yeah four but or also five the, the fact that they're not um they're not working together they just all independently had the same idea yeah yeah it's great it's so funny uh and the the 
yeah, I, I, so I thought that was that was a really great twist. Um, yeah, you mentioned before there's a scene where Velma wakes up. She wakes up in the hotel room and and Daphne's bed is empty. And she's like, oh, what's going on? And she sees Daphne out on the balcony in the middle of the night. As you said, she's wearing maybe the sexiest pajamas I've ever seen in a children's cartoon. You re- it's, like, it's like a... I know we've talked about this a lot and I don't necessarily want to dwell on it as much as this, but it's like a flowy sort of skirt and then just a very deep neckline uh, sort of... Mm. Uh, it's, it's negligee, it is, like... Like yeah, and she keeps like folding her arms, which yeah. just press her breasts together. But but the, and and like if this was live action, who cares? This is what the human body does. This mm. is drawn. There were decisions made for for Daphne to have a heaving bosom in this <laughs> artistic design. It's just interesting. I don't have a problem with it. I'm not even you know real talk. It's st- yeah, obviously it's a cartoon, so I'm not like. An I'm not gonna like dog. leave my my girlfriend for it. No, yeah, <laughs> but it's just it's just interesting that that this was like I bet I didn't check, but I bet Common Sense Media has something to say about it. You know, that's well, that's you better fucking check. <laughs> that's that's more my point. Um, but furthermore, this this scene. Uh, she so so Velma's like, what's wrong? And Daphne's like, oh, I'm in love with Fred. And I just thought it's a very brief scene, but I found it like super authentic and sincere. Mm. There's there's a famous uh, X Files episode called Quagmire. Uh, released before <laughs> Family Guy, um, oh, which is right. which is basically like them looking for a a local Loch Ness monster copy, right, in, the, in a swamp, mm. and um, it's just a regular episode of the X Files. But then at the start of the third act, they get stranded in the middle of the swamp. Was oh, this the episode on, on the rock? On the rock, the the yeah, the episode on the rock or the conversation on the rock, and the whole episode slows down to have a conversation about Mulder and Scully's dynamic with each other, and it just feels so out of nowhere and it reminded me of that like it it felt like like there was some kind of like moment where all these writers of these scooby-doo movies who just are churning out these like fun kid-friendly adventures are like i'm bored let's explore these characters a little bit and the scene Mm. is like a minute long so it's nothing you know it's nothing too extensive but it reminded me of that and i thought it was was really sweet and i guess i don't know like i've had so many crushes on Daphne, my best friends in my life, right? And so it's just an interesting dynamic to see in a movie to be like, I'm in love with this person I see every day. I'm in love with this person that has, you know, been a part of my life for, in this case, 45 years, but not, I guess, <laughs> not, not literally. But, you know, like, are you a big, have you, do you have a lot of crushes on friends? Um, or do you? So many. Yeah. An unhealthy amount. Yeah, same. I'm a I'm I I'm a crush fiend, Richard. I, most of the women in my life, I have either had a crush on or do have currently. Or do currently, yeah. <laughs> if, if they're over eighteen, of course, um, and not related to me, um, I, yeah, I'm, I crush at crushes. <laughs> nice. And and so like I guess it's just like I'm a sucker for for like unresolved sexual tension or and or unresolved romantic tension and tv shows and stuff i think i I mean again to bring up the x-files probably the most compelling part of the show and just i think it's always so exciting when it's done in a kid's in a kid's thing because it's like this is a way to introduce kids to like 
what the world can sometimes be like in, in a more profound and explorative way than than just solving crimes and mysteries it's like yeah and sometimes you're in love with your singing partner and and you don't know if they like you back because everything is performance you know mm, it happens all the time man but it, it does kid stuff. it, it kid actually stuff. kind of does the the situation of not knowing if someone's actually into you or just because the the thing you're working on together requires them to be close to you that's relatable as hell like i don't know i just i just thought it was cool it just really resonated with me um okay nerd <laughs> um yeah i ranked this second this is my second place wow. uh, it's behind zombie island uh very surprising to find a legitimate gem past the halfway mark of the series <laughs> though i will say i think the fuck aj era has been my favorite era like i think the mm. globe trotting bad font choice era was like that's what i'm going to remember as the hard yards i, I guess we've still got probably a couple more errors to go yeah, yeah. but but at, at the moment when i think about it those were the hardest ones to get through whereas i've quite enjoyed a lot of this this era the post um, fuck aj yeah yeah well i think we still are because this still opens with uh, uh the the thing that i think postmarks or signposts of the fuck aj era is there'll be an an opening sequence done in a different animation style mm, that yeah. feels like that's the that's the signature which this has um yeah i think that this distinction of a good scooby-doo movie is shared by a couple of the other movies but in this case i really just it just feels like the you can feel the creative team were passionate about specifically this one and it wasn't mm. just like one they churned. Do you, do you agree? Like, it feels like someone was like, I can tell a cool story with this, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, people being, uh, having fun. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, Common Sense <laughs> Media, I didn't, I haven't looked up what they um, said about, you can look that up if you like, but I can tell you that they praised Wayne Brady's performance as Brick Pimento, calling it extremely believable. <laughs> 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 horrifically um, believable where does is it just in the reviews that it says these things oh no there's sex yeah, romance like and that. nudity all right here we go sex romance and nudity on on common sense media it's got two stars out of five which isn't too bad uh mm. and it says daphne is shown in a cleavage bearing nightgown and she's preoccupied <sighs> with her crush on fred for all of the movie there's one public kiss and another scene in which a man stares at a beautiful young woman a talent show contestant wears tight skimpy outfits and then th then there's a little flag and it says did you know you can flag iffy stuff with plus are just limits for sex romance and nudity in your kids entertainment guide so I'll there you go they're, they're not that nerdy about it i guess it's just like yeah, well i guess it's much. like when you compare it to something like i don't know a boy and his dog um <laughs> it looks quite tame in comparison <laughs> i want to talk about it's, it's high time we talk about the food in a scooby-doo movie i think okay because they there's a scene High in this time. where where Shaggy and Scooby, who you might have noticed, have fuck all to do in this movie and are barely part of the plot. Um, <laughs> they they like eat they wolf down like a couple of pizzas each, and the whole joke is like, oh, we can do it. And it got me thinking about how pizza looks in cartoons, and I reckon. Yeah. The cheese on pizza in like Scooby Doo and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and stuff, I feel like cheese doesn't look like that in real life. Richard's holding up a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles bottle a property he does not like so i don't know why teenage mutant ninja turtles mutant mayhem it's the um was oh, that the upcoming, upcoming one yeah is that what's that what's the deal with that is that going to be animated yeah i think so and it's um yeah, seth rogan produced oh, right. i don't know mate. i just get the drink bottle 
I just think it looks like this delicious syrupy cheesy sauce in cartoons mm. and it doesn't look like there's, that in real life there's such a specific pizza from some pro from something that i can picture in my mind but i'm trying to work out what the surrounding <laughs> ip is mm. um but it's like one of the like it looks kind of gross and like soup like i'm thinking it's like a ren and stimpy or something like that right like something that is deliberate no it's invadism is what it is okay um it, that it's um yeah deliberately kind of a gross exaggeration of how it um looks in tv shows but you're just like super greasy super disgusting but yeah it's like the 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 liquid nature of the cheese unrealistic cheese standards i think mm. cartoon set for us like I want to eat that version of pizza, but the one we get, because like, I think you can, you can add like, say you add like extra cheese to your pizza hut pizza. Mm. You can kind of get a cheese stretch. You can kind of get a situation like that. But if you're going high class, if you get like a high class, like New York slice from like Sal's, or I went to a place in Christchurch yesterday uh, called pretty good pizza. That was really mm. nice. It was pretty good. Um, <gasps> And that just as had, the prophecy foretold, <laughs> and that is cheese on it, but it's not cheese stretching. It's like it's like authentic New York pizza doesn't seem to prioritize cheese that much, you know. Mm. It's more about the sauce and the base itself. The sauce. Mm. So this is me saying I wish I could have pizza right now. Yeah, are you going to get pizza for dinner? Where was the, I had pizza from Pretty Good Pizza the other day. I shouldn't do pizza mm. twice in three days. Yeah, that hasn't stopped you before, though, has it? No, I had McDonald's twice yesterday, actually. I had McDonald's yeah. for breakfast, and then I had McDonald's after we finished recording um, the most disappointing films of 2022, or whatever we're calling that episode. Uh, that's where we are in the timeline, folks. I ordered mm. McDonald's again and didn't realize till it got to my house that I was like, oh my god, this is the second McDonald's I've ordered today. Wow. What was the last meal you cooked for yourself? Um, I, I do HelloFresh, so I cooked uh, a really nice salmon and mashed potato thing the other day. It was delicious. Mm. Salmon is so good. I've been sleeping on salmon for like most yeah. of my life. Salmon is really nice. I just wrote it off because it was like, I'm not a fish guy, but I'm, I really like salmon and I do you like really olives? become a fish guy. I, same exact situation, getting really into olives. Yeah. Olives are fucking incredible. I think it's like the like dried olives though, the like black like um when you buy like a pizza bread or something like that and it has those like sliced black olives on them, mm. those are disgusting. Yeah, I want my olives to be juicy and popped pop in my mouth yeah. as I bite them and yeah. yeah. Like olives like like proper marinated olives. I re- I'll say it. I reckon so olives is one of the strongest flavours I've ever had, I've ever tasted in something. Nothing really tastes like an olive. And when mm. you bite into like a big juicy olive, it is such a rich flavor. And you don't mm. get that with a lot of other vegetables. Yeah. I, don't think. I had um, a similar, the very similar food, but I went to this like very fancy, I didn't realize at the time. It was like, oh, some friends of mine were leaving to go live in the States. And they were like, yeah, we're just doing like a, um, a dinner come along and then when it got to the end of the night they, they sort of when we got there they're like we've ordered for everyone and we're doing like you know all these courses or whatever and like three times what i thought was the main course came out <laughs> and then i was like oh my god there's more and it was like 140 bucks per person or something like that and i was like, okay i don't know that i would have come if i knew it cost as much but they had this like um raw fish come out with um drizzled with like lemon olive oil and um capers 
And I'm not a big capers guy. Like I didn't think I was either, but holy fuck, these were amazing. And it was like, you know, so because they were just sort of sprinkled on top, so it wasn't something that you'd like make sure you have in every bite. So at the end of it, there was just a shit ton of capers left on the plate. And just as people were looking around, not looking at me, I would grab one and and like, oh my god, they were just these little flavor explosions. They were incredible. Well, maybe I mean I was wrong about olives and salmon. Maybe I need to give capers another another mm. crack. I think it's definitely like a, I mean, when you go to like a restaurant of that quality, it's like anything you have is going to be like anything fucking you have incredible. Is be so, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Remember like three years ago when we decided we'd go fine dining together and we just Yeah, with the, pa- with the Patreon money, that was going to be like what we were going to spend it on. We never did. Yeah, we still need to. Let's I still think about that from time to time. Hmm. Um, Scooby uh, at the start of this film once again drives the mystery machine and everyone's mm. shocked. And this has been a recurring beat and is in fact so recurring it's listed as a goof on the Scoobypedia that yeah, they, that they do or don't know that he could drive yeah, the, nice. the mystery machine. And the last sort of plot thing I wanted to talk about in this movie, as you mentioned it before, so so Fred and Daphne do their encore and everyone claps and they, they effectively they win. No, they tie with the little girl, the violinist girl who wants to save her family's farm. And then in order to throw the competition, they start telling jokes that Shaggy's been telling them the whole movie that mm. and and they lose points. But how yeah. do you lose points in like a voting system? Do, yeah. do people call up to people, that people, people call back and be like, Don't take it away, <laughs> give it to the girl. Yeah. So apparently this is the last film in the series to be released under the Warner Premiere label due to uh, Warner Premiere's dissolution in the previous year. And I think that this may mean that this is the final film of the fuck AJ era. Like, I think that this might be the final one that has that alternate animated title sequence this era coincided as we said many times before uh and and, but explicitly not connected to scooby-doo mystery incorporated which aired its series final a few months earlier than this movie's release Uh, and i do wonder if scooby-doo adventures the mystery map or a puppet named scooby-doo as i prefer to think of it i do wonder if that was geared up to be the 2013 new Mm. scooby-doo show but it, it mm. wasn't because the next show we it d- didn't come out till 2015 so we're 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 um we're missing a couple and the next film which we're about to talk about as well uh is not i, I wouldn't consider it part of the fuck aj era i think it it, it has it doesn't have that same it style feels like opening part sequence. of a new era yeah. feels like part of a new era and it, i haven't seen the one after it yet so it remains to be seen if we're going to dip back into the or the hallmarks of the fuck aj era but i feel like this could be it and we're entering a new whatever era for the well, it, like films. it kind of seems like just from what i know of the ones that are coming up we've got i mean wrestlemania comes as the immediate next film there's one where they go to the moon i think there's one where they hang out with kiss there's a batman one it's like a crossover that it's like a crossover or like it's it's like all the shark jumping ideas yeah right absolutely so, so maybe that'll be the new era mm. we can't just choose if it's an era if these start with animated opening sequences then yeah. fine, it's still the fuck AJ era. Yeah. But the next one doesn't. But I also wouldn't consider the music of the vampire to be in the fuck AJ era. That's like a standalone thing, because that didn't have... Yeah, because it was a musical, yeah. 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 Well, a lot to discuss, a lot to discuss. And we've got a new guest to bring on to talk to us about Scooby-Doo WrestleMania mystery, so let's bring them on now. Jump. Let's jump back into this theme music that you've probably... <laughs> 
probably heard so much of already uh, and has it changed yet or is it going to change this time i don't know i'm not up to that part in the edit uh so let's jump in we got a mystery to solve and the mystery is why did they make the monsters real and fuck up the franchise how much more can we take this podcast was a fucking mistake Every single member of the cult elders directly pays for my suffering. Welcome back to our ongoing trek into the Scooby Dooniverse. Um, we are here with a new guest, which is why I sound like I'm starting an episode and not 30 movies into an episode. Uh, here we are with uh, New Zealand comedian Reese Matthewson. How are you? Oh, great, guys. Thanks for having me. Oh, good. Thank you. Uh, how are, more importantly, how are you doing mentally, physically? Mm, mm. Well, the, I'm I'm in higher spirits than we were the other day. Mm. The other day we had to watch, we had to watch like nine movies over the course of two and a half days <laughs> to, to like meet certain guest appearances. Uh, and we had a little bit of a break. And the last one we watched before this one was pretty good. Mm. So I felt, okay, I, I'm feeling... Uh, more relaxed than I was when we covered like Scooby Doo and and the music of the vampire, for yeah. example. And but. physically, I'm no different than usual, which is not great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, physically, I haven't felt good for about thirteen years, but. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so we are here to talk about Scooby-Doo WrestleMania mystery in 2014. And Reese, we brought you on because you uh, had a wrestling podcast on our... Was it on the Little Empire Network? It was. Yeah, yeah. Tell us about that. Uh, it was called Two and a Half Count. It was me and uh, a comedian, Jermaine Ross, and a not-comedian, uh, Spencer Dowson, kind of recapping and huh. like going through like two or three big things that had happened in the wrestling world that week. Mm. Yeah, and, I, um, I know Spencer Dowson, that's funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Spencer and Jermaine getting into arguments and me not really having an opinion either way and just needling them. <laughs> it was a good time. It's a classic podcast dynamic. Um, and so with you here on the show, the, the question we've asked each guest so far is, what is your history with Scooby-Doo? But also, I guess, what is your history with wrestling? I guess this, mm. there are two, there's a nexus of interest You're here. You're doubly that, qualified. <laughs> oh, yeah. he might hate scooby-doo we don't know <laughs> no I, I um love scooby-doo like uh very yeah. fond memories from childhood of like singing the scooby-doo song with my brother from nice. like all all throughout basically but my memory is shocking so none of the specifics are really <laughs> there Right, well, he's a dog, and he's got, he's got <laughs> yeah, some human yeah. friends. <laughs> Who is this lady in the glasses? Um, uh, and in terms of wrestling, kind of, was a fan as a teenager. Oh, like, mm. as a fan when I was, like, seven or eight, and then picked it up again when I was, like, 14. And mm. Sky One used to do um, SmackDown and Raw in, like, mm. four or five hours yeah. on a Saturday afternoon. And whereas my brother nice. would be out playing sport, I'd be inside eating hot dogs. Yes. Watching John nice. Cena and Batista. I only ever saw the end of those because they, oh, Sky One on Saturday would, after Raw, would do the Super Simpsons Saturday where they would play <laughs> The Simpsons for like five hours. And I would always just have to catch the end of that to get ready for my Super Simpsons Saturday. 
Mm. Yeah, mm. are either of you guys fans of wrestling? No, not at all. No, <laughs> <laughs> no I, I, I do. I'm starting to see the appeal a little bit, but not enough to get into it myself. But like, the, I know there's sort of like wrestling's kind of like an SNL type thing where it's like the eras of wrestlers are like you know you, you feel such a kinship to what was big when you were into it so the, this film has a lot of guest stars are these guys you were fans of kind of thing oh um some some of them are just all-time classics you know like yeah. um weirdly this is at a time when john cena the the worm had just turned on him. He was he was really despised by like the adult fans for quite some time because he would just always win. It was just <laughs> like no matter what you throw at him, he manages to overcome the odds. But he was beloved by children. But around kind of 2014 is when he was like, well, I'm starting to do movies and stuff. I'm not mm. going to be here as much, and started losing and being really interesting. <laughs> yeah, because right. because what's his sort of like character? He's about three things. He's about hustle, loyalty, and respect. Nice. I'm sure that that's he, a hilarious the, reference to his, uh, <laughs> to his act. That's the, he has it on all his shirts. It's it's the thing. Right. It's just, you know, like he's a stand-up dude who fights for what's right. He right. um he originally had a, a gimmick where uh, he was a rapper called oh, the yes, Doctor right. of Thugonomics. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, <laughs> I'm on board. <laughs> and then he kind of like segued from that into like military adjacent, like mm. respect the troops, take my dog tags off and kiss them before I do my right. match. And then he just became like, I wear multicolored. I wear a t-shirt that is in a bright color that changes every six months, so we can make some merch out of children. <laughs> and he holds the he holds the record for the most um, make, make a wish, a wish yeah. wishes um, oh, fulfilled. True. Yeah, so he was like he. Yeah, he yeah. Walked the walk. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I, I I enjoy John Cena. I think we, we talked about this on a podcast recently about how, like, he is, seems to be doing now what The Rock thought he was doing in terms of, like, the transition of wrestler to actor because The Rock has now just exposed himself as this, like, thin-skinned little baby that makes terrible <laughs> movies where he, only, where he only plays the most powerful person. But whereas John Cena has a lot more fun with the idea of his mm. character like his first film roles were in fred when he played fred's like imagined imaginary version, dad imaginary <laughs> da um, dad to like hide the fact that he had an abusive absent father um <laughs> and yeah it was hilarious <laughs> yeah but i don't know the rock did that too like mm. the rock um the Rock is weirdly in the Reno 911 movie. Mm. Oh, really? For like six, <laughs> like one scene, like not even six minutes, like three minutes. He's like, my yeah. name is the Condor and I'm here to train you and then blows up. Like he did do the weird <laughs> stuff right. as well and then realized that everyone just wants to see he him paid his dues. be amazing all of the time. <laughs> well, I think that's what he wants to think people want to see <laughs> maybe but um my my exposure to john cena the the first time i ever heard the name john cena was when i was uh, 11 years old and there was a um misbehaving student at my intermediate school the the kind of he misbehaved so bad he'd be led out to morning tea early because it was just like just let him on the playground first and wow. he would claim he would claim that john cena was his uncle 
and that John wow. Cena was going to come pick him up in a helicopter. And I remember <laughs> one time um, I had PE and I was sitting on the basketball court at the end of PE. Interval was next. And I looked over and saw the, the John Cena kid walk out onto the playground by himself. And he looked over at me and he's like probably 50 meters away. And he did the like hand thing that oh, John that you Cena can't does. see me. You can't see me. And it was just such a funny memory of mine. This, this kid doing you can't see me from 50 metres away. <laughs> I mean, before the helicopter, he might have got away with that. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. For sure. I didn't know. Maybe he yeah. was. Yeah. I've, Maybe he was his nephew. A bunch of kids went to my primary school. I know what, who none of their uncles were. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> no proof was ever provided. As yeah. soon as you say, and not only that, he's coming in a helicopter. That's when you've got to you've got to show receipts. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, Scooby Doo WrestleMania mystery. As we said, it came out in 2014. It was directed by Brandon Vietti. Uh, it doesn't have a critic score on Ron Tomatoes. Can either of you tell us what uh, the movie is about? Wait, hold on. Every movie mm. has a score on Rotten Tomatoes. What are you talking you- about? You have not uh, done a podcast on uh, low-budget franchises for seven years, <laughs> Reese. because, no, 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 a lot of movies do not have a Rotten Tomato score. Mm. I think um, if it doesn't, if it's if it's not released in theatres, it's very unlikely it'll have a Rotten Tomato score. It needs over right. five reviews, I believe, to get it to warrant right. a score. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a straight-to-video release uh, having a Rotten Tomato score is actually quite a, a good omen often you know like it means that it was worth something so uh mm-hmm. this does not so you take whatever meaning from that you Sweet. <laughs> um but yeah can you can, reese could you tell us what the movie's about the movie is about um uh shaggy and scooby are watching wrestling at uh home or they're no sorry they're playing a wrestling mm. video game and they win mm. it and at the end mm. of the video game it's like you've completed the final level if you can yeah. do this incredible dance perfectly which Scooby does, they win the chance to go to WWE City. Yeah, and I can I just say, I thought that's one of the most far-fetched things we've seen in this whole <laughs> franchise. The idea that a video game, which presumably you could buy from anywhere at any time, has the secret ending that gives you tickets for something. Like, what if no one won it? What if the tickets weren't claimed in time? It's such a, it's, it's such a vague setup. That's more set unrealistic than a talking dog. I think so. <laughs> I don't know. I, th- I feel like wrestling fans would have been all in there. You know, like, <laughs> okay, that's like, true. like they would have like, what if they don't sell? And the game's been out 12 hours. Oh, someone's already done it. And the yeah. third person's done it and has okay. got a YouTube video complaining that they didn't get their tickets. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, yeah, I've, I've misjudged wrestling fans. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> uh, um, uh, so they... Uh, oh, sorry. First of all, we see the Miz go for a jog and get attacked by a bear. Um, mm, a, a monster bear, a ghost bear sort of so, thing. Yeah, set up the villain. It's this ghost bear that seems to be attacking wrestlers. Um, mm-hmm. Shaggy and Scooby beg um, Fred, Velma, and Daphne to take them uh, to wrestle, to let them go to WrestleMania. And what I loved is they mm-hmm. have all of this proof of, like, look at all the things we've done. And, mm. like... You really get an, a sense of how much they, that how damaging it is to them yeah. spiritually yeah. to be like in the costumes and be the bait. 
Yeah, yeah they, they, they basically say, no, we don't want to go with you to uh, WrestleMania City, I believe, is yeah. the name of where WrestleMania takes place. And they're like, no, we're not going to take you. And then Shaggy's like, need I remind you all the bullshit I've done for you? And You has shaved me. You this. shaved yeah. me and the hair never grew back <laughs> in some places. That's, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. So, so they're like, remember when we had to shave Scooby so he was a chihuahua or something mm. like that. And then um, Scooby-Doo says what I reckon is the most legible scene sentence we've heard in the franchise yet because usually it's it's sort of just like vague but he goes instead of like he goes like yeah and some of the hair still hasn't grown back and it's such a decipherable sentence Mm. it was kind of (laughs) off-putting that's i will say like from my memory of scooby-doo as a kid he is far more legible now Mm. like he's sure. far more understandable so that when mm. he goes like it's so embarrassing yeah mm. it really feels like scooby should have more choice in what's going on <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he's clearly he's clearly sentient enough that he should be able to make these decisions <laughs> yeah maybe it's just like as you've grown older you've learned to decipher scooblish more that's true scooblish like, you know, i love that yeah like yeah. every year the the christmas tree gets smaller but it's actually recent grown wow that's really beautiful every (laughs) year scooby-doo gets more intelligible Mm. (laughs) one day i'll be an 85 year old man listening to a a perfectly reasonable dog (laughs) (laughs) um so they go along to uh, WWE City, meet some characters along the way, meet all the wrestlers, John Cena, Sin Cara, who's a luchador who does not speak, so uh, has no lines in the movie, <laughs> and is himself. not, yeah. <laughs> is not <laughs> acknowledged in the credits, mm. <laughs> which I thought was remarkable. <laughs> then the bear attacks. Um, Scooby gets uh, framed for... Mm. trying to steal the WWE Championship, which is like in this locked vault, secure. The championship's been vacated, so until a new champion's crowned, we're going to put it in this safe. Uh, and it turns out that the dance sequence at the end of the game was actually training to beat all of the, the lasers and the yeah. security to get this championship yeah. um, in some sort of Mancurian candidate yeah. situation. <laughs> <laughs> And I just, at this point, I want to stop down and just ask, if you had to have any of the, the mystery team be a Manchurian candidate, hmm. who would it be? What what makes a good Manchurian candidate, I guess, is the question. What are you yeah. looking for? <laughs> I, um, I think I've got to go Fred. Because everyone's but- going to believe the, the straight white man. Uh, if, if he's tried to get into, mm. you know, like he's he's got that 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 level of of privilege that they will make people inherently trust him. I, I didn't even I didn't even think about that, but that's <laughs> that's me probably just looking at my take my own privilege for granted. And just, <laughs> um, no, I would say because of the um, the moments when the traps are working, they always cut to a shot of Fred, mm. and it's um, a real menacing glee on his face of like <laughs> yes <laughs> so i think he'd, yeah. um, he'd really mastermind it well who would you guys take i think the worst one you could take would be the dog <laughs> probably the worst manchurian candidate yeah. you could go for <laughs> what about you richard what do you think um i don't know enough about the manchurian candidate to um 
to comment. I uh, think <laughs> someone gets hypnotized into killing the president. It's like yeah, the yeah. activation phase will be sent, and then they're like, "That's insane." They're on their way. Um, <laughs> what the uh, heck? Is that true? <laughs> Did that happen? No, it's a movie. <laughs> Wait, you th- okay? How many how many president assassinations have there been? Four. And you thought one of them was by a Manchurian candidate? No, see, Reese, what I was doing was I was, um, I, I pretended to not know for comedic effect. Okay, few, few, few. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would go Daphne because you know ah, she can the sex the, appeal. the sex appeal thing the 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 bombshell. Yeah. She's gonna get through some. She's gonna get through some doors. Uh Especially yeah. with Look, like the uh, gross, you... creepy presidents we've we've had in the last few years. <laughs> okay, that I'm on board with. Daphne, yeah, yeah. Daphne being sexy—that's a—that's a conversation. Um, you guys might have talked about it already. To on, death. We've talked about it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> she was wearing a negligee in the last film. Oh wow! Yeah, AJ used the term "heaving bosom." <laughs> Wow. Okay. So mm. yeah. Okay. So they are they are sexualizing it. Yeah. But oh, with, for yeah. sure, it's, it's, <laughs> it's like very notable. <laughs> Maybe not so much in this one though. But Leary presidents, I'm on board with. You could mm. like, mm. I'd say 41 out of the 42 would be like, <laughs> c- c- come on in. Yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking of Leary presidents, what is the deal with Vince McMahon? Oh. Like, I've been seeing his name in headlines lately and then like he he left and now he's taken uh, taken back like what what has happened with vince mcmahon yeah, I, really- I actually hoped that he would end up being the guy behind the bear mask and it'd be like he's the villain just like in real life <laughs> what a no, it didn't happen. <laughs> um, yeah so like it was really fun it's a point in the movie where everyone's like oh my god it's mr mcmahon he's a legend he's such a great guy mm. and objectively He's a real bad man. He's a really, really <laughs> bad man. Um, so, you know, he has a history of, like, allegedly covering up a murder that Jimmy Superfly Snooker did in the 80s. Right. Um, wow. uh, but, but recently what happened in, in the last year, which has been a crazy time for, for the WWE, um, it came out that um, he had had some relations with, uh, female employees and paid millions in hush money from the corporate account. Mm-hmm. Um, there was some element of uh, gross power dynamics and coercion amongst those relationships mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so he got uh, booted. He got he got kicked out as chairman of the board and um, stepped away. Uh, f- and they were investigating into. Largely, it was like the spending of the money, not the weird gross shit, which was uh, upsetting. Yeah, right. It was like um, it was his crimes against money. capitalism that he was really <laughs> taken down for. Yeah, exactly, um, and he uh, so he stepped away, and his daughter Stephanie McMahon and her husband Triple H have kind of stepped up <laughs> into running the company, um, and and by and large, doing a great job. Wow. Like wow. the. Problem with WWE for so long has been Vince McMahon. He is right. an insane man in his eighties who would rather someone described it as like he would rather make ten cents his way than a dollar someone else's, and that <laughs> right. is what's happening. He just does bad ideas that no one likes, but he can because he's a billionaire. Right, mm. and and so it started going great, and then because he's still like the majority shareholder, he's just muscled his way back in. <laughs> So he like he's like it's been enough time. The investigation's closed. 
I'm coming back and we're selling the company. It is like the real life succession at the moment. <laughs> right. It's incredible. Wow. Um, yeah. So he like just wow. last week, he, um, he sent a letter to the board being like, uh, in the interest of the shareholders, which is like read between the lines, brackets, me, <laughs> um, I'm just, I'm coming back. And wow. they were like, don't. And he was like, suck it. <laughs> they should work this into like the storyline of the like wrestling. That's all I know about wrestling is that there are storylines and you could make this a metaphor. Does he wrestle himself? Um, he, he did in the past. Yeah. He's, um, he's won the Royal Rumble before he is. Um, I will say like, he is one of the most iconic wrestling characters in the pantheon of wrestling. Mm. Like mm. the whole, the re WWE reached its heights because Stone Cold Steve Austin was your redneck badass who was standing up to his evil boss. That was the storyline right. for a couple of years right. and it was incredible. Nice. nice. Well, yeah, so he, of course, uh, uh, Vince McMahon is in this movie uh, voicing himself, and as we said, along with John Cena. We've also got uh, Santino Morella, The Miz, as you said, Triple H, as as you mentioned before, Reese, uh, Michael Cole, Brodus Clay, Kane, AJ Lee, uh, and appearing, uh, but not, uh, not saying anything, so effectively not having anything to do with the movie because it's a cartoon. Uh, we also see Sin Cara, Jenny Lawler, Sergeant Slaughter, Jimmy Hart, Big Show, Albert Del Rio, Cameron and Naomi are all wrestlers I do not recognize in cartoon form or real life form. <laughs> and you got most of those names right, man. Oh, awesome. <laughs> what, what, what a success. Um, so, uh, at, the, at the end of this movie, the the bear is taken, the ghost bear is taken down and the mask is removed to reveal that it was Cookie the whole time, who is the, uh, the coach for one of the wannabe wrestlers uh, who was mad that he uh, never got to get the championship belt. So he created this whole ghost bear stuff to try and steal it what what did you think of this movie reese and as a as a wrestling fan did this do anything for you <laughs> <laughs> um uh look i mean i found the first half tough going i will say mm -hmm. um i kind of watched it in two mm -hmm. sittings i watched the first half last night and the, and the second half today maybe today i was just in a better mood but like mm. i think that's the thing of the mystery right like it's um it's the sunk cost fallacy. We're like an hour into it. You're like, regardless of how this is, I do need to know who did it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, it wasn't like I just there was something about it that was not. It just didn't live up to my memories yeah, yeah. of it. There were some funny jokes in there. I'll say that, like yeah. punching a guy yeah. out of clothes is objectively funny. <laughs> um, Scooby hitting the yeah. tree and then like just an imprint of his face on the other side coming out. <laughs> um, and I will say, I really liked the update on, like, the old Hanna-Barbera chase scenes that I'm used to, you know, where it's just a corridor mm. with doors, mm -hmm. things opening and closing. That whole cave sequence where the camera's actually, like, moving and following them through this labyrinth, I thought mm. was really fun and impressive. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I I agree. I think as well the animation has taken a slight uh, this, increase. This is in our first one on the... Um, in our <laughs> folder that's in 1080. Yeah, and I, I had to download it instead of watch it off the Google Drive because it wasn't playing. Um, so that's that's promising. And I, 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 I yeah, so I got, I, I enjoyed how it looked, I guess. But I, there's, 
It it would be mean to say it's not self-aware because it is self-aware. It knows it's doing something a bit silly. Mm. I just guess I didn't find it that funny to like to make all these You're jokes not in and on the, the, joke, the, the yeah. sense yeah the sense of humor was like yeah all right I get it but it it I, I found it um I was like half falling asleep through a lot of this movie and I think. I, that's not something I would say for every Scooby-Doo movie yeah. so it's clearly something to do with this one <laughs> yeah I kind of enjoyed this one to be honest yeah yeah I don't know I just I, maybe I liked how silly it was maybe I liked those extra pixels um in the mm. in the 1080 mm. file but I yeah I don't know I thought John Cena was fun and it's mm. seeing someone play themselves and you know someone who's at this point not really an actor it's like still pretty a pretty good performance and uh, maybe a vocal performance i didn't think i would really recognize john cena's voice mm. but then as soon as he started talking i was like oh yeah no i do know what john cena sounds like <laughs> yeah yeah well, I, I will say from a wrestling perspective it's bonkers the people they got to do it yeah. like john cena big name triple h yeah big name and his voice reads are i think very funny like it's it's ridiculous <laughs> that a human being talks like that but like Brodus <laughs> Clay, the Funkasaurus was a flash in the pan. Like this movie must have been made within like the six months where he was getting TV time, <laughs> and then disappeared. Like he is now a um. Right. I thought about giving you guys like a where are they now for everyone of all of the wrestlers. <laughs> um, Santino Morella still working in in different companies. Um, AJ Lee, now a very successful comic book author and. Um, she wrote oh, really? a book about like she's just gotten out of the wrestling game, but has built a following of like you can do it, young girls, that kind of thing. Um, Bruce yeah, right. Clay mm-hmm. is now a Fox News commentator <laughs> who is insane. God, is, is the, what a like delegitimizing thing to do for your already like it's hard to believe news company is like this ex wrestler is now our commentator. Yeah, yeah. and um, and now now to speak on Biden's documents, the Funkasaurus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and Kane is a mayor of a town. Wow. He, he's a mayor of Knox County, wow. and I don't know if this has been proved, so I'm going to say allegedly. Um, but allegedly, like, has had a like leaned into the the alt rightness a bit, nice. you know, ah. hunting where the ducks are, and <laughs> allegedly cool. made council employees just like clean up his house, <laughs> like like mow his lawns and shit. And there's been a bit of an allegations around that. Wow, those are some uh, tame allegations compared to what I expected when you said allegedly. Yeah, <laughs> <for a> <laughs> um, nice. Well. Uh, I thought it was interesting that this this film is the first, in terms of the films we've watched, not the TV shows, it's the first, like, big, silly crossover we've seen, where it's, like, f- Scooby-Doo featuring this other yeah. IP, um, and but that is, like, pretty integral to Scooby-Doo as a, as a brand, and has been featuring guest stars in episode to episode since it began, um, and this isn't even the first time that WWE themselves have been involved with Scooby-Doo, uh, They'd shown up before in a 1990 episode of a pup named Scooby-Doo called WrestleManiacs. And they were also in a 2005 episode of What's New Scooby-Doo, which was also called WrestleManiacs. But this is the uh, second franchise, as you said before, we've covered ever to feature John Cena in a pre-film career role (laughs) after Fred. Um, We're... 
both this and Fred it's like he is giving it his all it's Mm. really charming and funny it'd be very like as you say like some of the some of the other wrestlers in this race it's clear that like they'd never been in a voice booth uh, before and they're they're sort of just reading lines but he's he's going for it and I I really like that he's serving cunt Um, absolutely (laughs) (laughs) Um, and uh, this is also not the first WWE produced film that we've talked about on the podcast richard because the mm. scorpion king which we talked about a couple years back uh was a wwe produced film and even further back jingle all yeah. the way Two was also a wwe film um starring and, yeah. uh, larry the cable guy famous Who, wrestler it made me it made me think he was a wrestler because i was like yeah he must be a wrestler because he's in a wwe movie and i think the, I the sinbad character and it was a wrestler right or something maybe yeah, yeah. Sinbad? Uh, like Sinbad the comedian um, who's in the first jingle right. all the way. In the second one, the character who fills that uh, archetype, I think, mm. is a wrestler. But it has been several years since I've seen that movie and it is very bad. So <laughs> <laughs> don't necessarily hold me to that. I'm in the world of um hanna barbera as well this is not the only um film of this era to to coincide with the wwe there is one more scooby-doo movie which we'll be covering in a few movies time called scooby-doo and wwe curse of the speed demon uh but there's also the flintstones and wwe stone age smackdown (laughs) and the jetsons and wwe robo wrestlemania and it made me think there's got to be a podcast about wwe movies right like it is such a beautifully niche there's a podcast about fucking everything yeah so it feels like if there isn't someone should start one because it's like this is this has got this has got to be content galore these Mm. weird wwe movies where they insert wrestlers and and some of them are sequels to movies that were not wwe movies yeah (laughs) like surfs up to the animated one that's that's a wwe movie for some reason it's been a great time guys but i've got to go i've I've just had a multi-million dollar idea Uh, well, was there any other things that you guys wanted to bring up about this movie? There's any, do you have any notes, Reese, or anything you wanted to riff about? Um, yes, a couple. Because I, I was making notes on my phone as it went through. Nice. Um, uh, firstly, the most realistic part of the movie was right at the end where the blonde lady who's like just a corporate shell is yeah. sucking up to Vince McMahon and he yells at her. <laughs> like that is the closest to the real WWE. Yeah. Uh, nice. When did um, WWE like begin? Oh, ages ago. Like I want to say the 50s or 60s. Oh, wow. It was started by wow. Vince McMahon's dad as a right. territory in New York State. And then he took it over and then between kind of Andre the Giant and Hulk Hogan, basically expanded to the point of monopoly across the country. Yeah. And like, is it just WWE or is there like other ones? So there are, there are others. Um, It's the the three biggest countries for wrestling are uh, America, um, Mexico, like Lucha wrestling is still massive. There's a couple of companies there. Um, Japan, Like the now third biggest wrestling company in the world is in Japan uh, right. because after World War II, they would pay American pro wrestlers to come over and lose to Japanese mm-hmm. wrestlers to help restore national pride. And it works. Um, that's one of my favorite. <laughs> and it works. But there's a second, there was like WCW in the 2000s, oh, yeah. late 90s that was like competing against WWE and was bigger. Wow. 
I'm um, kind of familiar with WCW. My my brother, when we were kids, had a phase, um, which I never quite understood till he was an adult and uh, came out as gay. And I was like, well, that's probably why he wanted to watch the, 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 the wrestlers. Um, but we had men slapping me. Yeah, yeah, we had um, we had the PlayStation One game WCW Nitro. That's a good one. And I remember <laughs> I remember the main thing I remember about it was discovering the like plethora of cheat codes for mm. it that could unlock you like 30 characters and they were like a skeleton and a grizzly bear and stuff. So that's a that's bear. the main that's memory. insane. Uh, <laughs> that, that, that's like that's an unfair advantage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh nowadays there's a, a new company called AEW which is was set up by uh some people like indie wrestling kind of with the rise of the internet and twitter and stuff kind of became massive mm. they've set up their own company and it's owned by the guy who owns the jacksonville jaguars nfl teams mm. and is doing really well like is like a legitimate um, yeah, is, is it like one of these things where like wrestling fans are like they want a competitor because do people not like wwe is that like or they're just shackled with it well like like so much like wrestling culture particularly like the online wrestling community Mm. is so much of like that classic nerd thing of i love this thing and here's everything i hate about it right yeah like star wars fans (laughs) kind of thing yeah like Mm -hmm. um like I love wrestling so much every decision vince mcmahon makes is dumb raw sucks this sucks all that sort of thing so having alternatives has kind of forced everyone to up their game, and there's just so much more like for everyone. There's a um, this is a real real tangent. There's a, a Japanese wrestling company called DDT, um, that is like uh, the most silly wrestling promotion of all, where they've got this like this one championship belt that can be won at any time by anyone, and the winners include like um, a blow up doll. <laughs> uh, like three separate ladders, <laughs> like a ladder's just fallen on the champion and stayed there for three seconds, and the ladders become the champion. Um, the belt itself has been the champion of the belt. That sounds like the cheat codes from WCW Nitro. <laughs> yeah, um, like a, an, a ten foot tall and a guy in an inflatable panda suit. Like <laughs> it's like they're so wrestling's so good, you guys. You should really watch yeah. wrestling. Like I don't think anyone watching this movie has really got a taste of what the greatness of what wrestling can be. <laughs> like it's very much like it's the sort of thing where like if I had a kid and I wanted to like slowly try and get them into the wrestling that I like to be like see watch this it can be fun mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but like it it scratches none of the itch really mm. right. i one of the the fun little behind the scenes pieces of trivia i know about wrestling is that like when Paige became like the next champ or whatever the, the thing was um she, she then had a bunch of like um sex tapes leaked and in one of them uh, the guy she was with came all over the championship belt and so they <laughs> they they were like we're redesigning the belt and we're gonna have a new belt <laughs> from now on um and you know never officially announced why but it was like the, the old one did get come all over it <laughs> was this the one from scooby-doo <laughs> wrestlemania she's <mystery? laughs> um the page is in um curse of the speed demon presumably oh, wow I wonder if this will come up. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> oh, so anyway, here are my two questions that I had for the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, number one is uh, how 
Economically, how old are they? Because Fred tells them mm. to go to bed. Mm. Mm. <laughs> how old are Shaky and Scooby? So, anno- annoyingly, like <laughs> 17. <laughs> yeah. I think it goes back and forth depending on where the continuity is. In the uh, Zombie Island, which is one of the first uh, straight-to-video movies, they are explicitly adults. They're, it's supposed to it's supposed to take place after uh, Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? And that it's like they've broken up and they're getting back together kind of thing. Yeah, and in uh, uh, what one was it? The Legend of the Phantasaur, which was a few movies ago. Uh, Fred talks about trying to get his like biology homework in on time yeah. or something like that, and it was like, what on earth? It was mind blowing to hear it because I was like, I thought these guys were like forty years yeah, old. They, they are still but, called uh, <laughs> meddling kids, and I think true. canonically they're supposed to be about seventeen. But any like. Any film where it doesn't specifically mention their age, you kind of assume mm. that they're a bit older. So, if they're canonically seventeen, the previous movie where Daphne was in lingerie. See, this is why I said it's so annoying that according it's like, to America, yeah. a crime. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> and that it's like you'll have these things where she's drawn so fucking sexily, and then she'll be like, <laughs> and then she'll be like, oh, oh I have to get um to <laughs> to science class. And it's like, but the thing is that it's like, this is, yeah, like we, we just spoke about this, but someone has chosen to draw her like that. Mm. This is a middle-aged man, presumably, who said, no, make the cleavage a little bit longer. Um, make her bo- <laughs> <Long> <laughs> make her bosom a little bit longer. Uh, I love long titties. <laughs> Oh, the longer the Damn better. Girl, how long uh, those titties? Tell you what, I'm a size king. I'll admit it. <laughs> uh, and my my other question was: Are Daphne and Fred together? So this oh, is wonderful question. The, the last film, like, there's been a bit of a will they won't they throughout every film, and sometimes it's just quite often, like in this film, it's just one of them having the hots for a new character, and the other one is visibly jealous. At the end of, like, the last film, that will they, won't they finally came to a head and they were, the film ends with them, like, about to profess their love for each other. And it feels like, oh, cool, we're finally getting, you know, we're going to have them be a couple and they're going to have, like, really... And then this one, she's just so hot for John Cena. <laughs> well, and this this one's a soft reboot as well. So, you know, like, we, we finally got to the precipice of... Uh, Fred and Daphne getting together and then they've reset the continuity mm. again as they do every few movies so don't know Reese couldn't tell you I don't I think it's it's definitely something they want you to think about and want you to be invested in but it's also something I don't think we'll ever see any Scooby-Doo movies where it's like they are just are a couple and continue forward as mm. a couple I think it, it's it's too it's too enticing to do the will they won't they thing it's one of the unbreakable rules of the Scooby-verse yeah, yeah, right, yeah, right, yeah. right, right, right. Or it might not be. We still have like seventeen to go. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Have you got anything else you wanted to talk about, Race, or should we wrap this thing up? I'm trying to think. I mean, now I'm thinking like you guys know there was a, a Scooby Doo porn parody, right? Of course. Ah, oh, I'm not surprised. I don't know I've if I specific. Okay. <laughs> um, I believe you should review, review yeah. that one. <laughs> like, where's that fit in the? From cabin? memory, I think um, we could probably get away with doing that for our Patreon yeah. show. <laughs> I remember, I think Brie Olsen is in it. I think she plays Daphne from memory. I've I've actually seen okay. it, like genuinely. There's there's a that's a name I haven't thought of in years. 
no, that, that's that's kind of everything on my on my list. Is there anything more like you guys want to know about like the wrestling side of it? It is. What do you reckon, Richard? Awesome. Do we have any more wrestling questions? Um, let me. Let me. I'll get you the rest of the cast of Scooby Doo a triple X parody. Um, yeah, you got Brie Olsen as Daphne, Bobby Starr as Velma, Chad Alva as Shaggy, uh, Michael Vegas as Fred, and Evan Stone as the Demon. Okay, well, I'm glad we got that <laughs> that established. Yeah. In a way, I guess like the 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 um the storyline of porn and the storyline of wrestling feel like they occupy a similar. You know, mm. you know what I mean. It's like these soap opera esque things that don't really need story. But well, it's story also like is put into these things where people are like, oh, don't you know, don't you know, story? it's all fake, and it's like, yeah, but I still enjoy it. <laughs> oh, okay, hard disagree on that. <laughs> okay, the the story is not superfluous to yeah. the wrestling. If anything, right. the wrestling is superfluous. Okay. <laughs> to wrestling, like understood. The, yeah, the beautiful thing about wrestling is that it is like. Uh, it is theatre, but it is the most accessible, lowest common denominator. Yeah. Like mm. it's it like anyone would who would go, I hate plays. I ain't going to no play. Would be like hell yes, the yeah. wrestling. It's all <laughs> about the characters. It's all about like the motivation. One of the best storylines in wrestling over the past uh, decade was two wrestlers in japan who have like slow burnt a gay love storyline across like three or four different yes. promotions <laughs> and like and are currently broken up like it's just wow it's it, the, like when it's good it's so yeah. good i can't express to you like it's better than any sport because it's like sport has an element of uncontrollability yeah, to it right. <laughs> you know like they can actually plan perfect moments mm. it's right. it's Divine. That's a good point. Well, I mean, I would say porn's okay. kind of similar. <laughs> no, there's there's a lot more unplanned accidents that you can't take back in porn, I think. <laughs> hey, Reese, what is your birthday, if I may be so bold as to ask? 26th of November. 26th of November. What we've been doing with all our guests is uh, telling them their Scooby-Doo villain horoscope. And we've uh, collated uh, the debut of every Scooby-Doo villain across all the different TV shows over the years to tell you which villain debuted on your birthday. Uh, so the 26th of November, I can tell you, was... It is... Um, uh, you can get uh, the... Frankenstein. <laughs> you got Frankenstein <laughs> from uh, the new Scooby-Doo and Scrappy-Doo show, season one, episode 11, Who's Minding the Monster from uh, 1983. So that, does that resonate with you, Frankenstein at all? Sometimes they resonate with guests, and I was hoping it would happen every time, but we're, we're losing the, the, that ratio a bit, I think, as the show goes on. Well, you backed me into a corner. Yes, it resonates with me in <laughs> oh, some ways. You didn't yes, have to yes. say that. Thank you. <laughs> in some ways, I feel like... The villagers are afraid of me, but they know not what a gentle soul I can be. <laughs> do you reckon? Do you reckon it's Frankenstein's monster or Frankenstein in this episode? Do you reckon they've done the Frankenstein? Well, I thing? actually think that Frankenstein was the real monster. Mm, okay, interesting. <laughs> in hell, um, Richard, do you want to lead us through our, our final game for? All right. What, um, what are your impressions like? Are you an impressions kind of guy? I know you do stand up comedy, and I presume that involves well, a lot of impressions. Yeah. 
<laughs> wow. It was the <laughs> That is the funniest thing I've ever seen in impression, so I'll be <laughs> Um what we've been getting our guests to do is uh perform for us and the way we <laughs> we would like you to perform is that we will ask you in a moment to do a sh- an impression of Scooby Doo. Um, and then we will judge that out of three. If it's good enough, you will then move on to do a shaggy impression. Once again, that'll be judged out of three. If that's good enough, you then get an opportunity. The floor is yours to do an impression of anyone from from Scooby-Doo or Hanna-Barbera or I guess WrestleMania. Um, that <laughs> yeah, it's open, it's the, open floor. the floor for you. <laughs> um, but also very crucially... You don't have to do this if you don't. You can just say no. <laughs> <laughs> are you are you competitive, Reese? Uh, oh, very much so. So, what's can- the record? What's the record of like stages that someone's of impressions someone's got through? Someone uh, our, our, on our leaderboard, um, American comedian Lily Hansen has gotten up to eight point five points for a a a pretty good Scooby, then a great Shaggy, and then a great Yogi Bear. So, eight point five is the the score to beat. Okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Mm, mm, mm. Let's let's do it. <laughs> All right. Can you give us a Scooby-Doo impression? Raggy. Wow. The 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 puffed up cheeks, the air and the the sort of um what's it called? Like the the jowls of a dog. I heard mm, them, Richard. I could hear I felt his like jowls. <laughs> really <laughs> I reckon that's a 3. I reckon that's a really yeah, good Scooby. Good. Yeah. All right, off to a good start. Can you give us a shaggy impression? <laughs> oh, I don't know, Scoop. That's oh, pretty, that's pretty good. good. Yeah. It's okay. That was good. I reckon, what do you reckon, Richard? You reckon that's a... 2.5. Yeah, I reckon a 2.5. <laughs> I'll give that 2.5. Um, and now the floor is yours. Pick a character. You could do a a, a well-known... Uh, uh, um, Hanna Barbera character, or you could do a, I guess, a WrestleMania character we've never heard of, and then just tell us it's a three out of three. <laughs> oh, this is risky, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to try for a Mutley from Wacky yes. Races. Oh, I think uh, Hamish Parkinson did a did us a Mutley. So, oh, he'd be a great Mutley. <laughs> a direct comparison. <laughs> oh fuck. Okay, I shouldn't have chosen that. Um. Uh. Oh, I've really backed myself into a no, corner. D- I thought you I can, could do he, a Muttley. Here I we can go. tell you I can tell you his Muttley was two point five, so there is room for improvement. Like okay, 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 okay. You just gotta do it. <laughs> no, I'm probably <stuck>. <laughs> 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 mm. What do we reckon, Richard? Do we take his first one? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it has to be the first one. <laughs> Not cocky. I got mm. real cocky. What do we? Yeah. So should we? Do you want? Should we give you another? Do we give people other goes, or is that? No, no. You, you live by the attempt. You die by the attempt. I went looking for Mutley, and I could only find Marge Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, let's go. Let's go. Maybe a a one point five for the Mutley then. And what does that bring the total score um, to? So I've written uh, Perfect Scooby, Great Shaggy, uh, the worst Muttley I've ever heard. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So that is 5.5, 6, 7 points. So you are tied with uh, Alexi Tullyopoulos in uh, in fifth place. Phenomenal company to be in. God, I'd love another crack at that. (laughs) (laughs) I I I tell you... 
I think that's so competitive. Tell you what, when you guys do the porn parody, I'll come back for that one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and do sounds good. Do a parody I'll, of the and I'll, I'll the do moans. it. <laughs> no, no, I mean, it's still all Hanna Barbera characters, <laughs> just in a context that feels at best grim. Yeah, I've, yeah. I, I, um, I, I should point out that um, Reese and I work in the same building. And so I now, I'm now looking forward to like walking past my desk, which is in quite a high traffic area every day. I just be like, just give me another chance. I can do Adam. I can do Adam <laughs> you're, for you. You're like, you're like walking, working quietly on your work, and then you just hear this like excellent muttering yeah. from behind. You're like right in your or ear, just like, like top cat coming my way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this, uh, Reese. Well done for uh, accepting the challenge. Um, not everyone has been as competitive as you, and it's a lot more. It feels a lot more rewarding when they're like, "I have to do this." <laughs> I'm mean, great for you guys. What a horrible note for me to end on. <laughs> well, this I is- just get to go into the rest of my day going. You idiot. You idiot. You should have gone safe. You should have gone with this. At least it's like 6 p.m. though, so the rest of your day isn't that long. Yes. So you only have have a few hours to wallow in sorrow. Yes. Famously, by 6.45, it's Jim Jam's time. Uh, Reese, if people enjoyed your uh, comedic stylings, your fantastic butley, <laughs> where can they find you on the internet? Do you do you want to plug anything? Yeah, so I just deactivated my Twitter account, so that's gone. Nice. That was probably where I was most <laughs> prolific. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Reese Matthewson. Mm-hmm. Um, I am going to build a website soon. I had a website, and then I forgot to pay the domain, and then it got taken over by mm. a Chinese gambling company, nice. and then they made mm. such little money off it, they gave it back. Nice. So I finally got <laughs> reesmatthewson.com back. Watch the space. That's so good. And what was the name of your wrestling podcast if people want to go back and find that? Is it still available online? I have no idea. Two and a half counts. WrestleManiacs. Sure. Well, thank you so much, uh, Reese, and we will... We will now march forward uh, valiantly to the next film in the franchise, which I can tell you is called Scooby-Doo, Frank and Creepy. Uh, So we'll let you know how that one (laughs) looks. I haven't seen it yet. I'm excited. But thank you so much, Reese, and we'll talk to you later. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Got a mystery to solve, and the mystery is why did they make the monsters real and fuck up the franchise? How much more can we take? This podcast was a fucking mistake. Every single member of the cult elders directly pays for my suffering. Uh, well, Richard, AJ, a I want to ask line. you, yes, about the storyline. <laughs> about the storyline. I went and got an eye exam today, everyone. Excuse the um, pun. I stared into the <laughs> abyss. I stared. I stared into the little machine and saw that very ominous hot air balloon down at the edge of a oh, yes. of a um, yep. highway. Mm-hmm. And I said to the guy, "I was like, listen, I'm gonna need to hold my eye open." And he was like, "Yep, that's cool." And he still felt a little impatient with me because I was like holding my eye up, trying to like not blink as it puffed me. And I was oh, like, the, "I yeah, just the, the puff of air is the worst fucking thing." The, it's not yeah. the hot air balloon that puffs you though. Like, no, are these I know separate <laughs> things? Like, are you saying no? You you look at the hot air balloon and then it goes Pff. right. It, the hot air is not coming from the balloon. It's not hot air. I know. 
Actually, you're right. The hot air balloon's for focusing. The yeah. green light is what you stare yeah. at and it puffs you. Yeah. I don't think it's coming from the green light either. Okay, it sounds like you're, you're a bit stupid, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> at least you've got your looks. And um, by looks, I mean your ability to look is perfect, right? <laughs> well, maybe not for long. No, no, no. So I went in and uh, met with a... Richard, a very cute optometrist. Oh, oh my God. She was about, looked about my age, very wow. smiley. I would love to tell you that I flirted with her. I did not wow. uh, because she's just doing her job, you know, and, and who am I to come Is in? Is this and... another dig at me for flirting with our guests? <laughs> this... Do you want me to leave that in? Because we haven't said that on the podcast. Well, I, you know, we're introducing, we're spinning plates here. <laughs> AJ accused me of flirting with our guests. I didn't accuse you. I just said I'm accusing you. Flirt with you the fucking guests. did it. I, I said you're a flirt. Well, I have not stopped thinking about it since you said it. I know because you keep bringing it up <laughs> long after I've forgotten about it. Mm. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh. So I told her which you know which numbers looked the best when she'd asked me one or two, etc. You know, the whole what I imagine a lot of Can has I say provided you look the best. <laughs> what I imagine has provided a lot of fodder for observational stand up comics over the years about getting eye exams. You ever notice how uh one and two don't look that different? <laughs> she told me something interesting, which is that my short sightedness has gotten better. As in which I didn't think could happen. I just thought your eyes got worse and worse until you died. Like you're better at being short sighted. No, like <laughs> the vision is 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 healing, but the astigmatism in my eye is getting worse. But so you're actually worse at being short sighted. Yeah. That I guess that's wow. a better way to say it. Um and uh <laughs> that's then, a much worse way to say it. <laughs> and then she told me that Richard you might, I might not be able to be looking at your lovely face for very long on the Zoom. Imagine if this was devastating news and I'm just riffing on it. Like, a, like yeah, if yeah, I yeah. found out I was going blind, I would not be recording the podcast. I would probably quit the podcast. I, I wouldn't have like, wasted my last yeah. precious for like months of vision watching Frank and Creepy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, she said she showed me a, a X-ray of the back of my eye. It's not an x-ray, it's like a really bright <laughs> photograph. A photograph yeah. um, and there's a tiny little tear in my retina, which she said is... Uh, oh, you were crying. No, I, I actually said a hole to you when I messaged you about it earlier today because I knew that tear would be confusing. But there's a tiny little hole in the back of my well, retina. But you, but you think our audience is intelligent enough that they'll pick it up? Smarter than you, cunt. <laughs> <laughs> Um, she said that the retina is like a, a like a sheet of glad wrap and that there's a little hole in it and that it's by the looks film. of it, by the looks of it, it is very old and she's surprised it hasn't been caught in previous eye exams. Uh, but she said it's probably nothing, don't need to worry about it, but I'll refer you. Did you say, well, uh, my previous eye exams weren't as good looking as you i mean they weren't as as good at looking at my eye <laughs> <laughs> they weren't as positively ravishing <laughs> no and so she's referred to me to someone who may or may not take me on board i'm so, to wait for an email but i went home i bought glasses online like i said i would mm-hmm. and i'm what waiting what did you use uh, what one did i use there were a couple i was looking at but the the one that i used the one the one that felt easiest to use zeni optical how do you spell that Z-E-N-N-I. 
and I bought I bought some some circular bad boys. Did you buy the Vooglum round green? I don't know what they're called. Full rim. <laughs> they look pretty cool. Did you get like like the round ones? Are they like um a thick rim or a wireframe? A wireframe because I thought the thick rims the the roundness is lost in them. I think. I think the thick rims you would look too much like you do in that ad. Yeah, right. Totally. That commercial I did for a retirement. A fucking nerd. You look yeah. like a nerd. I was I wanted to go full Harry Potter and I think I got the the like most circumference <laughs> that I could. <laughs> mm. So they haven't arrived yet, but I guess that'll be the the final uh part of the story unless I go blind. That would also be a good end Should to the I story. listeners should I buy the same glasses as AJ? You don't know what ones I got. Would that be funny? Do you have your eye result, eye exam results? Do you know? Uh, I I do have them somewhere. Were they nine ninety five? Your glasses? No, those are those were the cheaper ones. I got like thirty dollar ones. Oh, okay. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> All right, everyone. That's where your Patreon money is going. Scooby Doo. <laughs> God damn. I can tell. God. Probably tell you the ones I got. I damn. got the. I had to, you had to do your own pupil measurements for these websites. Yeah. It's it's scary. It do you not feels, get your pupil measurements? Well, I thought it would come with it, but it didn't. It didn't tell me them. Yeah, I I after we had this conversation, I was like, maybe I should. Well, I, I actually was going to buy some more from Bailey Nelson, mm. but I mean, like when they're six ninety five for a pair of glasses. But yes, yeah, so I went. I went back and I found my old prescription. I think because I was like, you need like the actual prescription, which is like the point. Uh, I'm minus 1.5, 1.75 in the other eye or something. And then it has like your angle and then the pupil distance. Correct. Because what do you actually need? Your pupil it's, distance, um, a lot of places apparently don't give you them. Um, right, okay. And so you got to measure them yourself or with a friend, which I was uh, lucky enough to do. I cannot find presumptuous. <laughs> like the name of the pair. Okay, here we go. I got the rimless glasses 32294111. I can show you a picture of them. Do you want me to just send you a picture of them? Yep. <laughs> All right. Got them. All right. Thirty-two ninety-five. This would be very funny. Yeah, are they are they actually yeah, completely rimless. They're not even wireframes. Yeah, mate. So you you did actually lie to me hmm. and the audience just then, which is or am I stupid and dumb? Yeah. Would you, would, yeah, would you rather be known as a liar or stupid and dumb? I think stupid and dumb for sure. I think a liar. Yeah, I knew you would. You would think that. Mm. <laughs> well, I think because you're stupid and dumb, you would already think that. Um, well, I we're talking about Scooby Doo, Frank and Creepy, and right. You know how like oh, the last few ones that that I was in charge of, I went to Common Sense Media to. Uh, fill out the episode's runtime hmm. i had something else planned for this film and i'm just going to shut those tabs right now because i think we've spoken enough about uh eyeglasses that we don't need it so <laughs> well was it cool <laughs> can we do it for another film or was it only for yeah people? yeah well we might do it for moon monster madness next we'll just see how the discussion <laughs> goes but scooby-doo frank and creepy <laughs> this was came out in 2014 it uh premiered at san diego comic-con which i know a few of these have done oh wow which is yeah it's just I remember the Courage the Cowardly Dog. I remember, um, actually, the Return to Zombie Island. I remember that being a big thing. Like, you know, when because that was like 2019 or whatever, when we're when mm. you, we're actually actively following Comic Con updates, and then mm. it's like 
Um, for those not paying attention to Marvel, if you go to Hall G, you will see the premiere of the new Scooby-Doo film. <laughs> yeah. So, what is Scooby-Doo Frank and Creepy, directed by Paul McAvoy, about? Uh, so, it turns out that uh, Velma is, has got uh, is old money. Um, she's got a family from she she descends from a family of 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 Dinkelsteins or something like that. Mm. Von, yeah, Von Dinkelstein. Von Dinkelstein, um, and they they get asked to go to this uh, Transylvania, Philadelphia, or something like that. It's it's yep. not the actual Transylvania, um, where there are it's sort of like a German settlement um, where there are legends of a monster. It is said that all of the Dinkelsteins went crazy trying to create essentially Frankenstein's monster, and this isn't a case of like. Like, no one's heard of Frankenstein. This is, they bring up Frankenstein in yeah, the story. Yeah, Mary Shelley is name-dropped. Yeah, and they go, it's similar to Frankenstein, which is well, like... No, they, they say that um, Mary Shelley... Based it. ...was inspired yeah. by this true life event to write Yeah, and, and like, the amount of media over the years that has parodied Frankenstein, this might be the, the only one to do it this way. Usually it's just like swept under the rug, but what's that trope you like where the thing exists as well as the parody of the um, thing? Yeah, the it's like the Mr. Earth that's Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's surprising. What's really funny Mm. you mentioned that is that the tab I shot was TV trucks. <laughs> Here we go. Um, <laughs> and Moon Monster Madness. It's, it's funny to see it done in a non-comedic way. Like, usually I'm used to like, here's this app I'm using called Lover. It works like this. Oh, that sounds pretty similar to Tinder. And it's like, yeah, mm. that, the joke being that both exist. Yeah, you're, you're used to watching New Girl. Yeah, well, I'm actually just, that's a secondhand uh, recollection. From, from me, I, who's I used to watching it. New Girl. <laughs> um, but in this, it was just like, no, no, we're acknowledging it up front. Uh, so they go to this town, and it's said that they are to be cursed, Richard. They will lose the thing they love the most. At the start of the film, the mystery machine blows up in maybe the most, like, close to dying these characters have ever come uh and then as they're they're investigating all the creepy goings on in uh in transylvania um velma succumbs despite being a skeptic succumbs to uh being the the like dinkelstein curse of becoming obsessed with bringing the monster to life yeah and we also find out that it's her family's reputation for Mm. the franken creepy thing that is why she's such a skeptic and devotes her life mm, to mm. exposing yeah. fakes. Yeah. Uh, Velma, uh, Daphne becomes fat uh, and her hair She gets becomes a size eight. Yeah, yeah. And Shaggy <laughs> and Scooby are no longer scared, but they are no longer hungry either. Mm. They, uh, you know, a bunch of Fre- stuff Fred losing the Fred losing the mystery machine yeah. was his one. Yeah. yeah. And then at the end, uh, they, they solve the mystery and find out that, like, a, a remarkable amount of stuff was up just like can be explained away <laughs> mm. uh, because you know uh, the it's something like uh, Velma was hypnotized into going crazy uh, Daphne was we- actually wearing a puffed up suit that she didn't realize yeah. um, and Shaggy and Scooby both had acupuncture needles placed in their in their pants in their later hosen, their later hosen which uh, you know uh, turned off their like 
fear receptors, but also their hunger receptors. Yep, yep. And and in the end, they're like, oh, well, who did it? Who is the monster? And it turns out it's like eight different characters from mm. uh, Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? Like uh, the original show that have come yeah. back for revenge. And like a, a really interesting sort of um, meta uh, look mm. back at the rest of the series. Um, and in the end... Um, as they're driving away, they reflect on the fact that the curse could never have been real because the thing that actually matters to them the most is each other. Yeah, the friends they made along the way. So yeah, the the culprits and their motives are Cuthbert Crawls, C.L. Magnus, Lila, and Mamma Mione. <laughs> and it's they formed a conspiracy group to exact their revenge on the gang for uncovering their past illegal acts which sent them to prison which is interesting according to imdb this is the first time in the scooby-doo uh like animated canon that the uh, bad guy's motivation isn't monetary it's revenge on the gang specifically right which that's true? That we I don't know. Not enough to to look it up um, or anything. <laughs> but I mean, I was presented with the information. I had no reason to question it. What did you think of this one? I don't know, man. I think that uh, first of all, I was falling asleep through a lot of it, like desperately trying yeah. to keep my eyes open because I'm just. I think in general, the the level to which I am sick of Scooby Doo has has reached like it now my brain shuts off when i watch it and it's now harder to watch just to keep my brain active so i can take mm. in information um i thought that uh that i don't i didn't really like it that much but i thought it was interesting that uh we have entered this new era now that feels mm. very familiar this one came out 2014 that wasn't that long ago so we're seeing humor that's still uh there's still remnants of it in today's comedy mm. yeah it is interesting like i the the humor th this one does feel like a bit of a soft reboot for the series not as dramatic as the sort of some of the changes in tone we've seen before but yeah there's such a distinct personality to this movie that's carried on the next few at least yeah i, I would say wrestlemania started it but it was too early yeah to, no that's a good tell. point yeah well, well wrestlemania like also had it's like oh is this just wrestlemania's influences this yeah the fact that they've got this whole other sandbox to play in yeah but yeah i would give some examples of like jokes but i know that i've been writing down notes as i go for these movies but the last couple i um i remembered something which is uh that uh writing things down is for nerds and ah. so i've I've decided to just forget things like a cool person. Like um, you've gone from Velma to Shaggy in, in the space of only a few movies. Yeah. Maybe I'll start again. I, I do. My issue, I think, is I've been leaving my um, Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves notepad. And, like after referring to the notes while recording, I leave it in my office. And then it's so hot up here. I wasn't going to watch the movie downstairs. Mm. Now I want to come back up and get my... Dungeons and Dragons on our Among Thieves yeah. notepad yeah. and matching pen. So the 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 fact is we have definitely exited the fuck AJ era. And I wasn't sure at first because we are still getting like opening sequences that sometimes have different animation styles in it. But I think maybe that's a carryover. And what we're really seeing here is a very distinct 
sense of humor change a very distinct personality change um a lot more focused as we saw with wwe and as we'll see in a couple of movies time with kiss there's a lot of focus on no spoilers stars um and yeah i i think i have a prediction that once this all ends the the fuck aj era will go down as like the most i enjoyed these films because there's something dare i say seth mcfarlane-esque about these these later movies that we've watched that i haven't really be, i haven't hated them all but but it's it's just i don't know and and it's like it's weird to see such modern convention like this one starts with um val uh daphne is hosting like a live stream on the internet and it's like this could have come out in 2022 and i wouldn't have been like this is an odd you know this is antiquated like it's it it could just as well be a 2022 joke that they're all on um on uh the internet and doing live streams and i have a pitch for what i think we should nickname this era uh richard yeah go on sorry i, reckon, I was just doing my b-reel oh, <laughs> just sorry. i reckon um the pitch for this episode for this for this era is this is the ip flex era because yeah. in the WrestleMania episode, it did have this little opening sequence where it showed like classic clips from uh, Scooby Doo, Where Are You? And in this one, it's it's literally flexing the the old episode plots and, yeah. and rehashing them. And we'll see a bit more of that <laughs> the going. The idea forth. of flexing these episodes, They're like, uh, yeah, it was two lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think that's what it, it's doing. It's it's we're getting our first reflective Scooby Doo movies, our first sort of mm. nostalgic level Scooby Doo movies. And I'll be interested to see if there are any more errors before we catch up to modern day and what those mm. those might be. Well, I know like one of the most recent ones is a Courage the Cowardly Dog crossover, and so that feels very ip flexy and then also another recent one is the return to zombie island yeah yeah Um, right yeah so it's like maybe we're uh here to stay maybe we're coming to an end as well and that would be good because i'm getting over these i'm going crazy i'm i've scooby-doo has it stopped being an exciting silly thing i'm doing and has become part of my life um which mm. is <laughs> did you did you mention it to the optometrist at all no what a great flirt that would have been yeah so uh what are you scooby doing tonight <laughs> she was a total uh daphne dude seriously um, oh really uh, what uh what did you think of this one i i enjoyed the new sense of humor and like it, it is it's borderline like lol so random but it's like Mm. the evolution of that that we got in the mid 2010s and i think it adds a nice pace to it there's every now like no that's you putting it on 2.5 speed to watch it oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) the um like yeah it's this it's also like it's it's almost like this um there's a blasé sort of nature to the jokes. Mm-hmm. They're, they're not like... Cynical. Well, gang, looks like we're making a joke now. There's so many jokes that are just like, you know, no one reacts to something that someone said, but it's like the funniest thing in the whole movie. Yeah, right. Again, I forgot the examples, <laughs> but I'm cool. But the... But yeah, and I think that that adds a nice pace to it, like in this weird way that the movie's not stopping for you to laugh at jokes all the time. But... Yeah, those are the ones that really surprise I've, me. I can tell I you a joke that is maybe the most emblematic joke in the film, Ooh. which is actually in the credits of the film, 
um, <laughs> nerds you saw watching uh, Daphne's live stream oh, yeah, yeah. at the start of the movie play over the credits and they talk about the various goofs and mistakes that can be spotted in the movie itself. Like, in this scene, Shaggy's shown wearing underwear, but then in this scene, he's wearing his pants again. He's got like, his fucking cock out. <laughs> it's like dismantling cartoon logic. Mm. And like, Harley Quinn, the TV show, did a very similar joke like a year and a half ago. And it's like, oh. that's how close, like, it's weird, I guess. It's, it's This is a multitude of weird things. It's weird because we started watching these when they were coming out in the late 80s. And now they're catching up to modern day. But what's also weird, Richard, is we still have so many fucking films to go. And we're already up to, like, modern sensibilities of humor. (laughs) Bro, we get to, like, 20... We get to the pandemic and we still have quite a few to go. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. God, no. It's happening! Like, Barbie was exciting. Every every Barbie movie we watched gave us something new and something exciting. The, 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 the strikes are so much softer with Scooby-Doo. It's like... Like we could remember. I remember when we watched Barbie and well, the Secret. What, you want your you want your strikes to be softer. I don't know. Like if, I if do. your parents are hitting you and stuff. <laughs> Jeez, we really have been recording for that many hours. Huh? <laughs> I remember when we watched Barbie and the Secret Door, and it was mm. like this is a crazy film. There is crazy shit going on. <laughs> Oi, in this film. bro, this is door. <laughs> and and Scooby Doo, Frank and Creepy, as an example, is like. Oh wow! Look, they brought back uh, characters from like I'm not as excited by the 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 random the randomness the lol so randomness that's going mm. on, and I I don't know I I I can't believe that it's not butter. What moon? What number movie is this? This is thirty one. So when if we equate that to Barbie, we only had. Do you six... want me to tell you what the equivalent number Barbie? Yeah, film so was. we only had six films left when we were doing Barbie. Mm. It does God, not. Little did we fucking know. Eh? It does not feel like we are as far through Scooby Doo as we were that far through Barbie. In this... Oh, bro, thirty-one was Barbie and her sisters and the Great Puppy Adventure, which was legitimately a pretty good film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's just it's it's weird, like. I always thought about like when um, Better Call Saul season four ended, and no, no spoilers. I'm not. I'm just saying. I'm speaking in, in vague terms here. Better Call Saul season four ended, and I was reflecting on how slow the show was because remember where Breaking Bad season four ended, and it was like this could be the series finale. Well, yeah, it was written as a series finale. Yeah. Um, and it's just it's like it's they feel completely different despite being at the same point in the story and i think that's how i feel right now is it it does not feel for better or worse it does not feel like i've watched 31 scooby-doo movies i don't think yeah i I think it doesn't feel like i've watched 31 scooby-doo movies at the time of recording i've watched 33 but uh, i it's i i don't know I, i because i found them easier to watch i and i still am can I float to you that that Barbie was a better franchise than Scooby Doo? Like when no. we rank this? No, you can't. I don't know. It's just it's it's all about. I think you're in you're in a in a pit at the moment, <laughs> and I'm and I'm here at the I'm here on the other side, letting you know that it does get better. <laughs> okay, thank you so much. Because I mean, I was in a pit like I yeah. We gave you your little depression episodes, fans. Not as much as we did with Barbie by this point, but we know well, there's still time for us to get depressed. Um, <laughs> what are you talking but about? The, I don't but 
I think that, you know, the, the, the episodes where we were just like, fuck, man, I'm not feeling this. Mm. I'm past that now. I'm past that. I'm past it, but I'm entering something else. I'm entering just like... Well, maybe you're just being confronted with your own mortality, knowing that your eyes might not be all they're cracked up to be. <laughs> you, you're wording this like you'd told... Like, hate to say I told you so, but you shouldn't have invested <laughs> so much of your value into your eyeballs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well i mean you know when you when you name yourself ij is that what you've been calling me this entire time yeah that's um you're playing with fire there uh frank Which is and bad creepy. for your eyes franken franken creepy i'm trying to think of- what, what did you what did you think about the fact that like daphne becomes let's say a little overweight and becomes so horrified with her uh appearance that she attempts suicide does she um well presumably off screen but the like it's her whole thing in this film was like oh my god my hair's frizzy and i'm fat i don't i don't deserve to live anymore you know what richard i thought she looked beautiful i thought she did too if she was of age um but which is not made clear in the film but the I will say... I do or do not find her beautiful, depending on how old she's supposed to be in the film. (laughs) Yeah. I, um... Yeah, like, also the fact that it's like... Because she's like, oh, do you have this in a size 2? And they're like, oh, no, only in a size 8. And she gets this fucking uh, burlap sack of a a thing. (laughs) But it's like, that's not what a size 8 looks like. And also, if you're telling, you know, little girls that, like, hey, if you grow up to be a size 8, not only will you look like this, but you also will not be worthy of love from other people, but also yourself. Mm, mm. Yeah, it's a, a, I'll say it, Richard, it's a bad message to to put out into your 2014 children's movie. <laughs> and it, yeah. it, it damn near ruins the film. But the film also tells you that, like, that true bravery is... is ins- Actually, it doesn't tell you that, does it? It tells you true bravery is but an acupuncture prick away. Is but a needle in thine butt. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't love this one, but what does that even mean in the context? Of- yeah. Well, what is love? Damn, baby, don't hurt me. This film is a pretty fucking weird ending. Yeah. Yeah. They uh, they get the new mystery the mystery machine back, or they get a new one. It's fixed, and now it has fucking rocket boosters, mm. and they take off. And they fly away into presumably outer space. <laughs> well, they fly they fly off a cliff in what they're treating like a roller coaster. But if I was in that car, Richard, I would be like, land the fucking car! <laughs> land the car! Like, I would be so freaked out and I'd be sitting next to my talking dog who's just going, Scooby Dooby Doo! And that's how the film ends. <laughs> I didn't want to do the voice. <laughs> i think that's good i think um yeah well let's move on where okay. do they end up when they fly to space oh is it connected I thought well it, not directly but it like it feels like it teases thematically. Yeah, thematically. <laughs> like like this transition will be a thematic uh, transition cool. all right well um i'm gonna stop recording so <laughs> oh god <laughs> We got
got a mystery to solve And the mystery's why did they make the monsters real And fuck up the franchise How much more can we take? This podcast was a fucking mistake Every single member of the cult elders directly pays for my suffering Um <laughs> The moon? <laughs> I hate Ah, uh, the moon. Ah, uh, the moon. <laughs> Nature's last, um, uh, the final frontier. Moon. You know, you know what they say. Um, this film came oh, out. Oh, sorry. Oh, okay. Sorry, I won't fucking tell you the release date. Daphne's catchphrase is Jeepers. A few movies back, potentially like. 13 movies ago yeah. we said we couldn't remember Daphne's catchphrase it's that, Jeepers yeah that did um, I, I made a mental note of that being cool, <laughs> like a cool person um, so this came out in 2015 <laughs> also directed by Paul <laughs> McAvoy mm. um, yeah it was what's this one about uh, does, sorry does this one it's come... called Scooby Doo Moon Monster Madness I don't Some, actually said something I didn't know till I'd finished the film and I was like Moon Monster Madness was the title of that um, <laughs> uh, does this coincide with a new TV show <sighs> I think maybe Be Cool Scooby Doo started coming out and I would I, I could be wrong it might not be Be Cool Scooby Doo but I'd be curious yeah. as, as to it was yeah. I'd be curious as to if Be Cool Scooby-Doo has the same new era sense of humour that we've been talking about. Yeah, well, Be, Be Cool Scooby-Doo, I remember, had like a drastic redesign of the characters and people were like, no, not no, this. Are, are you sure? Not like this. Not like, yes. Is that, is that Be Cool Scooby-Doo? Okay, so it's not the yeah, same the one design. No, it's not, it's not at all the same design. I'm oh, is this you. the one with... Yeah, no, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, that's totally... Well, I'm going to send it to you anyway. I thought this was one of the ones that returned to the house style you know these are like the fucking ugliest ones you've ever seen this yeah this is like you're better at describing um abstract concepts than i am so can you tell me what people they look like and and go through left to right yeah okay so uh they've got like big circle eyes now they they look a bit like you know that that netflix and adult animation Mm. house style like hoops yeah it's not exactly that but it it is a quite an upsetting scooby-doo especially looks like a different character um velma velma also looks pretty different to to the rest of them apparently not a bad show though oh really um yeah this is so be cool scooby-doo kate mccurchie takes over the voice of Valma uh, and the next film we're talking about is uh Mindy Cohen's last one as Oh Valma. wow, interesting. She does look like a Kate Micucci character in this one. Yeah. The screenshot. Okay, so the Moon Monster is this is this was one of the more interesting ones we've watched in terms of quality, I think, because I thought because <laughs> they go to the f- fucking moon. I thought it started out real bad. I was like, God, mm. this is asinine and then by the end i thought it was actually pretty good um so uh they there's a billionaire there's an elon musk type an idealist's elon Uh, musk type who wants to 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 do like citizens go to them go to space kind of thing Mm. um and it was a competition and the the five people that won it were the mystery gang Mm. and scooby-doo who's not a person um and so already i don't know i just felt like like it was like was there not a better way to to get them into space then have (laughs) them all (laughs) yeah (laughs) all win the competition it actually opens with um 
Daphne uh, sitting her driver's exam uh, mm-hmm. and failing it. Um, and they go, they, so they go into space, and it soon becomes clear that there is an alien on board, and there's a whole other bunch oh, of people, frick. people on in in the in the crew that are there for different reasons. Um, the ship starts losing uh, oxygen or something, so they do an emergency landing on the dark side of the moon, where this idealist Elon Musk has spent the last ten years building a moon city there uh and they land there and it's sort of just they pad they pad out the time until they reveal who the alien is um i sent you a clip from this movie because i thought it was so funny like i you know you'd already seen it but i I videoed it and sent it back to you where um there's a there's a robot that's introduced at one point and that's it looks like the thing that the robot that bender marries in the second episode of futurama called like destroy bot or something like that um <laughs> the crushinator the crushinator yes and <laughs> um and uh its name's caroline and it shows up and they're like one of the characters is like caroline and then the ridley her name is ridley and she's the i you know the the alien uh, the aliens a real kook character she runs into screen and goes that's not caroline she's different and i just loved the line delivery it felt so weird and then um velma who's been skeptic the whole time goes she's not that is caroline she's not different at and then it transforms to this other robot and she and the voice mindy codes voice acting it's all in one unbroken thing it's like that's that is caroline she's not different at all <laughs> it's so funny. and then shoots everyone and she's like that is different and i thought that were was you, a great gag I, I do have to ask were you high when you see that to me no that is insane. <laughs> no, I genuinely thought it was funny. Because your giggle at the end of the clip was like... It was a very stoned laugh. I, I wish I wish we could put it up to the vote whether or not I should get stoned for one of these Scooby-Doo conversations. Because it feels like it should happen because I got drunk on the Barbie one and Shaggy's a stoner. We don't know that. I have not gotten stoned. Okay, well, okay, we don't well, know that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Sorry, what were you saying? Um, I, I reckon maybe you should eat dog food on an episode. So Scooby Snacks. Okay, no, that's fine. Um so uh yeah, it ends it's revealed that it was the the alien was actually the woman that was um sucking up to Daphne and, and trying to befriend her and turning Velma and Daphne against each other. And she gets back to Earth after trying to explode the space station and claim everyone was killed by an alien. But they all get back to Earth. And um yeah, and I thought the most significant thing about this, Richard, was that this whole adventure, them escaping an exploding moon base on a spaceship, I was like cartoons are funny right because cartoons you could literally Car- do anything. cartoons are so funny and and the thing is have you seen this- rick and morty we're at that point in the timeline everybody yeah. where it's not cool to joke about rick and morty yeah. anymore um yeah well yeah at least um at least we've still got good old <laughs> prime minister Jacinda <laughs> She'll brighten my spirits. Imagine listening to this out of context, like listening to this in the past, like this was sent back to us a week ago. Yeah, yeah. Be like, did Jacinda Ardern get cancelled? Yeah. Was Jacinda Ardern on Rick and Morty? (laughs) (coughs) Um, So, anyway, cartoons are funny because, you know, you've got one... Mm. 
one movie where they they go to this quaint little New England town and solve a mystery. And then in the same series, there's a scene where they're flying a spaceship away from an exploding moon. And it's like, this is, in real life, this would be, by a wide margin, the most significant thing that would ever happen mm. in the Mystery X lives. Like, like this would yeah. be, they would, th- when they're looking back on their life on their deathbed, they will not think about all of the mysteries, but they will be thinking about the time they're in space. And, and yeah. when well, they're... The, the, they're probably not even be thinking about the dog. No, because the dog will be long dead. <laughs> the, long, the dog will be long dead. They'll, they'll have another dog. Um, the my, Another joke I cracked up at the, in this was like, um when they're escaping the the exploding moon base and one of the guys on the board is like damn looks like 10 billion dollars going up in smoke (laughs) that was funny (laughs) so yeah what do you think of this one uh well i just want to uh make a note of pointing out the culprit and their motivation Mm. because uh you got quite angry at me before um (laughs) for saying that i should i was not angry at you i also just said who it was (laughs) well i just want to make sure that everyone knows that it was shannon lucas mm. as the alien um who wanted to make sure that space was only accessible for experts instead of uh anyone which is what the um venerable billionaire wanted to do <laughs> what a strange motivation that is and it, it feels political it's, but it's I'm, a, it's I'm not a sure which thing. side it's, it's, it's a money thing <laughs> mm, mm. yeah i didn't love this one mm because you hate space yeah i yeah i hate space (laughs) (laughs) hey we finally got our in space sequel 32 films yeah i i did i looked that up quite early on Mm. that i was like there must be an episode or something i was like, oh there's a movie yes i was like what's it called and i was like okay i should have known it was moon monster (laughs) was was the fun when they fucking go to space Um, I I thought like the 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 alien design it's it's very derivative of Ridley Scott's mm, alien. It's very Geiger-esque. Um, but it it looked Gigerian. cool. It looked cool. Yep. And there's a there's a bit where Shaggy and Scooby escape it by driving on a moon buggy on the moon. And I was like, this is a pretty good action. And scene. like, if you're gonna drive a moon buggy anywhere, that's where I'll do it. <laughs> it's it's just a, it's a good <laughs> action scene. I thought, like mm. it like climbs onto it and shaggy's like kicking at it like furiously it felt like a real horror movie almost mm. um and i also really liked the character of u-boat who's a like a football player that for some reason is on board as well who seems um really stoic and shaggy and scooby are massive fans of um and then at one point um they're like how do you do all this without being scared and he says i'm scared all the time and I thought, how? Mm. What a great message to put in, in your, in your buried deep in your Scooby-Doo space movie that he talks about how he gets scared of almost everything and he lists a bunch of things, including public speaking and aliens. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then it's like, I, you got to find a way to, to um, move on past it. And the way that, uh, that he copes is by singing and then he sings a song that's like fair is a four-letter word it was real funny and shaggy and scooby learned that the way they move past it is is through eating um which isn't quite as healthy (laughs) (laughs) do you what would you how would you feel if i told you that this is not the first time they've been to space i would be furious richard i would i would literally start crying and shaking Okay, well, uh, let, let me uh, 
meet you in the middle somewhere then. Scooby and Shaggy have already been to space several times before this film. Several times. Yeah, as recently as the short film Scooby-Doo, Mecha Mutt Menace. Okay. That's Mecha as in like Mecha Godzilla, not the um, place of worship. Imagine that. (laughs) There's a Mutt Menace running around in Mecha. Um, Okay, so... And they go to space in it. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. So, I but like... These, that's the Scooby Doo franchise, bigger than the movies, but uh, including the TV shows, is just bigger than all of them. It's just rife with retcons and 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 yeah. We 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 learn um in this move in this one that Shaggy's name, according to his driver's license, is Shaggy. (laughs) Yeah, well, there's a retcon. We also have Valma. Um, Scooby Doo has a driver's license that says (laughs) Scooby Doo on it, not Scoobit. Oh, Valma um is a skeptic and doesn't believe in aliens, despite me. Eating one and Scooby Doo mm. alien. Shaggy tried to fuck one. Shaggy tried to fuck one. Why doesn't he try to fuck this one? That's my question. Mm. He didn't sing a song about how much you want to, f- to fuck this one. How good was that song, man? Yeah, when he's like, it'd be so great. It'd be to so great. He does say 1969 in it. I'm going to look up those yeah, lyrics. That is the sexiest. Um, Shaggy fucking Groovy. Shaggy lyrics. 69. Shaggy Rule 34. <laughs> AJ, I want to give you, you to give me a letter from A to Z. Our house will be so very fine. We'll fill it up with stuff from 1969, is the lyric. A letter from A to Z. Richard, I'll do you one better. I'll give you five letters from A to I'll Z. I'll give you the entire <laughs> fucking alphabet. Okay, <laughs> yeah. give me five letters. Do you, okay. do you know what I'm getting at no. here? Why are you giving me five <laughs> I letters? I just wanted to, to bump okay. up those numbers. All right. All right, all right. Five letters. R. Just go one at a time. So R. The I'm on TVTropes.com mm. and there's a bunch of tropes listed in this uh, in, that are included in this film. If you don't know what TV Tropes is, it's a great website that you can lose hours in. And um, yeah, a bunch of stuff that you're like, oh, I've seen a joke that kind of resembles that before and it's like here's a list of every tv show that's used that joke so in r you've got the 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 trope is called running gag fred being much more boneheadedly clueless than usual and endlessly annoying the heck out of the two veteran astronauts yeah he is a bit of a bonehead in this one with his um like the the space helmet he never like presses the intercom so people can't fucking hear him Mm. he's he's never been closer to his freddie prince jr form i think Mm. Well, I would say in the two live action ones. No, I think this is closer. No, well, no. Okay, do you want to give me another one of your five letters? I. I. I, you've got Innocently Insensitive, which is Fred accidentally offends two astronauts by reminding them that their mission occurred before he was born. God, it's so crazy to hear like something you don't realize is a trope being described and you're like, oh yeah, that's in heaps of things. Yeah. <laughs> Those are also about the same thing. Those two tropes are referring to the same thing. All right, well, let's see if we can get five tropes about the same thing. Okay. Another letter. C. C. You've got crush filter. <laughs> the when Hudson becomes attracted to Ridley, the camera zooms in, the lighting changes, and she seems to shake her hair. Mm, yep, yep, mm. yep, yep. All right, another one. Uh, H. H. You've got 
hypocritical humor <laughs> Velma says that everybody needs to calm down and then begins squeeing when the boarding is announced ah, that also is Ridley obsessively believes in aliens and that they're dangerous but when Mr. Inc. each narrate what they believe the alien is all about and what to do Ridley reacts as sounded, surrounded by idiots which is another trope mm. alright what have we got two more one more one more hey I don't know if you noticed got... but I've spelled I've been spelling your name because I love you wow I'm not going to get to the Click end, it value. Well, let's, let's do my whole name then. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you do have two R's in your name, though. So. Yeah, well, there's more than there's more. Okay, than all right. Oh, okay. Um, so, artistic license. Physics. When the artificial gravity is turned off on the moon base, all the characters start floating. In reality, the moon does have gravity, so the characters yeah. should have become lighter, but not weightless. Yeah, that's true. That's interesting. Huh. Right, what next? Uh, R. <laughs> I would not have picked up that you... Um, uh, real men wear pink football star U-boat likes, likes to sing you know you say you wouldn't have picked up there's a lot of things I do for you that you don't pick up on like what like choosing your name in the TV tropes game oh yeah no you're right uh, and D <laughs> the trope is driving test oh. the film begins and ends with Daphne learning how to drive and not quite succeeding at it either yes very good she does learn how to fly a fucking spaceship though. well that, that's the that's the bookends is that she's shown at the start not knowing how to drive and is then by the end um everyone has to everyone gets this is this is this will be on tv tropes on that section everyone who could drive the spaceship gets knocked out by a falling piece of debris and velma goes but they're all wearing helmets <laughs> <laughs> Um, and so Daphne has to drive it as a bookend to her yeah. doing the driving test. But like that's like just pointing it out is, a plot um, hole. <laughs> lampshade hanging. Lampshade After hanging. everyone gets knocked out when debris hits them, Valma mentions, but they're all wearing helmets. Wow, I could probably guess a lot. What no, what the what is more disturbing about this? There's also so there's also a, a TV trap entry for tap on the head. During the climax, a running gag has Hudson, Sly, Clark, Shaggy, Scooby, U Boat, Ham, and Ridley get knocked out by chunks of I beam the moment they suggest they should be the one to pilot the ship while Valma and Daphne react with increasing incredulity 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 yeah Yeah. what what is disturbing about this is the implication that we are the these this is a road that is well traveled and we are far from the first people on the internet to have dissected Scooby Doo movies to such a degree right because someone's yeah. filled out a whole TV tropes page for it and like i guess like the same thing was true of Barbie but i feel like this is a lot more popular than than, than oh, yeah. Barbie ever was yeah well speaking of a lot more popular why don't we get a guest on who's a lot more popular than us okay <laughs> i just he had to wake up early we've been this is a shorter segment even though it's the one about the moon we'll that's the thing about up. the moon he's actually not very popular that next guest <laughs> okay. he's actually a loser oh my god well let's bring him on <laughs> <laughs> Got a mystery to solve, and the mystery is why did they make the monsters real and fuck up the franchise? How much more can we take? This podcast was a fucking mistake. Every single member of the cult elders directly pays for my suffering. That voice you just heard, like immediately, I'm not talking about myself, 
throwing to the music i'm talking about the song the music the voice singing the song is our good friend carlisle laurent and wouldn't it be special if we had him here right now Hi guys! Scooby Dooby Doo. Um, yeah. We- Let me tell you, it's it's been a hellish week watching forty Barbie movies, but I'm here to talk about them. I'm excited. <laughs> oh no! Oh, he did hey, not. It's Chris. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's another person in the background of Carlisle's Zoom call. What could be mm. happening here? And he's weary, and he's fully clothed. He's fully is- clothed. I. I, AJ, you might not be familiar with this, but this I, is called pop <laughs> I record with Carlisle a lot more frequently than you do. Mm. Um, not for like a year though, but uh, Chris is very frequently uh, unclothed in the background of Carlisle's uh, shots. And when I point it out, he takes his clothes off. Yeah. Nice. You guys, of course, uh, host a podcast together. Would you like to mention that up top or not? <laughs> Yeah, I don't, we, I don't yeah, want to. We, we, we haven't started. Uh, we haven't started our new season yet. Maybe we'll hype it up and we'll release it on the same day as this. <laughs> Take that, AJ! All um, your hard work for nothing. <laughs> um, yeah. You, so you guys, of course, host a podcast for everyone, which is a podcast largely about, uh, or in, in broad terms, about music. Um, mm. And Carlisle, you being a musician, we thought who better to get on whichever um, <laughs> Scooby Doo movie about music lands on a guest spot than our good mm. friend Carlisle. And Richard, what movie is this, etc.? This is a Scooby Doo and Kiss rock and roll mystery. And it's directed by Spike Brandt and Tony Trevoni. That's a good name. I didn't know it was directed by Tony Trevoni. Wow. But now I automatically well, it's like, like it it's like Cervoni. C E R V O N E. It could oh, be like. shit, then. Never mind. Yeah, it's like a boring name, uh, unfortunately. Um, I mean, it's no Carlisle Laurent. Sorry about it. Mm. But yeah, no, it's funny that. So um, we obviously commissioned Carlisle to hit, to sing the song <laughs> you've been hearing that you're probably well sick of by this point. And he was like, I will do it if I could join you for Scooby Doo and Kiss, <laughs> Rock and Roll Mystery. And then we were like, fuck, what do we do? And then we looked at our, at our like um, spreadsheet and you know one in three chance that happened to be one of the ones we needed a guest for so we were like (laughs) okay (laughs) yeah yeah, sure (laughs) yeah when because aj you were saying just there like and we were like what musical one should we get him on and i was like that is not how that happened i was gonna make a joke like oh well these guys begged me to come on and that's much less the case as i strong-armed my way on Mm. um using my services as blackmail this was this was months ago that we planned all this i guess (laughs) we get a lot of people a lot of people when i tell them about my podcast they're like well if you ever need a guest and it's like well do you have anything to offer The kind of the kind of self-assured, obnoxious arrogance you can only get this many tens of hours into a podcast. Well, yeah, you, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you can only get as a white man. No, well, um, that too. <laughs> that is very true. So, yeah, Scooby Doo and Kiss, Rock and Roll Mystery. Carlisle, as our guest, we've sort of been asking everyone this just to to get to know you a little bit better. We normally would just ask, "What is your history with Scooby Doo?" But I'm going to add the addendum to that. What is your history with Kiss? Okay, I don't give a shit about Kiss. I'm just going to say wow. that right off the top. Oh, wow. big, big words for someone who covered a Kiss song. Yeah, that's that's. I was just stealing their labor. That's what I'm about. But, um, <laughs> is this a good time to mention as well that 
uh, before watching this, I couldn't have named you a Kiss song. I, I would have said I've never heard a Kiss song until I watched this movie. And I was like, okay, I recognize some of yeah. these. Mm. There are like three Kiss songs that I know. And that's because I knew two of them already. And the third one is in this movie. Mm. And I've seen this movie three. I'd say what? this is probably the worst movie I've ever watched three times of my own village. Oh my God. I, well, this is the first time <laughs> this has happened on the podcast. I don't think well, cause, cause, cause Carlisle said, can I guest on this one it's crazy and so i was like oh yeah, he's, oh, yeah, seen, he's it. seen it he's seen it yeah well so, so tell us it. about your history with scooby-doo is it something that you grew up with that you're a fan of scooby-doo scooby-doo much bigger history with my first album that's not true my second album that i ever owned mm. was a present i got it with a with a cd walkman mm. um, and it was the soundtrack to the first live action scooby-doo movie Wow. So that album holds a very special place in my heart, but I also watched a lot of uh, Scooby-Doo growing up, and then I had a little resurgence of it lately, and I'm personally fascinated to learn how you guys are getting on and how you're feeling, because once upon a time, me and my friends, uh, we tried to do, this was a couple of years ago, a bracket in our Discord Ooh. server, about all of, the, of all the Scooby-Doo movies, <laughs> which means I attempted to watch all the Scooby-Doo wow. movies and promptly gave up because they're largely quite shit. How far did you get? Oh, well, we didn't we do them in order, order so we, I was doing them in the in the order of the bracket, but I did watch like 12 or something Scooby-Doo movies right. and we haven't, and so that's much less of a commitment than what Out you guys of, have even watched already. Well, that is, I mean, that is... It's interesting because uh, uh, anyone that we've had on that's sort of been a fan of Scooby-Doo so far is like, oh yeah, I grew up with a couple of these films kind of thing. But I'm, where did this rank for you then in the pantheon of the, the few that you did watch? So <laughs> this is going to be funny to you. Me watching this film, nothing to do with that bracket. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, uh, me and my housemates were just on Amazon prime one day and it was there and we're like yeah that sounds like a laugh watched it and we were like well that was not what i was expecting <laughs> uh so then we went to a house party and we were like we got the thing for you guys to do because you know no no house party can really get kicking off without a scooby-doo yeah. feature like film <laughs> um and we put it on and then um you guys begged me to come on this podcast and i watched it again <laughs> nice so <laughs> i i just want to jump on there and tell a funny putting something on at a party story so i was at a um at a, a birthday party. i was like one of these like the first year out of high school kind of thing and the party was a little bit lame like it wasn't going super well and there was a group of like two or three of us that were like should we go get something to eat? we'll go somewhere else but we put on you know the um hey man hey yeah 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 video very that, familiar yes yeah, um that's four non-blondes what's up that we put on a 10 hour version of that watched it like once or twice what's up yeah even Should though the lyrics say what's going on it's, it's right. called what's going on okay. no it's, it's, called, called, it's called what's up what the fuck yeah so we we put it on and then we're like this will be funny let's just leave the party over an hour later we get a text from someone at the party being like hey do you mind if we turn your video off <laughs> <laughs> and did you say no That's <laughs> yeah. sorry guys- we're, sorry we'll be back we're still we're still using it <laughs> <laughs> have you guys watched um sensate no no so i 
I didn't know. I so I've been aware of that video, that He Man rendition of that song, uh, for you know since I was like eleven or something because it was a huge meme. Um, but I wasn't aware that was a, a cover of a real song. <laughs> um, and Four Non that the Four Non Blondes original version is used um as to kind of com- to to put some you know some glitter on a very tender moment mm. in sensate and they're all kind of singing this this song but separately all over the world and this is a wonderful bonding moment for them and i could not stop laughing cuz i didn't know this song existed <laughs> so i was like did they cover the he-man song for this <laughs> moment what the fuck and he yeah. said, <laughs> "It's the best part." Oh my god! Do I prove? <laughs> um, AJ, do you have any funny putting something on at a party stories? Uh, the New Year's party I just had. Uh, at some point, someone put on the room um, while the party was dying down, and I can tell you, it was just for me anyway, distinctly not very funny. And I think some <laughs> one of my flatmates was very loudly in front of the people who'd put it on was like, "Are we not past this? Is this still mm-hmm. funny?" <laughs> I I think that um, if they had put on Brie Larson, the Brie Larson starring room. Right. The, like, that like a very serious drama. That's so much less funny that it becomes so much funnier. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, after the room was put on, to, like something replaced it at like three a.m. I announced to everyone that not only was Crazy Frog still an active YouTube channel, but there's like a storyline <laughs> that's been existing on the Crazy Frog YouTube channel since like f- five years ago, and they upload big budget music videos all the time (laughs) and we watched all the crazy frog music videos and i very loudly talked about how much i loved crazy frog's little penis and how it was the best part (laughs) wow and i was like i just want to flick it (laughs) you can't tell me you don't want to flick crazy frog's little penis chuck that oh i'd never dream of telling you i don't want to flick (laughs) crazy frog's little penis chuck that in the out of context quotes on the discord (laughs) (laughs) so carlisle i want you to do me a favor i want you to tell me what is scooby-doo and kiss rock and roll mystery about okay so uh, the, the Scooby gang are on the way to Kiss World because this is set in a continuity where uh, Kiss are popular enough in 2015 to maintain <laughs> an entire theme park. Hey, WWE had a city in the WWE movie. <laughs> really? Yeah. I think this is just All part right. of the reality of living in That's this That's just universe. how it is. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, and, and, and the Scooby-Doo gang, who are all like 15 or something, are all massive fans except for Fred. Um, I'm, I'm equally, glad you brought up the age because let's let's come back to that after. You oh yeah, 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 yeah. I know, I know what you're going to want to talk. <laughs> about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're on the way to Kiss World, and it. Meanwhile, at Kiss World, there's a little mystery unfolding because there's a witch lady who's who's terrifying the 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 people at Kiss World by shouting what sounds a lot like either give me Bob or give me fuck and you later find out was give me rock mm. <laughs> and 
so the Mystery Inc. are like, well, we're here to solve this mystery. And Kiss are like, well, did you know we're actually big mystery solvers yeah. and we don't need you? But they learn to get along. So the end of the cold open of this, the Kiss world manager is like, I'm going to get the hottest young mystery solvers on board. <laughs> and then after the cold open, we see the mystery gang show up and we're like, well, clearly these are the hottest young mystery solvers on mm. board. And then they we find out, no, they're actually not there because they were called. They're there because they're big Kiss fans. And then they're like, well, who's the hottest mystery <laughs> solver which turns out to be kissed themselves so this setup that was clearly written to signpost the mystery <laughs> gag is not only not referring to them but it's referring to the subject matter of the theme park itself what a massive coincidence <laughs> <laughs> like the the guy calling the head of kiss world never put two and two together that yeah yeah the band were the same group as the mystery solvers <laughs> Yeah, so they all kind of split up and go looking for this movie. Shaggy and Scooby, in their trademark ways, get themselves into a little bit of trouble with this crimson witch. And they get saved by Kiss, who have superpowers. They are extra-dimensional entities with superpowers. Just like in real life. Just like in real life. And they come from a dimension called like kistopia or something um, where everyone and i thought this was a nice touch if you're going to claim that your band are actually interdimensional aliens everyone from their home dimension (laughs) wears the makeup so it's like it's not part of the band they're just four people from this dimension where this is very (laughs) hysteria Kisteria, sorry. Yeah, and speaking of Kisteria, they eventually put together that this Crimson Witch is after the Rock of Kisteria, which cover stories would suggest that that was a, a sort of commemorative fake black diamond <laughs> that was given to them by the city of Detroit for writing the song Detroit Rock City. But in fact, it's actually a real diamond that was made by music in order to stop <laughs> another world entity called the Destroyer and trap him in what I think was a volcano. so for reasons extremely unclear to me they get shaggy and scooby to act as bait to trap this crimson witch by just giving them the real rock and letting them out just just letting them out (laughs) then it goes wrong and the witch gets it goes through a portal to go awaken the destroyer so so kids activate their floating guitar shaped space ship mm-hmm. and summon a wormhole of their own going through it while shaggy and scooby are being attacked by the crimson witch to the tune of i was made for loving you <laughs> um which is a good song i'd say that's probably the only kiss song that i really like we we will talk about that <laughs> <laughs> yeah they get to um the Kisteria. they meet some of the other kiss people <laughs> i guess Kisterians. yeah people who live on kisteria lane that was a desperate housewives uh reference for you aj oh thank you i'll put that <laughs> in my pocket for later <laughs> yeah they come up with the plan to use their superpowers to fight the bad guy um so they 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 have a big fight out to try to get the rock back but they fail and the destroyer is awakened so then they you know they get velma's rational thinking mind to be like well if if rock is what put him away in the first place more rock could destroy the right on velma she's 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 got that that metal spirit and they so the rock go back to the other dimension our dimension 
because this takes place in the in a realistic yeah, world yeah. that we take part in. Well, there's there's three dimensions. There's the there's Kisteria, There's our real world dimension where we're recording this podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's the dimension where Kiss is super popular in 2015. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they go back to that one and play a free rock concert so that the power of rock those levels are you know nigh unimaginable mm. while while the humans the mortal humans get back in the kiss spaceship and try and lure the destroyer into i guess close enough to the portal because he never really comes through but i guess just close mm. enough to the portal that the power of rock can destroy him and then the power of rock destroys him while what? all of the other all the other Mr. Ink guys are kind of put into a coma. Mm. And when they wake up, they do the whole, oh, that was a dream. This is Scooby-Doo bit. And it's revealed that the Crimson Witch was actually head of security to Lila Domino. <laughs> and then it turns out, no, that it all did happen. And Kiss do have superpowers. Scooby-Doo. So I guess they framed <laughs> Delilah Domino. <laughs> well, I guess, I guess both could be true, but Scooby-Doo do this thing where they will face the characters with undeniable uh, interdimensional or magical odds. And then it'll be like, it was a projector <laughs> that was hidden yeah. in something you absolutely could have noticed in the heat of the moment, yeah. but did it. And in this, yeah, it's claimed that the, the gas that the Scarlet Witch or whatever her name is, was uh, letting off was actually a hallucinogen uh, that made everyone think that they went to another dimension. Um, yeah. so, so the just to clarify on the yeah you're right the Delilah Domino was the crim- Crimson Witch in the real world there may have been two witches that like it's possible that there's a real one who wants to use the the rock of Kisteria to unlock the Destroyer and to the to Delilah Domino it was just a priceless diamond and wanted it for monetary reasons i will say it's interesting like watching along these films and trying to work out the mystery i think this one made a very fatal mistake so um paula peretti <laughs> i think plays the um paula Perrette, who's from ncis she's abby shooter on ncis i like her as an actress she doesn't have the most amazing range as a voice actor and there's a scene where like back to back you hear the crimson witch and her like it's, it's separate scenes it cuts from the hit right. Delilah Domino talking, then cuts to the Crimson Witch talking. I was like, that's the same voice. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't know that. So I worked that. it out very so, quickly. Yeah. I didn't notice that either. Wow, clearly this film is too smart for you and I, Carlisle, but not smart enough for Richard. <laughs> it's to get up pretty early in the morning to get one over on old Richard. Richard, you should, you should rent a van and go around solving mysteries. Yeah, just be like, same voice, same voice actress. I know who's who's behind the mask. Yeah. <laughs> um, one thing one thing I'd like to talk about here uh, that we mentioned before is, Carlisle, Richard and I have been having maybe one of the most, like, dicey ongoing conversations throughout, <laughs> throughout these ten, okay. tens of hours. We basically, we talked for quite a long time about how um, and one of them, Daphne, is seen in several bikinis and other ones you see her in, like, really sexy clothing. And we we wax lyrical about how fucking sexy Daphne is. And then, I think... And then you come on our podcast and tell us she's 15. <laughs> well, you're not the only one to, to bring that up. Other people have brought that up, and I think we've we've discussed it as well, that, that sometimes the age is specified or alluded to, and sometimes it's not. But this is the first one. Yeah. Where 
so Daphne is a big fan of one of the Kiss members, like uh, the Star, the star Child. Star Child. Yes. And Star Child, they are f- whose real name is Paul Stanley. They are flirting throughout this whole thing like it is no one's business. At the end, they even share a kiss. No yep. pun intended. Now, I think you intended that pun. Is he, this for, for the record? While recording this, he is, was sixty-three. <laughs> okay. The is, this, is this a this this whole thing we're talking about about how like the ages of the characters fluctuates depending on what they need them to do in the episode or the movie itself or is this a realistic depiction of the fact that aging rock stars will fuck anyone without asking how old they are first? <laughs> <laughs> I've been thinking about this a lot. Mm. As as a rock star who's getting a bit long in the tooth, <laughs> as, as as a budding rock star, I want to know just how far I can go. But there's, <laughs> there's, I kind of there's like three ways to think about this, mm. where it's like one, you take it at kind of li- literally based on everything you know about the characters, and in that, yeah, Paul Stanley, who is now seventy, sixty three at the time, Daphne. It's often not really specified, but she's generally between like thirteen and sixteen, so somewhere in that range. I, I, th- the only time I think we've heard their age actually being said was seventeen. Okay, so thirteen and eighteen then. Um, that way it looks terrible. It looks really bad, <laughs> and um, it's like a concerted effort on Paul Stanley's part because, like, it, you see the band in a huddle at one point, and mm. he's like, "I'm making my moves on the blonde." <laughs> so it's like the a movie-wide thing. There is no blonde. Well, Fred's the blonde. There would have been a whole nother conversation. <laughs> <laughs> the other way to look at it is, you're like, you look at a kind of, I don't know, the 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 best version of these characters. So you can say, well, maybe this isn't set w- literally today. It's set when kiss were huge mm-hmm. um even so then she'd be even younger <laughs> she, well that's the thing yeah if if you're setting sort of like when when the scooby-doo like came out in like original mystery incorporated tv series mm. they were i'm pretty sure like 13 mm. um so that's even worse because then they're probably late 20s early 30s and she's like 13 yeah. or you could look at it like they are extra-dimensional aliens, mm-hmm. and none of this means anything to them. They don't abide by our human morals, and it would be silly to teach it to them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who's um, gonna who's gonna convict them? Yeah, <laughs> interesting. I'd like to see you try. This is this was a, this was Paul Stanley making a challenge to any authority to try and convict him on this. <laughs> it's it's just so funny. Like obviously the real answer, right, is they don't want you to think about it, and you want to, they want yeah. you to think that everyone is this amalgus age of consent that's it's all fine but even then even then it is a rock star a person of influence like being like millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from noom like evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds salads generally for most people are the easy button right for me that wasn't an option I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hold up. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Yeah, this chick's a fan of me. I'm going to have my way with her. And it's, I'm going to fucking mech on yeah. her. And, and that still in itself is still, I think, an ever so slightly outdated way of looking at, at this sort of situation as well. Certainly not as bad if a consenting fan wishes to um, sow their royal oats with a, a famous rock star. Mm. But uh, yeah. Yeah. So I want to talk about the band Kiss. Because you mentioned Carlisle, you're not a fan of theirs. I I messaged AJ while watching this film and said, do you want to know a fun fact about Kiss? They suck. Um, <laughs> so, and AJ, you didn't even know any Kiss songs. Well, I knew them now that I've heard the, the, movie, the movie started. I was like, do I know any Kiss songs? And then like, I can't remember what they are now, but a couple I of them was play. Made for yeah, I know that one. There's one about rocking a city or something that I think I recognize. <laughs> Get up, everybody. What's the first one that played in the opening credits? Rock and roll all night. I knew rock and roll all night. Because that, one, that one's used as like the title sequence, yeah, yeah. and I was really disappointed when it wasn't um, like a scuba-fied version. I thought I was so, really too. looking forward oh, to yeah. like, yeah. Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Bow, 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 <laughs> i think aj you probably had a similar realization i think a lot of people come to it's like i i remember a, a time when i was like i don't think i know any kiss songs and then i found out that i was made for love and, you, and i was like oh my god this is like this fucking yeah, you know yeah. the, the 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 war paint the demon yeah. this like the greatest metal band of all time <laughs> and i was like this is the wimpiest song i've ever heard <laughs> like <laughs> that's the fuck yeah. see it's hard for me to like kiss songs because kiss themselves suck yeah like they're yeah. they're annoying people especially gene simmons yeah um, absolutely. <laughs> but um like one thing they'll do is they'll be like rock is dead no one was making real rock anymore you were a fucking pop band okay yeah. <laughs> and there's no shame in that but stop pretending yeah, right. you weren't yeah. well, it's they're still called like a metal band like yeah it's insane it's, it's crazy <laughs> yeah and I'll say it. I'm while while we're while we're dumping on Kiss, I'll say it. Of all the makeup, I reckon the cat one looks stupid and off brand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they it's, it's do so the cat stupid. one. The, the other ones are like they, as you say, it looks like war paint. The cat one yeah. looks like you've dressed up for a birthday party. It's the worst <laughs> one. Yeah. So you've got yeah the the Star Child, the Demon, the Spaceman, and the Cat Man. <laughs> so stupid. It is quite stupid. Gene Simmons just went through a phase for a while of just saying an awful thing and then another awful thing and then another awful thing and his publicist being like, would you shut the fuck <laughs> up for a second? Um, probably the worst of which was seemingly unprompted. Hey, if you think you have like suicidal thoughts or something, just kill yourself. Don't go out online and be like, oh, I need to say all, all your music saved me. Just kill yourself. Shut up. 
that was a thing he said. It's very rock and roll of him. Let's chuck that yeah. in the out of context quotes on the Discord as well. <laughs> yeah, I, I, but the thing about so the thing about Kiss is like going into this film, I was like, Kiss suck. Their songs suck. And then every time one of the Kiss songs started, and like the riff would come in, and the verse would start, I was like. <sighs> do I like this song? Fuck. <laughs> yeah. And then it would get to the chorus and then the rest of the song is just them repeating two lines and every Kiss yeah. song is like that. And I was like, no, I don't like Kiss songs. But I will say though that the sequence where the, the Mystery Inc. gang are escaping from Kisteria in the spaceship while Kiss are putting on a performance to destroy the Destroyer with the power of rock and they're playing Detroit Rock City as you know, like the Scooby gang yeah. are traveling through this like interdimensional wormhole is not only the fucking coolest thing we've seen in this entire <laughs> franchise it might be one of the best sequences i've ever seen in an animated movie <laughs> wow, <laughs> like, i was really like around on this yeah i was like and because and the song like fit it and i was like it made me like the song more it made me like the movie more and i was just like god damn that is it a made you fucking like cool more. scene um, yeah. we, we just talked, the previous one before this was them ex- escaping the moon while it exploded. And I said, like, this is easily the most extraordinary thing that'll ever happen to these yeah. characters. I guess that's been blown out the window now by um, <laughs> looking back Going on your life. another dimension. Like, yeah, we once escaped um, back in from a trans-dimensional wormhole with the band Kiss uh, flying on a, a guitar-shaped <laughs> uh, spaceship. I guess that is more incredible than going to the moon. Mm. I, yeah i i largely agree with you richard that kiss songs are, by and large aren't good and aren't interesting and most of them aren't even rock which mm. again isn't a bad thing but just the way they dress them up like they are the epitome yeah. of rock one of them is them's so dressed weird. as a little kitty cat i don't think that is the epitome <laughs> of rock <laughs> but um yeah i think the way all of the kiss songs are used in this perhaps with the exception of rock and roll all night they're all used really well mm. I think like when they're going, I can't remember what so- what song it is, but there's a song in the beginning where Shaggy and Scooby are running away from the Crimson Witch, and they like go on like a log flume ride in in Kiss World. Shout it out, loud. shout it out loud. That one's used quite well. I was made for love and news used quite well, and as I said at the end, Detroit Rock City is used mm. excellently. Did you notice the one new song that Kiss wrote and performed for the film? I did. AJ, I, did, I did you notice a real this? Deep dive into uh, this. I had no idea. <laughs> Tell me. Um, so at the start, when when Fred says. I hate Kiss. The only band I like is the Ascot Five. And he puts on a song and it goes, Don't touch my Ascot. Don't do-. That's Kiss. Don't oh, touch my that's Ascot. That's actually very funny. Don't pug my yeah, that, Ascot. That is like- <laughs> that's great. That's great. You can't have my Ascot because, girl, it's mine. <laughs> that song is... So here's a funnier thing. Yeah. Okay. The last Kiss single... <laughs> was released in January of 2015. This film came out in July of 2015. <laughs> the, the last released Kiss song is Don't Tug My Ascot by the Ascot 5. <laughs> Which is a banger, by the way. That's It's, it's also the best Kiss song. Go listen to it if you listen to this. Yeah. That is so fucking funny. Yeah. They've released things since then, but they're all like compilations yeah, or like live you, things. There's or... a, a Wikipedia page list of songs recorded by Kiss and you sort by <laughs> date and the last one is Don't Touch My Ascot. That's so good. That's so good. This song before that, they did two... Um, yeah, it looks like they did too, like a collaboration with um, a Japanese band. 
Japanese idol group. That's not very fucking rock and roll, is it, Kiss? <sighs> Kiss are hanging weird, out man. with Japanese people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is really funny. Thank you for pointing that out. Um, <laughs> Carlisle, yeah, they um, they suck, man. <laughs> That's, yeah, like that. Just the like. It's really funny when they didn't really do anything after this film came out. Yeah, me. right. It's yeah. not it's not like a tie-in or anything. Yeah. That this film is about yeah. how fucking immensely popular Kiss are. And mm. I was talking to Chris about this and he he did point out to me that like this doesn't make it make sense, but there was a time where like maybe this could just a bit accurate. Like they were fucking huge yeah. they were the biggest thing and that must do something to your ego oh, <laughs> you can just like, exist yeah, yeah. in a world where that's who, always who true who approached who i think is the question did yeah. did kiss approach the scooby-doo studios or did scooby-doo like oh we need to get kiss on board unfortunately i don't <laughs> think there's much information about that mm. um i couldn't find anything but i i shall continue to look i um i will say though that um Beth by Kiss is a good song. I don't know it. So it's like it's like their their first sort of piano ballad, but it's um it was their biggest commercial hit in the states. They um but yeah, like the the, the whole thing about Kiss is like yeah this um, this huge iconography, and I I don't think I've met any people that are like fans of their music, but I can understand people that are just fans of like the mythos of Kiss and sure. like having like, um, I stayed at the Rio when I was in Las Vegas recently and that had like a Kiss memorabilia museum. It had like Kiss mini golf and like, and I, I think probably mini golf. one of those things that like Kiss is, it was just, they gave themselves a super iconic look and were willing to just plaster that on anything. And so I think that they became the symbol of just like, the idea of rock and roll and so you know for yeah. like an entire decade because they started in like the early 70s i'm glad you brought up um the idea that there was you know kiss being plastered on bloody anything because that's uh, a running joke yeah. in this film, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. kiss's manager keeps selling uh merch of any kind of thing but it's got a kiss stamp on it and this joke annoys me for a couple of reasons <laughs> they do it way too many fucking times for one like it gets old but the second part is you can't be this cynical and self-referential about this like it isn't your actual I, yeah i, I had the same thought i had the same thought actually your business model yeah i don't i yeah. actually thought it was, it was less aware than how you're putting it carlisle i think that kiss signed off on these jokes because to them this is what being a rock star is and that cynicism and that sort of like consumerist bent to it goes over their heads i don't think they realize it i think they just saw it as like yeah that's what it's like being an incredibly rich and successful rock star yeah kiss have appeared in what's new scooby-doo i was about before, to ask so. that yeah 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 but yeah i mean maybe they're just friends with the mystery uh, yeah i can i can imagine that kiss approached scooby-doo yeah for two reasons i feel like they probably had something of an idea of this plot because it makes kiss come across just so well <laughs> yeah. except for you know the whole daphne thing um yeah, maybe the worst way you could come across yeah <laughs> Not a fan of them as people or as musicians particularly. Pretty good voice actors. Yeah. I, yeah, I reckon. Yeah, right. I think they did a yeah, good, good job. Good on them. Good on Let's start to yeah. saying things we like about Kiss. Well, I think that's <laughs> the thing about Kiss is that, like, 
yeah i mean they marketed the hell out of themselves like the the designs of kiss are based on comics by jack kirby um that kiss appeared in and i believe um put their own blood into the red ink that was used to print the comic books or like a certain (laughs) run of the comic books that's so unsafe yeah so if you want a little bit of kiss you gotta (laughs) buy that specific run oh do you well i'll get in on this i was i was in on it before you (laughs) this is this is this is how we start every episode of a podcast for everyone. Mm, just a big, wet one. Um, All right, should we just warm up our vocal cords? <laughs> <laughs> there is one good use of that merchandising joke, I think. Well, when it kind of starts, you're like, that's a bit funny. And then like the ninth time, you're like, shut the fuck up, please. But one time that I was kind of getting bored of it um, and I enjoyed it was uh, Scooby and Shaggy are out and they use some Kiss branded smelling salts to wake them up <laughs> and then they don't even work. That's quite funny. That is funny. <laughs> so now it's like now they're okay with making fun of themselves. <laughs> yeah. Um, Carlisle, I, I believe you took some notes during your watch. Is there any that you um, feel oh, worthy have a, sharing have with a us? Have look through. Because we will be judging them. And if you don't have any more notes, I do have a a question to ask you. Okay. Well, there's a kind of running conflict between Kiss's tour manager and the theme park manager. Mm. And it's a point of contention that, that, you know, the the tour manager wants Kiss World to shut down. So the the gang are often pinning things on him because he's like, well, he stands to benefit. And the reason he wants them to shut down is because when Kiss are on tour, he can sell merchandise. And that's the most confusing thing to me. Like, you couldn't sell Kiss merchandise at the Kiss theme park? What are you (laughs) fucking talking about? I do want to say on the, um, the who you mentioned the um the theme park manager is like voiced by this very old man and yeah. oh my god like i can't tell if it's a great performance or not but there's yeah. <laughs> it's summed up right at the end of the film when it's revealed who <laughs> the, um, the the crimson witch is and he's like i know it i did and i just want to sound smart <laughs> speaking of, of voice acting as well um uh jason muse and kevin smith play characters in this film i don't know yeah. who but they were in the credits as worker one and worker two at the, the very start of the film when there's the two guys repairing the ride ah. um because the camera keeps ah, catching right. the crimson witch that's jay and silent bob nice nice wow uh carlisle i have a deeply personal question to ask you and i know this is a podcast and this is going out into the world um and so you might not want to answer it but i really want you to consider answering it before you immediately write it off. you know what i i've been ignoring your dms for long enough that i'm just going to tell you it's four inches i'm not proud of it (laughs) no 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 my question for you carlisle is when's your birthday my birthday is in 1997 mm-hmm. is there is there tie-in merch to this uh, no, no not we, exactly. want you, we want the date we don't need the year you didn't need to out yourself okay. how fucking young you are bro 1997 <laughs> of course he doesn't appreciate you're, you're, how old is that that makes you what <laughs> 25 that makes me 25 fucking hell i thought we were talking to an adult richard you didn't tell me he was 25 <laughs> i'm kidding i'm kidding uh when's what's the date what's the date of your birthday 19th of june 19th of june carlisle we've uh what we've done is we have collated when every episode of scooby-doo aired the date 
like any TV show or okay. TV shows and found the monster that debuted or was featured in oh, that episode. Yes. Okay. We're calling it the Scooby-Doo villain horoscope. So we're hoping that the villain we tell you debuted closest to your birthday or on your birthday will resonate with you in some deeply spiritual way. Okay. So mm. the 19th of June, we have got for you, what is the closest to the 19th of June? Uh, you have got the Scarecrows from Be Cool Scooby-Doo Season 1, Episode 21, Eating Crow. Does that... <laughs> Does that work? Well, what it depends. Is that is that from a Scooby Doo continuity where the monsters are all real, or is that a guy or several people pretending to be scarecrows? And it, what would determine to me if it resonates with me is like what crime they were covering oh, up. God, like, is it one I can get on board with? I I think it was pedophilia. <laughs> okay, yeah, no, I I totally. That's, Do you know what? That, I've just googled it. Doesn't look Speaking doesn't look unlike your vibe. The, the scarecrows. <laughs> what a great thing to say after I just said Scooby-Doo. <laughs> There's a bit in, in Scooby-Doo and Kiss where uh, Starman's talking about his fantastic eye that can see everything. That's his superpower. Mm. And he says it puts the X in X-ray suggestively at Daphne and then winks. And... Did that fucking mean anything to you guys? Because the only thing I can think of is the sexual connotations of the letter X. Yeah, like X rated. Um, I hated it. I've found a um, a TV time like message board for the Eating Crow episode that Carlisle used. Exciting. Um, it has two comments. One says, loved this episode. The other one just says, poor Velma. Also, ooh. <laughs> I can tell you the plot synopsis of Eating Crow. I found it on Wikipedia. The okay. gang goes to a farm where Fred develops a crush on Beth, a fucking kiss song, right? Wow, um, yeah. A farmer's daughter. When a living scarecrow appears... All people called Beth are a reference to that kiss song. Yeah. <laughs> when a living scarecrow appears, Fred tries to impress Beth by, by with his mystery-solving skills while Velma gets severe hay allergies and Daphne begins hoarding animals as pets after becoming, of, becoming <laughs> jealous of Shaggy and Scooby's relationship. The scarecrows are <laughs> revealed to be Old Tom and Jonathan. Um, and the chase scene song... Here we go, I've got a song, is Old mm-hmm. Stomping Grounds by Adam Levin, James Barrion, and Lewis Castle. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of Be Cool Scooby-Doo references here. This episode actually aired after the Kiss movie we just talked about, so there you go. Oh, nice. Yeah. From Be Cool Scooby-Doo, which we were just talking about, is where they look fucked up. Uh, all right, well, we've got one last game to play with you, Carlisle, on this beautiful okay. Kiss episode. We have been making a leaderboard um, of with all our guests, and what it's called, we're calling it the Scooby-Doo Impressions Leaderboard. So in a moment, oh, fuck. I'm going to ask <laughs> you to do your best Scooby-Doo impression. In a moment, not right now. And then... After we do, after you do that, Rich and I will grade it out of three. If we think it's good enough, we will ask you to perform your best Shaggy impression, and then we'll grade that out of three. And then, if you're still going strong, we will ask you to perform any Hanna Barbera or Scooby Doo character impression, and we'll grade that out of three for a possible nine points. The highest currently is at eight point five. So. You can, you, if you can ace it, then you'll be at the top. I will not reach that far. I am bad at this exactly. <laughs> All right. So can you give us a Scooby-Doo impression? 
Reggie? That was pretty fucking good. That was fantastic. That was a three. That was a Scooby Three, I think. Yeah, that's an easy Scooby Three. Woo! Okay, can you give us a Shaggy impression? Like, ma'am. <laughs> I reckon maybe a two. What do you think, Richard? Uh, I I, I want to give you. Like, I want to. No, well, we made Reese um go to us for the first one. I yeah yeah. I reckon a one point five. One point five. Fair enough. All right, and finally, any any Hanna Barbera character you can. All right, see. gang, let's split up and look for clues. Me and Daphne will go upstairs while you guys go down to the basement. Don't come upstairs where me and Daphne are going to be alone. <laughs> We're looking for clues. Just leave us there by ourselves. It's an absurdly good Fred. I think that's a three. Was it Fred? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm going to give you uh, full three points for Scooby and Fred interestingly played by the same voice actor so presumably you're mm. just you oh, could replace I never Frank that. Welker as the voice of Scooby and Fred um, for a total of uh, 7.5 is your final score um, which is a pretty good score dude well it's pretty good uh, it puts That's, where does that where does that let's put find me? out it puts you Oh, fucking hell. What just happened? I was made for loving you, baby. Equal with Alastair Tremblay Birchall in, what is that, Richard? That's uh, third place or fourth place because it's equal. Uh, do you want me to pull up the, the list well? As well, they're both <laughs> in third place, so does that make them both yeah, fourth They're third place? equal. They're third equal, okay. And nice. then the next person is in fifth place. Ah, oh, okay. Thank you. Yeah, well done, Carlisle. And that's that's probably all we need to talk about when it comes to Scooby-Doo versus Kiss or whatever the fuck this movie was called. Um, what, <laughs> what, what other band would you like to see Scooby-Doo and the gang interact with? Mm. Uh, I mean, there's a... <laughs> so I'm trying to... You say that and my mind goes, oh, what are all the, like, you know, big concept bands? Mm. And, like, none of them are appropriate for this children's I would medium. Say I'm a huge fan of... I, yeah, well, well they're more wussy. appropriate than Slipknot, yeah, Slipknot or right. Sleep Token, Cannibal Corpse. I would Gwar. say, yeah, I, I would, would say like really Iron funny. Maiden is another one that's probably about the same. Yeah, like I could, I could see them interacting with Eddie, the like Iron Maiden's uh, mascot. Yeah, I mean they they have run into Simple Plan. They did the theme song for What's New Scooby Doo and then appeared in an yep. episode. And they have songs in both of the live action yeah, yeah. Scooby Doo movies that are written just for those movies. Yeah. Um, AJ, what about you? Uh, I would like to see um, me without you, <laughs> uh, Scooby Doo, <laughs> meet up with uh, one um, Busted. <laughs> Speaking mm. of, uh, <laughs> I'd love to see you, that. Too. You're quite intimate with with the band Busted, aren't you, Carlisle? Can you plug your podcast? <laughs> yeah, we fuck on the reg. <laughs> <laughs> Is that your plug? <laughs> <laughs> Just cut the episode there. Just, just uh, yeah. Um, so if you, well, I'll, I'll say if if what you liked most about me being here was the the music, um, mm. then check out me on on Spotify. I'm mm. Carla Laurent. If if what you liked was my insane cutting wit, <laughs> uh, check out my role playing podcast called Dice So Nice. I said dice twice with my two friends while we try out a different game every episode. I love that. And title. if your favorite thing about That's this was such that, a good title. thank you. <laughs> And if your favorite thing about this was that Richard was involved, then listen to the podcast we have together, which is called A Podcast for Everyone, where we analyze the lyrics of British pop rock band Busted uh, and fold them into a narrative. Mm. 
Very funny show. I've been on it a few times. You can even find one of the episodes in our feed if you look hard enough. It was a mm. while ago now, but it is there. Okay. <laughs> um, thank you so much, Carlisle, for coming on the show. Thank you for having and me. And please wish us luck as we uh, trudge forth into the the wild Scooby <laughs> Yonder. Our next film is called Scooby Doo. Lego Scooby Doo. Lego Scooby Doo. <laughs> I forgot there were Lego. <laughs> There's two Lego ones. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, fuck. how many have you done? Thirty-three. Uh, this is thirty-three. Um, kiss, thirty-three. Kisses. How many are left? Uh, fourteen. Fourteen. <laughs> fourteen. That's almost like three franchises worth of films. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's nothing. Well, best of luck. I think boys. the fact that we've been breaking them into threes is so easy to get through. Well, I'm glad you're having an easy time, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> I have a full-time job. It's not been easy. <laughs> we got a mystery to solve and the mystery is why did they make the monsters real and fuck up the franchise how much more can we take this podcast was a fucking mistake every single member of the cult elders directly pays for my suffering well, AJ, it's been a hot goddamn minute oh, since we've god. been recording. Oh god, why do we do this? Why, why do we do, we this, do this to ourselves? This We're such silly boys. Um, for you at home listening, it has been seamless from when we last recorded with Carlisle, Carlisle to now. <laughs> that wasn't you forgetting Carlisle's name. That was, we haven't recorded in so long, we can't remember mm. who the last guest was. Yeah, so it's... It's been over a week, I think, since we last recorded for this episode. And yeah, there was like a nice week of my life where I didn't watch any Scooby-Doo films. But I will say, I went back and I revisited parts of Scooby-Doo and Kiss Rock and Roll Mystery quite a few times. I, I've really, that film's really grown on me and... I I've put it right up at the top of my ranking, or near the top, I should say, not at the top. And yeah, good uh, good movie there. Well, I'm glad that happened to you. Um, for me, I've had nothing but a negative experience with this whole thing. I think that uh, it's it feels more dangerous to have given ourselves a semblance of a break, and we didn't necessarily do it intentionally. It was all to do with like when certain guests were available and not wanting to like preemptively watch the movie and then forget about it when we had to talk about it. But mm-hmm. like Barbie, Barbie again to compare to Barbie, the one thing I know how to do comparing to Barbie is like we just did that all in one lump and it was over and it was ripping a, a very long band aid off. <laughs> but this, this to return to Scooby Doo after already having watched over thirty of them. Mm. And then returning to them and knowing that it wasn't over. It's still got so much longer to go. Mm. Like, we are almost approaching the point in just a few movies but, time where yeah. we will have equaled Barbie. And I feel so different to Barbie. I feel like Barbie felt like a marathon. This feels like the rest of my life, Richard. It feels like Scooby-Doo movies are just something I've adopted into my daily life. and that Yeah, it's just every, something you have every, to factor in, like going to the bathroom. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And I wish I could say that like, I had a um, pleasant week not watching Scooby-Doo's. 
I had a miserable week. I've been miserable all week. And you missed Scooby Doo. I I get maybe that's the problem, but watching Scooby Doo didn't feel like medicine. It felt like salt on the wound that is my sad little life. Wow. Well, speaking of your sad little life, mm. it, it, we've we've had a few storylines running through this episode, and you know, like I said, for the people at home, it won't be this, but this is the longest we've gone without an update. So. I don't know, your glasses, you have COVID. I, uh, no, I updated the glasses. I told everyone I had a, a tear in my retina, didn't I? Mm, I think so, yeah. Feels that so was only a couple, couple movies back, I think. Right, so so no updates on that? And yeah, you never came down with COVID? No, I never had COVID. The glasses, I bought glasses online and they're on their way. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's just this fucking Scooby Doo has just been this spectre, this 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 Scooby Doo monster, this Mark Spectre. Who's mm. that? Uh, he was the character, the character in Moon Knight. Oh, why'd you? What? Well, it's because you, you said Spectre. You know, and do you then... just do you just bring up any character that has the surname of a word that gets spoken in conversation? Yeah, I I feel like that was pretty clear as my intention there but where's the motivation is what i'm asking like do does does someone does someone go like oh this guy's a bit of a prat and you're like chris, chris pratt. pratt i just what you think doing? aj you're backing up my point as to how funny that is to do that i don't think it's funny like don't give the audience an example of you know doing something else hilarious you I know if, if i was to donate to a charity You'd be like, oh, so you would just donate thousands of dollars to the SPCA. And I would be like, yeah. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? You're the one who focused on this Mark Spector gag. You're the one who said it. it wasn't, it's not a gag. It's not motivated by anything. Well, I would I Well, I think that... What, how, how, how deep are we into the podcast by this point? Probably approaching oh, 18 hours. I haven't been editing length. it either. That I, I think, it. who given, are you to talk about a lack of motivation? You're right. What's your motivation for doing this Scooby-Doo episode, AJ? just want people to like me. Well, it's not working, is it? No. You've made me like you less, your best friend in the whole world. And now I, fe- I feel personally attacked by you. So you you really it's it's a net loss for friendships and people liking you and doing this endeavor, isn't it? And all you had to do was say, "Huh, that's the guy from Moon Knight." What a fun observation! You're making me so angry. <laughs> <laughs> so the segment of the podcast is on Lego Scooby Doo Haunted Hollywood. We're now diving deep into the world of not Mega Blocks but Lego. It's interesting, isn't it? That Barbie, I feel like, was just every movie was another Barbie movie, but Scooby Doo is sprinkled with these format mm. breaks that should be refreshing, but they're all bad. <laughs> all, the, all the format break ones are bad, except arguably the first two live action films. Well, and also I would say the Blue Falcon crossover was one of the better I ones. I guess so, but I still that's still like traditional animation. The yeah, the sure. puppet one, the live action prequels, right, right. the the Lego ones. None of these are scoring particularly high. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Scooby Doo list. So this is came out in 2016. This is directed by Rick Morales. And fun fact: if we did Scooby Doo as the first episode of film franchise Fortnite's, 
this would be where the episode ends. That is a fun fact. Mm. So this is Do the you... last film to come out before the podcast started is another way of wording that. Right. Um, and have you looked into how many Lego movies there are? Like if we did the Lego franchise right. for film franchise Fortnites, would we rewatch this one? We rewatched Spider-Man uh, Homecoming when we did Spider-Man after the MCU. Well, yeah. Yeah, I did say you know? that I did that, didn't I? I, I like, I'm, I don't know if there's a Lego... Like, I looked it up once, yeah. but I can't remember what the answer was. Yeah, because you talk about like... You know, obviously, there's the spin-offs of the Lego Movie franchise, which is Lego Movie, Lego yeah, Batman, Lego Ninjago, ones. and Lego Movie Part Two. But then mm. there's other ones like this that it's. I'm not sure there's like a collated list properly anywhere. Mm. Mm, let me just scroll down. Yeah, no, I, I ain't. I well, ain't seen it. I I do want to talk about the Lego aspect of it because. Well, I think it's stupid. Well, I want to say what what's it about first, and then <laughs> oh, what's it about? So, what's it called? They go to Hollywood. They they yeah, it's win. called they go to Hollywood. They, they, they strangely win. didn't even put Scooby Doo in the title, <laughs> or the fact or Lego. That, or Lego, yeah. They win a trip to Hollywood, and they go to Hollywood where they discover that the the like studio lot that they're hanging out on is being haunted by someone dressing up as the characters of this Boris Karloff analog, mm. uh, and they're trying to work out who's done it. And there's you know the there's this spooky well it's not really spooky but the the well, not for me like, I'm fine no, no, I don't even mean that I just <laughs> I said the wrong word the studio is about to be sold off which you know spurs all kinds of uh, motivations or motives for why someone might be attacking people dressed up who does it end up being i can't remember it ends up being uh, atticus fink is the headless horseman who wants to scare everyone away so that chet would sell the movie to him and then unrelated to this there is also a character previously only known as junior is actually revealed to be boris karnak jr the son of boris car the boris karloff analog who just wants to bring back his father's movies and make like classic horror cool again yeah because the studio has been getting into is trying to make a rom-com mm. and he doesn't like that because yeah. he's like no rom-coms aren't as good rom-coms are for girls and i am a boy <laughs> correct yeah th- th- this is this is what i wanted to talk about is speaking of motivations mm. wh- why is this lego why is this lego great question uh, I don't know. I don't. It doesn't. It, the only way, the only way it embraces being Lego is when like Scooby Doo will crash into a building or whatever. Like it falls apart into Lego pieces. But that's only because like that's that's something you do after you've already decided it's Lego. Yeah, they didn't picture. Oh, if only there was a way to. We have yeah. this great idea for a set piece uh, where yeah. the whole building comes crashing down. But it'd be too depressing yeah. if it was a real building. Yeah. And but the the worst thing of all that I think is is like makes the whole Lego thing pointless is that like so all the main all the mystery gang are Lego figure what are they called minifigs mm. minifigures um and Scooby Doo because there's no like like house style for how they do animals in Lego he's just a like plasticky looking normal Scooby Doo so like your title character in your Lego rendition of your franchise just looks the same as he does anyway yeah but like if you were to actually buy 
the model like do you the, think the, that's the, the point that's what scooby-doo looks like in those sets i i know that but i'm saying like it makes sense to do lego star wars where a lot of the characters are lego versions of themselves i think it's slightly less interesting when your legoified ip just takes on a pretty much identical image. see i was about to say then ip my pants but yeah. then i was like you know he's gonna come at me for not being motivated he'll <laughs> he'll bust a fucking nut <laughs> so there was a 20 minute tv special called lego scooby-doo nighttime terror in 2015 which mm-hmm. predated this now i know what you're thinking aj well that's that's not a very fun or funny title what's the motivation you might be thinking well night in nighttime terror is actually spelt with a k oh my god it's, it's a classic shanghai noon shanghai nights kind of Kind of, or the you know. the first ever episode of Where Are You of Scooby Doo Where Are You mm. was called A Night for a Night. Yeah, so stick that in your motivational pipe and smoke it. Well, what's the motivation? What, is there a night in it? No, actually, they just thought it'd be funny. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is the, you're making a joke, but that's exactly the same thing you just did. <laughs> was just apropos of nothing, bringing up Moon Night, which is also a night. Ah, oh, so it was. So it, did, it was. It was. <laughs> all right, all is forgiven. So, all right. So this is also the in Be Cool Scooby Doo, which was the show running at the time. We Kate McCoochie took over Mindy Cohn as the voice of Velma. This is the first mm. non-TV show thing she voices Velma in, which is funny that it's the Lego one. Mm. But yeah, what did you think of Kate McCoochie? as i think she is a very natural fit for velma and it also got me thinking about how in a live action scooby-doo made today kate mccucci would potentially be quite a good cast for velma Mm. and then also um ricky lindholm would be a great velma a great daphne like Mm. garfunkel and oates would make a good velma and daphne that was my main thought the the voice actress behind daphne changes as well doesn't she they've got very similar names so i don't notice you're talking about gray griffin and gray de leslie two women named gray an incredibly uncommon name well i hate to break this to you aj but it's actually one woman named gray oh my god (laughs) what happened I, I she she may have got just got she turned into a griffin, um, but it's it's she, it's like gray or gray Delisle. Born, I think she's back to gray Delisle it, now though. It says just sometimes Uh-oh. credited as gray griffin. Oh, okay, and it's like yeah, she's also in uh, taken over Russie Taylor as the voice of Martin and Sherry and Terry after Ru- Russie Taylor died from from the Simpsons. Yeah. Oh right, I follow her on Twitter, and um, she was tweeting. She retweeted the fact that the Velma TV series, which she does not star in, is now the lowest rated series on IMDb mm. of all time. Um, which I thought was funny. That it's funny that there's no like contractual rules when you're part of a franchise to be like don't fucking make fun of mm. <laughs> our spin-off shows <laughs> yeah the do you know the game one two switch on on nintendo switch no it's the one that it was one of the big ones when the game first ca- uh, when the it was a launch title for the nintendo switch it's the one where you like you know stand with it at your side and you do the draw it's mm-hmm. like a bunch of mini games like that mm-hmm. it's gray gray delisle or gray griffin is the woman in the top right corner of the the uh, cover art for the game, but with her nose doctored to look slightly bigger than it is. Why? 
<laughs> I have no idea. What's the motivation? What's the motivation? <laughs> so she tweeted, so excited to be featured on the Nintendo Switch box. They photoshopped my nose a tad bigger than it is, but still a huge honor. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she's making a joke. Maybe she thinks her nose looks big. Yeah. And so she's saying like, yeah. yeah Sorry um, if you can hear the kindergarten child crying next door. I, I, I don't have a choice. I woke up this morning before the kindergarten opened and then um slowly i started hearing as the wind came through just the the laughter of children and it reminded me of that bit in mary poppins when he's like the wind's from the east and the wind's from the west something that's happened has happened before it's like something wicked this way comes kind of i don't know what i'm talking about so did you notice this was on scoobypedia did you notice this was on the sort of real world references the the a newspaper in this world is called the Lego News, and that actually alludes to the Lego world that they live in. Right. Did you pick up on that? No, that's interesting, though. That this mm. Is is this a parallel timeline then? Because we've got another Lego one coming up. Yeah. But did you... Yeah, did you did you wonder why it was called the Lego News then? No, I didn't notice it was called the Lego News. Right. Yeah, well, what it's called that at? because it's a Lego world that it's set in. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. I understand. Fred becomes a director in this movie. Yeah, and he has a funny line about how he can't be a director because he has no creative vision or original ideas, and I thought that was very funny. What do you think about that? I I feel seen by that. (laughs) Do you think that's an accurate critique of of why most people don't become famous directors? I think that the the idea is... like the, the, The joke is that because he says like no you're you're hired you're you're most directors don't and i think that it's funny that it's a criticism of there are plenty of directors in hollywood who don't have those things Hmm. what did you think of it right now that's an interesting way of looking at it i i guess like i thought it was just more rich intrigue into the character of fred jones a character who we started this podcast with a completely different opinion i think to how we're ending the podcast um because i just thought he was sort of a blank slate character but he's really coming to his own especially in lego form being slightly cocky slightly nerdy i i think that another way like uh the same sort of joke that they're going for here would be if fred was uh, like they said hey fred how would you like to become a police officer and he said i can't be a police officer i spook easily and i have incredible racial biases and they would say right. <laughs> no that's fine right. <laughs> right right or it could be if like he was like hey hey fred do you want to be a specter and he went oh mark specter <laughs> it could be like that joke that hilarious joke <laughs> i think you are way too hung up on this <laughs> i think that you know, no no one would have thought twice. You could have cut it out of the podcast and it would have made no difference. And now this part, now. <laughs> part four of the Scooby-Doo episode is going to be, oh, are you up to the Mark Spector part yet? <laughs> if you're in the Discord, last, on the Barbie episode, we gave people a password to say and you'd get a prize. <laughs> the first person in the, in the, on the Discord to say, are you up to the Mark Spector part yet? We'll get a prize. <laughs> <laughs> I think that the, that though, 
that's too like what if someone accidentally says specter and then someone obviously would just say mark specter because it's such a funny joke because it's such a funny thing to say <laughs> yeah. Do you know what, so i got real mad at someone one time for a very similar thing that you're getting mad about that she came up to me and she was like and this was like oh richard you're a funny guy you will mm. like this and and she was like it's too late to order fries and i and i was like what's the motivation of that she's like and she got real mad at me that it was like you're supposed to find this so funny i'm trying to impress you because you're like the funny guy and i am you know but a lowly peon that's not that's not not funny i'm i don't find it funny but i don't have any well but where's the motivation it. it rhymes and I guess I guess the, the 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 hang up I would have is in which context are you in in which it's too late to order fries? Exactly. If someone was like, "I'm going to order fries off Uber Eats," and they went and McDonald's was closed, and then they were like, "It's too late to order fries," I'd be like, "Very funny." Yeah, exactly. Or if you know you were like, "Oh, Timberland's face when he arrives just after closing," or yeah, right. But no, it was just she just came up to me and expected me to double over laughing. What she should have done is pitched it as like a song parody. Yeah. Hey, Richard, I've got an idea for a song parody. It's a parody of Apologize. It goes, it's too late to order fries. And then you could have workshopped it together. Mm. Because imagine if you're listening to a, a parody of, of Apologize and you didn't know what it was called and you get to that line. I actually think that that would make me laugh. <laughs> yeah. if, if, if like the setup was like you're heading to the McDonald's and it's closed and then that was the, the chorus, right. I think I would legitimately find that quite funny yeah what if it was just the normal apologize song but just that one line change no i wouldn't find that funny i'd find that incredibly frustrating (laughs) (laughs) oh food delivery oh yay thank you sweetie okay i didn't give you a new bowl that's all good do you want to say hi jess hi jess hi jess this is jess's first appearance on the scooby-doo episode Oh, very exciting. First She's like, you're probably. doing Scooby-Doo? <laughs> I haven't been invited back. Very rude. And I just bought yourself the drawers. Yeah, thank you. Bitch. Bye. Bye. Bye, AJ. Love you. Bye. Loves me. <laughs> Your fiance. Rot-ro, as Scooby-Doo would say. As Scooby-Doo would say, rot row. All right, well, I'm going to huck into these uh, sausage rolls. And do you want to... <laughs> do you want to mosey on down to the next film yeah all right i mean it, it feels like the lego scooby-doo movie should have more to talk about but i guess you could say that for well okay Scooby-Doo you're emceeing the next one so maybe you can motivate yourself a little bit more am i emceeing the next one yeah it's the next film after shaggy showdown oh the next lego movie i thought you were saying i'm emceeing um the next film we're about to watch you have some sausage roll pastry in your beard i know <laughs> we got a mystery to solve and the mystery is why did they make the monsters real and fuck up the franchise how much more can we take this podcast was a fucking mistake every single member of the cult elders directly pays for my suffering we're back and we're back moments ago richard is still eating sausage rolls i I, I assumed he would finish oh he's finished them okay i've got a bag of little um nice and natural oh i fucking love the natural 
gummy gems. I also God used to bring me this sparkling margarita alba. Uh-oh. It's like a new drink. Jess brought one home. They just she just wrapped on filming on a show. And part of the like thing, she got this like sparkling and I fucking love Lord knows I love a margarita. <laughs> And then I just saw on the table, I was like, can I have this? And Jess was like, yeah, sure. So I put it in the fridge and then waited a couple of hours. And then I was like, oh, can I have that? I might have that drink now. She was like, oh, like it was mine. You know, like I got it. I was like, okay, that's fine. When you have it, can I have a sip? Because I really want to try it. And that was like a week ago and she still hasn't opened it. And so on my way home from the movies this morning, I bought a 10-pack of them because I was like, you're taking too long. I want to try this. <laughs> so here we go. This is the first sip you're hearing. Okay. And it's fucking disgusting. Oh, oh, that's nice. What's it taste like? Margarita. It's interesting because it's like a sparkling one. And so normally, you know, your margarita would be... Um, either you know shaken or it would be frozen and i don't think i've ever had like a carbonated one but yeah it's interesting because it's got a bit of salt in it as well which i quite like i, I love a salty rim on my mm. on my uh margaritas i would actually not drink it if it wasn't carbonated i would find that revolting if it wasn't what if it wasn't carbonated interesting well i think like a canned drink you expect to be carbonated yeah exactly that's what i'm saying yeah well what i'm saying yeah is that sounds like we're saying the same thing yeah well so you you wouldn't drink a margarita just normally i probably would but that's served and and like feels fresh and stuff if it's a canned drink i would want it to be um carbonated is this Mm. good to talk about (laughs) yeah so do not it's better to talk about than scooby-doo and wwe curse of the speed demon also known as scooby-doo wrestlemania mystery 2 apparently it's come out in 2016 right. as well. Right, so this is the the follow-up. We should have had... Um, well, initially I was like, maybe we should have got Reese back on for uh, the sequel to the WWE episode. Uh, but sadly, this is a very strange direction to take mm. a WWE-paired uh, Scooby-Doo movie because this movie is about... Um, the there's like this rally there's this race that the wwe wrestlers do like ca- a car race mm. <laughs> like a monster truck race which is not real is not a real thing and it's not about wrestling it just stars wrestling but it's about a a like a rally scooby-doo <laughs> and the reluctant werewolf all over again it is i thought that while watching it, i was like this is like a new and improved scooby-doo and the reluctant werewolf because it essentially becomes wacky races by the end yeah yeah what is it about well, I just said it's wacky races. Okay, so I'm, I'm chowing down on these. So, who is probably... revealed to be the killer? Um, well, it's not the killer, is it? It's it's a, there's, so there's a speed demon who is sabotaging the race or whatever. Um, and it turns out that behind the speed demon is none other than um Stephanie Triple McMahon H and... and Stephanie McMahon, who are married, I think, in real life. Yeah. Um, I quite liked this. I quite like because one criticism I I have of the previous WWE movie is that the bad guy ended up being a fictional character invented for the the movie, and it's kind of like, oh, you cowards! You didn't want to like besmirch anyone's name by saying that they're the villain. Mm. Whereas this one is like, no, it's it's Triple H and Stephanie McMahon, and they go to prison at the end of it. <laughs> Steve, and was it, who's the? Is it Steve McMahon? 
Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon. He like um just disowns her. He's like, "Well, you deserve to go to jail." And I was like, "Wild, wild stuff. Yeah. Wild stuff, uh, especially coming from the the uh, monster himself, Vince McMahon, to yeah. be like." So the, their motive, just for the record, is you know a lot of talk about motivation in these last couple of segments, mm-hmm. but the the motivation is to win the race contest and make muscle motocross a huge success. Stephanie was also mad at her father for not letting her join the race. Right. Also, wouldn't let her be fucking CEO, so... Art imitates life. Mm. <laughs> Do you reckon when he came back earlier this year, she was like, oh, this is just like Scooby-Doo and WWE Curse the Speed Demon? <laughs> Absolutely. There's also, like, a, a misdirect in this film where they keep noticing Vince McMahon um, leaving and, and suspiciously leaving to go somewhere. And it turns out he's not do- he's doing something relatively innocent, but it is very. Just, it's just his coke habit. Yeah, well, I was going to say it's very funny to have like a man who's been cancelled for dubious activity in real life have scenes in this movie where he like suspiciously leaves. Mm. Oh god, I've got sausage roll crumbs all over me. God damn, god damn it, god fucking d- anyway. So that's just part of the that that's part of the game comes to eating sausage rolls mm, mm, it is i had a sausage roll at work yesterday and everyone was like where's richard follow the crumbs that <laughs> really? actually happened I, I cried i felt real bad that sounds like bullying it does it sounds like workplace bullying yeah i called hr about it and they said oh, oh crummy boy come <laughs> down to call it to hr <laughs> yeah that's what they said richard yeah. thank you so it was announced in 2014 that a direct sequel to wrestlemania mystery will be released in 2016 and it was given the title and hulk hogan was billed to be the sort of the most prominent feature of this mm-hmm. this film uh then he made some pretty racist comments <laughs> and he was taken out of the film it's also the final film for wow. dusty Rhodes, who died a year before this film's release but had recorded his oh, stuff no. well He's quite a prominent role in this. Mm. I thought he was one of the better voice actors as well. Well, who knew he had it in him? But it's The Undertaker who has the most screen time. Yeah, he's he, the sort of John Cena of this one. Yeah, he he uh, becomes the, um, like, because it's like wacky races, they have teams. Yeah. And Shaggy and Scooby join join this team. Yeah. I like the bit where he delivers a pile driver and they have to sort of frame it quite interestingly <laughs> yeah. because they don't really want kids to like consider the ramifications of what a real pile driver would be like where you're dropping someone on their fucking head. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember that that viral video of that kid that like did a pile driver on it was like this sort of larger redhead kid and no, this kid was like smacking him and he flipped him upside down and smashed him on his head. And then they both like came out and were like, like, it was this, you know, everyone's like, oh, fuck yeah, this kid's like standing up to this bully. But I was like, this is a monumentally more violent act than what this kid was doing. And it is also because <laughs> allegedly it was that actually the, the, the larger kid had been the aggressor and this was the smaller kid finally fighting back and then got and, you know, got it so much worse for fighting back. But this is the thing that, you know, these viral videos of, playground bullying you know, always there's always a lot more to them like there's that kid who was crying and they're like and he was like i just don't understand he's i feel sorry for these bullies because you know they 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 feel hatred and all this stuff and all these people were like yeah kiddo like you're the best and then it turns out 
allegedly that these two black kids were beating him up for calling them the n-word and was this the kid they got invited to the premiere of infinity war yeah and chris evans was like hey there's a there's a seat next to me at the end game premiere and then people were like oh thank god it's not, not next to chadwick boseman <laughs> <laughs> wow uh, i i quite liked this one i liked this more than the previous wwe one which i found quite boring i think even though it's an incredibly incongruous idea to have wrestlers racing in race cars uh i thought it it gave it a little a little pep and it's it's like it's as if it's the kart racing spin-off to a wwe game you know and i quite like that i thought that was fun there's a weird plot twist in it that like shaggy and scooby know how to navigate dead man's curve because (laughs) the shape of the pretzels they were buying or selling is the same shape as the road um and you know there's a, there's a couple of things that feel like a bit of a reach but but overall i i thought this was all right what did you think of it hated it hated it mm. where does it land Too on your silly. rank I haven't Too added silly. it to my ranking yet i hadn't added like the last 10 and then i had to add them in and i thought oh, i can't remember what i thought of this one so yeah, you forgot how much we liked stage fright yeah my 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 ranking is utterly meaningless at this point let me tell you sure I'll, I'll, i've been very I'll, i've been very like um persnickety with mine oh look at you so let's have a look at my scooby-doo ranking so yeah my top five currently are scooby-doo 2 monsters unleashed scooby-doo the movie scooby-doo on monster on zombie island sorry scooby-doo and kiss rock and roll mystery and scooby-doo and legend of the vampire mm. Legend of the Vampire is a bit of a strange outlier, but the rest of them, yeah, I think makes sense. I can look at my list if you'd like. Yeah, I'm gonna. Oh, whoops! I'm gonna. Oh, whoops! I just made it public. Oh no! I told I told the Discord. <laughs> Edit or delete this list. So I'm gonna add Lego Scooby Doo Haunted Hollywood. I'm gonna add what's this called? WWE Speed <laughs> Speed Demon. And I'm going to put Lego Scooby-Doo Haunted Hollywood. I'm going to put it above Big Top Scooby-Doo. Yes, stage rights in 24. I'm going to add that up. Uh, That can go above. My top five. At number one, I've got Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island. At number two, I've got Scooby-Doo Stage Fright. At number three, I've got Scooby-Doo and the Alien Invaders. Number four, I've got Scooby-Doo Music of the Vampire. And number five, I've got Scooby-Doo Camp Scare nice so that's my current top five well keep an eye out i stand by it okay good Mm, you should mm. so what i've done for this film is i've gone through letterboxd and i've found five different reviews one of each star rating i didn't go for half star ratings so i i this is the one with the most likes that's actually a review sort of like isn't just doesn't just appear to be like wwe meets a talking dog this is crazy you know like yeah so dot gave this five stars watched on the 7th july 2020 so much better than the first wwe movie the miz got his dues kofi was there fred was adorable and i thought that a movie about wrestlers racing was going to be boring but it was not it was so much fun only downside is the undertaker is a dumbass trump supporter irl but that's not this movie's fault did i mention fred stayed up all night to make a car for his friends to race with because i love him fred is cute 
just that's an outlier in this review isn't it yeah what'd you think of that uh i it reminded me of actually um actually what you said before it reminded me when you were like um the wwe meets a talking dog there are two i i guess they're wrestlers but i they they operate more like whimsical sprites in this (laughs) movie these these two guys who like wear quite like uh sort of cosmic makeup yeah. and they disappear and appear and, and are quite cheeky when they first meet scooby-doo he says something to them and they're like whoa did you just see that that was a talking dog <laughs> how strange which is another one of these things that's just these fascinating implications for the world of scooby-doo lego or not richard where mm. like a talking dog is so normal for one person but can be so crazy for another and this other these other people being like magical fairies <laughs> yeah yeah what do you think of the other new wrestlers Paige is in this who was played by florence Pugh in flight fighting with my family but not in not in this no no the played oh. page is played by Paige in this i didn't know Paige. i didn't know fighting with my family was based on a true story mm. that's so interesting yeah uh which i thought and, and, and it's, it's like so, so Paige actually had a very short-lived career she like fucked her back up and right fuck my back up so it's one of these things that like there was like a six month period where fighting with my family would have been like put into production right because otherwise it's like you know why are you doing this story right uh i if she's who if she's the character i'm thinking of i thought she was pretty bad as a voice actress (laughs) yeah they should have got florence Pugh. yeah so dreamscape 40 watched this on the 2nd of april 2022 and said team taker after watching the 2022 to wwe hall of fame last night in the undertaker's speech i had to watch the scooby-doo episode this morning it was a lot of fun excited for record wrestlemania this weekend and then a little emoji of a racing car and that's four stars yeah and yeah this is post trump supporter undertaker as well right jcx do you reckon, do you reckon um hulk hogan was kicked off because of the racist comments and he's just like no 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 i thought i was starring in a in a race movie nice i thought i misunderstood nice that's very funny AJ. i'm on top of it today i'm i'm coming up with jokes 10 minutes after you've said the thing that inspired it like jcx94 watched this on the 26th of september 2021 it said it got the ratio of wwe to scooby-doo wrong in my opinion this was more of a wwe movie featuring scooby-doo than an sd movie featuring wwe i agree yeah that's because it was an hd ah. i'm just gonna write some of my thoughts rather than a pop proper review this was like a mixture of sd and the reluctant werewolf and the old wwe yeah. game crush hour undertaker is the goat and seeing him driving the mystery machine was amazing the rest in peace message during the credits for dusty Rhodes was a nice tribute for him kofi kingston riding a camera drone to comment on the race was a great idea right okay two stars from london 33rd mm-hmm. uh, on they watched on halloween 2019 have you seen the scooby-doo film the reluctant werewolf and it shaggy gets turned into an actual werewolf and is forced to drive in a race against dracula and a bunch of other monsters in hope of his freedom it's completely ridiculous and a ton of fun mm. curse of the speed demon is reluctant werewolf but much less creative and with wwe shoved into every corner also it has a weirdly hyper capitalist and there were just many 
strange choices being made. All of the cars were also 3D animated, something that the Scooby-Doo films have done sparingly in the past decade or so. But with this film, since it's a race with all these 3D animated vehicles, you cannot escape the poorly animated speedsters, and it really drags down the film as well. Can we just get a sequel to Reluctant Werewolf, please? It is a canonical event, the new law for the Scooby-Doo films, so there is a no, there is no excuse. Interesting. When I noticed the Reluctant Werewolf connection by myself independently, I was like, oh, I'm a genius. This is going to be mm. like a big hot... I promptly forgot to mention it until you brought it up. But yeah, but it's interesting that, that a lot of people have, have also discovered it. And also that this person thinks that this movie is worse than The Reluctant <laughs> Werewolf because The Reluctant Werewolf, out of the 36 movies we've watched in this franchise, I have placed at number 36. So I think that was the worst one. and I Really? Worse was, than the two live-action uh, sequels, like prequels? Uh, yeah, because the two live-action sequels at least kept me awake because it was like... Um, oh my god what's happening now oh my god what's happening now i think that's insane of you to say whereas i've got one more review and then we have a guest chomping champing at the bit waiting you said chomping you don't know the idiom either he's waiting in the wings the guest (sighs) i'm just an idiom idiot so this one is one star from Jos Trower, whose display picture is John Cena, who watched this in April 2021. The premise of this movie is bizarre. It is WWE, but it has little to no wrestling. It's about racing for some reason, which makes me think that it might have been a pre-existing script that got the <laughs> WWE brand slapped onto oh. it. One of AJ's favorite theories about films. <laughs> is it? That's funny. Yes. That's oh my God. Every time a movie like doesn't work, you're like, I think this was a pre-existing script. Like, Together Christmas? Yeah. I reckon that was a pre-existing script. I disagree. And if this was a pre-existing movie, then it should have been an actual movie. This was instead repetitive, mindless race scenes held together with no sense of personality and a shockingly flimsy mystery, genuinely painful to sit through. Interesting. Yeah, I um, I think I agree with a lot of what that, that review's saying, but I also um agree with a lot of like i'd say that applies to a lot of scooby-doo movies i think we we've maybe not touched on enough how funny it is that this is for some reason a racing movie Mm. i think that's a very strange decision it's something that's that's um i don't know it's just kind of delightful to watch something so it's and you know what it is richard it's space jam syndrome i was waiting for you to say that it's race okay. jam syndrome. Why why can't you one day just be like, great observation? Oh, good call. You're always like, um, I knew you were gonna say that. Or well, it's because oh, here we go again with one of his favorite little things to say. I don't do that to you. You're always talking about um <laughs> You What? I can't remember now, but there are opinions that you will say like it'll be like a episode of um, most uh, most anticipated, and you'll say your opinion on a movie, and then when we cover it, and most disappointing, you'll echo that same opinion. This is a shit critique. Uh, my point is that I don't call you out for it. <laughs> right? Now. Yeah, that's. I'm not really sure what you're getting at. <laughs> mm. Hmm. I just it would be refreshing when if, you say if, you feel <laughs> when you say you feel make, one way it's not about and you, you it's about me the same question you give the same answer I'm sorry that fine it's not like Space Jam is that what you want me to say no I wanted you to say it's like Space Jam I was just thinking Space Jam because I was thinking of the cancelled sequel Race Jam hmm. well which I always say that I'm glad didn't come out because I think edgy right wingers would have referred to like you know the black lives matter protests in 
2020 as a race jam. Uh, this is a crazy movie, and um, I think it's better than Space Jam. I think it's better than the first WWE movie. I thought it was a load of fun, and I love The Undertaker and his political views. What else can I do to condemn myself? Yeah, bro, well, let's, let's end it there, shall we? Uh, we've got a guest read to record, so let's bring that person on. We got a mystery to solve, and the mystery is why did they make the monsters real and fuck up the franchise? How much more can we take? This podcast was a fucking mistake. Every single member of the cult elders directly pays for my suffering. All right, here we are now. We are joined by guest once again. This time, it's Andrew Todd. Andrew, welcome. Hello. Hello, Andrew. Andrew, Hello. do you want to tell the nice people about yourself? <laughs> yeah, Andrew, What what's the best? If we were to be like, it's blank, 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 Andrew Todd, what would the mm. blanks be? Are you, like, what, how do you, what do you go by? God, I don't even know these days. Um, former <laughs> former film and games critic, current mm-hmm. um, uh, taker of your tax dollars to write a science fiction <laughs> romance movie. Yes, what would you yes. describe yourself as like blank meets blank? Mm. Um, oh my God. I don't know. Using only Scooby-Doo characters. <laughs> Jesus, I don't know enough Scooby-Doo characters. Um, I'm limited as f- effectively to the Scooby-Doo characters from Shaggy's Showdown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sort of like uh, Dapper Jack meets um, Benny G. Thank you very much. We are here to talk mm. about Scooby-Doo Shaggy's Showdown, which, fun fact, is the only Scooby-Doo film to feature an, uh, another character's name in it, another member of the mystery gang. And it's so good that it's Shaggy because he's the best character. Oh, yeah, he, he deserves the shout-out. He needs a win. He deserves it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just generally. <laughs> yeah. So, Andrew, what is your history with Scooby-Doo? <laughs> I saw a couple of episodes on, I'm guessing, Nickelodeon growing up in the States. Mm-hmm. You'd be guessing wrong. It's Cartoon, it's Cartoon Network. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah i don't know this was this is a while back <laughs> uh it, was, it would have been early days of cartoon network um mm-hmm. and i have not seen any of the movies apart from shaggy's showdown <laughs> wow so most of the people we've asked uh, what their relationship is with scooby-doo most people had relatively the same answer but you which is they're not that into it <laughs> and we haven't, we haven't had a single person on who's been like a scooby-doo fanatic but you might be the least uh, exposed we've had so far so this could potentially yeah like i think my my exposure to it is more of like just the cultural osmosis of like mm. this dog that won't die. <laughs> yeah, and I and I think and I think like I, I honestly think that I my understanding of Scooby Doo comes more from it being referenced in the Wayne's World movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. But <laughs> than actually having seen a lot of Scooby Doo, like hmm. I have in in numerous like script assessment meetings <laughs> referred to Scooby Doo endings. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's a what's a Scooby Doo ending? What's a, a Scooby Doo ending is like is like an ending where like there's a surprise, like oh this person was hmm. uh, behind it all along, and I'm, hmm. they're gonna monologue about hmm. like what their plan was, and I you know. I would have gotten away with yeah. it too if it weren't for you meddling kids. Yeah, Jordan yeah. Peele used this famously in Us as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, 
the the uh, that's a that's a great point and a really unique answer to what's your relationship with Scooby Doo is you've you, you've used it as a as a generic uh, trope yeah. name basically. It's like it's yeah, and there's like the the French farce type uh, chase sequences and that's yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah yeah. The the th- I haven't brought this up in the hours we've been recording yet, but the um one thing I always think of where, when it comes to Scooby Doo is there's an episode of Lost where um Kate gets information out of Hurley by pretending she already knows it, and so he confirms it for her, and he realizes after he does it, and he goes, "Oh, you totally just Scooby Dooed me, didn't you?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there you go. There's another. It's it's taken the world by storm, despite the fact that no one in the world seems to watch this series. At but all. you know, like, it's like now. <laughs> it's it's like it's it's just spread into popular culture so much. It's like um. You know how people are like, oh yeah, I know, I know the Godfather when it's like mm. they've seen it referenced on Family Guy or something. Yeah, yes, it's, yeah, exactly. It's like for for New Zealand listeners, it's like Six Sixty. That it's like they're the biggest band in the country. I don't. I've never met a single person that even likes them, but like they <laughs> sell out stadiums, all like almost monthly. Uh, yeah, I couldn't mm. name you a single song by 660 <laughs> and yet they, they'll never break america either they'll yeah. never break yeah. out of new zealand yeah yeah, yeah. so shaggy showdown this is a a cowboy themed one we've been mm. we've been dying for a cowboy themed one aj you were just saying a few hours ago god when are we going to get a cowboy film <laughs> And look, that's why we got Andrew on, because he's the best cowboy we know. <laughs> yeah, I grew up in Texas. Oh, did mm. genuinely was just making a joke. Did not know that. Yeah. Did you grow up on, on a ranch? Uh, a very uh, very small ranch in a suburb. Mm. Mm. That counts, uh, that counts. We had, had a backyard. Nice. Nice. Were there cows? <laughs> um, I'm sure there were... There was wildlife. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> there were there were frogs. Wow! Did you and, try and ride them? Uh, no. Even as a child, I was uh, I was much too heavy to ride a, <laughs> ride a frog. Oh, Andrew, you look great. Sorry, <laughs> uh, right. um, Andrew. Could you please give us a quick pricey of what this film is about? Uh, so this film is uh, set on a dude ranch. It's kind of in like a tourist trap, mm. like Western mm. town that has been built up around the legend of this uh, outlaw called uh, Dapper Jack, who, as it turns out, is like a distant ancestor of Shaggy, mm-hmm. who has been invited there by his uh, like second cousin, three times removed or something. Yeah. I forget mm-hmm. why he was invited there, but like it doesn't really matter. Which they found out each other existed. I think. Yeah, yeah, they met yeah on the it's their 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 genealogy fans, I guess. Mm. So the gang goes to this dude ranch where the ghost of this outlaw has been terrorizing the town mm. and uh driving down property values <laughs> yeah, m- m- um, yeah most of scooby-doo's <laughs> real yeah. estate related <laughs> yeah I, the, mo- the moment i saw a real estate company kind of uh, m- mentioned in the background i was like oh yep there we go <laughs> that, and what happens in the scooby-doo ending of the scooby-doo film the scooby-doo ending is that the the guy or guys who kind of run the 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 ranch and the town have been have been doing this on purpose to be able to buy up the property and for cheap mm. and sell it to a third party, yeah. which uh, yeah. feels like 
like without having seen any of these other movies, <laughs> I feel like that's the same plot as a lot of them. No, this is a massive outlier. <laughs> <laughs> the one that comes to mind is Aloha Scooby-Doo, which essentially had the exact same motivation, but for yeah. a Hawaiian island. Um, it's not always real estate, but it is quite often... I don't know what the like quite a grown up concept for a yeah, kids movie like because it's often the it, motivation. It feels very Im- like unemotional. Mm. Yeah, the worst kind of motive. <laughs> yeah, because like kids movies. Yeah, I guess like kids movies like are often emotionally motivated, but I guess this makes it so that they're they're just nasty grown ups. Yeah, because yeah. it's a very nasty grown up thing to do. Yeah, is yeah, is 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 kind of engaged in a real estate scam. <laughs> yeah, and we, we also find out that the uh, legend of Dapper Jack as this cold oh, yeah. outlaw mm. is actually uh, a lie and that he was actually a kind guy mm. who the uh, uh, the sheriff or whoever, like, yeah. changed, altered history to make look like he was the villain. Yeah, like, history's written by the victor, and the victor is yeah. uh, the cops. <laughs> yeah. yeah, very interesting uh, life lessons that you learn from Scooby-Doo. You know, it's a story about uh, a cop killing an innocent guy and then saying that he had a gun, <laughs> basically. Yeah. That's actually that's literally well, That's literally the plot, except it happened in the Old West. And, and thankfully a bunch of teenagers took the law into their own hands, these vigilantes, yeah. and took them down. And both of the historical figures- Dead ringers for their like generations later, extremely distant yeah. relatives. Yeah, yeah, yeah I did. Yeah. Like, so they're, they're retelling the story of Dapper Jack and his and his faithful dog companion. And in the in the flashback, the dog is Scooby Doo, and then when mm. it flashes back to the present, like, did you guys all picture the dog as Scooby Doo yeah, as well? Yeah. I, I enjoyed <laughs> there's, that. There's, yeah. there's there's no historical reference to what, dog, <laughs> what the dog looked like. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious so andrew given that this is your first real exposure yes to scooby-doo what did you think of the film um it was better than i expected mm. i will say that i think one thing that like impressed me was how much they ran with the western theme mm. like it had its own like western opening title sequence and theme song mm. and like used scooby doo doo as like a western yodeling <laughs> call <laughs> which was like okay great great yeah, like the story was kind of like the story is what it is. I was impressed at the, like, the supporting cast. Mm. Like it's got Stephen Tobolowski and Gary Cole. Like I love those guys. Yeah. Mm. It also has the, the there's a young um, pop star in this film. Yeah. Like a, West, a Western sensation who I, I got the name wrong before. What is it? It's, it's like, Buddy, Buddy G. Buddy G. Um, and he, I, for until the credits rolled, I was like, is this the Yodel kid? <laughs> <laughs> because this this movie came out in in 2017, and I was like, that's when the the meme of the kid yodeling in Walmart went viral. Mm. And I was like, did they get the the yodeling kid? And then the credits rolled, and it was not the yodeling kid. He's he's a prolific voice actor who's in a bunch of stuff. Yeah, as a, he plays as young as Peter as Parker in the Amazing Spider Man films. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. It is a funny thing though, like because it's it's obviously this kind of Western dude ranch uh outlaw kind of vibe generally but then into this you plunge this like quite large <laughs> cast of supporting characters including like a a goth girl and like mm. buddy g oh, yeah. the the fucking youtuber yeah. who yeah, yeah. um who then like has this huge concert attended by thousands of people <laughs> even even though even though this ghost is like driving away mm. all the tourism 
Um, yeah. and, and his song sucks. Yeah. His song is so bad. <laughs> Thought it was such a badly made song. The goth teenager as well was written by like someone who hates teenagers. Mm, yeah. Like just the most like unsympathetic yeah. light. She's just the stereotype. At one point she calls something she doesn't like bourgeoisie. And, <laughs> yeah, and Shaggy's I, like, yeah. what does that mean? And she doesn't know what it means. And I was <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. teenagers didn't call things bourgeoisie. This is written by the bourgeoisie. <laughs> <laughs> for for one thing it's like literally the wrong word yeah yeah it's literally the wrong word yeah exactly did you exactly. like the running gag of her being dead named um <laughs> did you uh, like that Andrew? I, you know what i love dead naming it is uh, <laughs> just um uh one of my favorite hobbies yeah she's clearly you know changed her name you know do- doesn't yeah. want to associate with her family or whatever and her mum keeps calling her the wrong name and it she fe- corrects yeah, her. Yeah, it like, feels like um why is this still the end? Yeah, it feels it feels like uh, that particular element feels very much like a relic of like it feels like something you'd see in nineties movies mm. where it's just mm. like her rebellious teens. It's ugh. just the petulant kid yeah. going like mm. uh co-, you know, it's like Flynn and Breaking Bad. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I felt felt the strongest element of the story is that there's a big storyline for Shaggy uh, learning to be confident and learning Mm. to be able to ride a bucking bronco that I thought, you know, it's a Scooby-Doo movie, so my uh, enjoyment of it (laughs) peaks at a certain ceiling. But uh, (laughs) I thought it was effectively told that he, like, becomes more confident Mm. and and in the end uses his horse-riding abilities to catch the bad guy. It was cool. It was well done, I think. And there's some cool cool action sequences. I tell you what, I tell you what, like mm-hmm. the whole, the fact that horses were a big part of this really made me sort of question the internal logic of Scooby-Doo's existence. Because mm-hmm. uh, like no other animal has Scooby's uh, like mm. emotive <laughs> eyes or spe- yeah. like there's lines about about his pronunciation of words. Like, yeah, the, yes, yeah. you know, that's, that's the first time this has happened that it's been right, like. I, w- I wondered about that. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, th- these are all words that, that, that Scoob you can, can produ- pronounce. <laughs> yeah, because um, there's a bunch of words starting with the letter R. I'm like, oh my God. So this is just, th- there's a lot of things in this show that are just kind of taken as red. Yeah. Like yeah. like like a dog riding a horse, which is a yeah. little weird. Hmm. Or just like people going like, oh yeah, there was a ghost here last night. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. it is kind of like, you you mentioned like uh, being like a family guy thing, but it is uh, like, I do think it's very similar to like Brian and Stewie and family guy that it's like, unless they want to make a joke about it, they're effectively just people yeah. and can talk to anyone Yeah, yeah. until it's like, mm. oh, it's funny that it's a dog. <laughs> And then they'll mm. yeah. just add something. Yeah. Yeah. And to, to catch you up to speed, Andrew, in <laughs> one of the early movies, um, Shaggy makes mistakes based on how Scooby has pronounced a word. Oh. Um, but uh, but that was that was like the first time. It was I think the second or third movie that happened. Mm. And then in maybe like around the 18 to 25 <laughs> movie mark uh, scooby-doo works out like the password but no one can understand him because he's speaking with, with a scoobish mm. as we've, we've, we've scoobish. dubbed it uh in the previous movie before this one two characters meet scooby-doo and go oh my god a talking dog which <laughs> no one else in the film yeah does yeah and in this and in this year they, they specifically say scooby you can pronounce these words mm. so mm. I will also say, like, it is, like, given all that the that this gang of characters has experienced, they're very credulous. <laughs> <laughs> 
Like, you until, reckon? like, the, well, I don't know. Like, they seem very, like, blase about, like, oh, yeah, the, a ghost. Um, yeah, until, right. until they find evidence otherwise. Mm. <laughs> yeah, like, okay, yeah. Like, never expose these characters to Facebook. That's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> what I'm saying. Right, I, I see what you're saying. I think this comes from they've tr- if they were real, real well-written characters and not just written in <laughs> <Yeah>. a vacuum <laughs> for the individual movies they're in. Um, I think what it comes from is like they have been trained and skilled to like never look down at a clue, never turn away a clue. Mm. And like we talked a lot um, on this podcast already about how it's cool that that Shaggy and Scooby are often the two characters that will run into the mm. the scary thing in the movie, mm. and they are very rarely not believed by the rest of the mystery gang who have learnt like no no it is gonna get us further if we believe what they're saying so maybe it comes from from that mm. <laughs> it's yeah. actually very consistent character <laughs> yeah I, I i i made notes and i was like this this group of people goes through life with the trusting naivete of a child <laughs> well they well, are they children are, they yeah. are meddling kids <laughs> yeah i suppose mm. Are you? Are you? More I guess I a, see. I see them as being as being old people because their origins in like the sixties or seventies. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Are you more of a uh, Velma or a Daphne kind of guy? I I wrote uh, I wrote something here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've prepared something. <laughs> um, no, I was gonna. <laughs> I wish I could say that I wrote this like well considered. <laughs> Uh, treatise on uh, <laughs> on the characters, but uh, I wrote one line saying "basic bitch Daphne versus hot nerd Velma." <laughs> <laughs> so you're a Velma guy, even with the allergies. A million percent. Voiced by Kate Micucci for the last couple yes, of films. Yes, yeah, and it is like I, I didn't mention this when she sort of took over the role, but I thought I would find her voice distracting because I was like, "Oh, she's an actress, I know." And mm. but then I, I feel like there's there's specific lines where I'm like, "Oh, that's obviously Kate Micucci," and then the rest is like yeah yeah just she just sounds like Velma it's like oh mm. that's right uh you're actually an actor yeah <laughs> one of one of Velma's big bombshells in the film is mm. figuring out that who the villain was because of a font choice yeah mm. yeah the whole the whole movie is like predicated on effectively like a comic sans or papyrus joke yeah that's what solves the mystery. Yeah. yeah. The font is called Alcabong, which is the alter ego of Quick Draw McGraw. It's another right. like, Hanna-Barbera character, which is like a fun little And that thing. feels ah. like something that feels like something you would name a font. Yeah, it, yeah it, it's, it it's a great- Because oh. font, fonts yeah. are always, always like some oblique reference to something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. You guys Comic Sans fans? I think it's a fun font. No. Not particularly. If you ever want to add <laughs> a little bit of silliness to your website- <laughs> when i was a film tutor a couple years back i had to make a rule that banned comic sans from any projects because the zoomers were just at that point in that generational shift where like comic sans was a very funny thing to use um, like as a as a as a meme yeah Basically. exactly so, yeah. so the, if you know because we do like day-long projects where we all watch yeah. what everyone's made at the end of class and the amount of times comic sans showed up in that and i was like all right new rule no comic sans and then the um tutor that took over my class after we switched semesters um was like i don't think i think comic sans has a place and so he <laughs> repealed much it, it was like going from one president to another joining mm. the re- rejoining the paris agreement <laughs> it was it was like he, he repealed my no comic sans ban when he got when he was in charge oh wow <laughs> so you you banning comic sans is leaving the paris agreement 
I guess so. <laughs> I guess I'm Trump in this Wait. analogy. No, surely, surely banning Comic Sans is the equivalent of like. <laughs> B- banning combustion engines, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Let's think of it like that. I'd rather be the um, progressive. Mm. You don't want to be like the the banning trans people from the military. No, 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 exactly. I don't want that to be the metaphor. Just to be clear, that <laughs> yeah. is not the metaphor I was going for. I think I, I think Comic Sans is funny. I'm sorry. I I agree with your students. Well, <laughs> and the fact that the teacher goes so far as to ban a font that's even funnier. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there you go. I contributed. What's your problem? I made it funny. I think it's all part of this, like a very fun- the very funny cultural joke that Comic Sans has become. I feel like this all mm. feeds into it. Mm. Um, yeah. I initially, th- I initially thought actually though yeah. that the El Cabong thing was a joke on Papyrus, mm. and maybe it's mm. just because there's an Avatar movie in the theaters, but like because uh, it's not just because it was it was it seemed like it was a font that was specifically like Western. Themed. Yeah, it, yeah. So it's like, oh, any. So it's like, oh, this is just the font that everybody uses when mm. they do something Western themed, like how papyrus is for you know what herbal teas. Sh- yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I thought it was a papyrus joke, but then yeah, I think it it is more of a comic sense. It's, it's a it's a different font on the way. So the website that she's it has much yeah. to chagrin. It's like. It has this big sort of very Western typeface headline, but then the buttons on the side are in this handwritten-ish looking font, yeah. which at the end, when she figures it out based on the um, the guy's business, business card. card, she's like, no, there's no way two people would use this font that, yeah, it's like, oh, this is just a normal looking font, which I guess kind of <laughs> adds to the humor of like why she why she being so crazy about it. But it is also yeah. like- why base your whole joke around a font and then show us something where the most prominent font is a different one than the one you're talking about? <laughs> yeah. I thought that I thought it was funny how when she when they catch the bad guy and she goes on this tirade about how horrible of a font it is and he's like handcuffed and everything and he just goes, I think it's like, I think it's cool. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I was like, that's so relatable to being yeah, yeah. so angry at someone for something and for their only response to be like, I just like it. Back off. <laughs> I mean, that's I mean, that's literally James Cameron with Papyrus, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it um the the disconnect between like the script and the the art for for the website. Mm. Um, this came up a lot of times watching it because you know the the animation's outsourced to um a Korean company, mm. um, oh. and like it's you know these things are made. I'm assuming, like, kind of on a pretty tight schedule, mm. like a conveyor belt. Yeah, there's of at least two or three of these. Yeah, in here. yeah, 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 yeah. And um, and like something that always uh, it comes to mind a lot in um video games, but it did a little bit here, uh, is where like the voice acting doesn't quite match what it seems like the intent was on the page. Mm. Um, totally. Yeah. And I'm and I and I keep getting fascinated uh watching stuff like this where it's like you've got all these different teams kind of working in isolation to make this thing and they're kind of generally their ships are pointed in the same direction but it's like there's there's subtle things where it's like oh the you didn't quite quite match the intention here between all the different departments i've i yeah i've had to re-record lines and films i've made before because the emphasis has been on the wrong syllable yeah and yeah. and it may and it's it's like if the line's supposed to be like oh we're gonna go follow him but then the delivery on the day was we're gonna go follow him 
and it's like well now it, it doesn't make sense it, it, yeah it's that yeah. kind of thing that slips through i guess yeah there there were a couple lines in there that that i was like oh i don't think that's how it was meant to be said <laughs> <laughs> nice there was also according to the scoobypedia there was uh some inconsistencies continuity errors and or goofs slash oddities one of which was that uh-huh. it definitely claims that 98 percent of the gang's mysteries involve real estate this could be considered hyperbole since the majority of their mysteries <laughs> also involve stealing revenge and smuggling along with real estate so (laughs) (laughs) the worst mistake of them all Mm. one thing that i think is a real kind of wake-up call to where we are on the scooby-doo timeline and this is our 36th out of 47 uh films that we've got to watch for this podcast andrew well done and when we started these the first film we watched came out in 1988 and is like full of um like uh uh three stooges references and things like Mm. like very timely stuff and it it is quite like confronting and i've mentioned this before in a previous movie to get to this point where like now there are jokes about a viral teen sensation and and when he's doing (laughs) his his concert like little text box pop-ups of Mm. people texting show up and it, it, it all feels very modern this came out in 2017 i'd say we're still in or maybe are only just beginning a new era that was the the era of 2017 and around I, it. I, w- I would say the thing that that struck me about that is that i think we're still in the era where that is a thing mm. we're not mm. in the era anymore where it is um like new and novel enough to make yeah. the center of a storyline yeah. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, but one thing that I thought was uh, very funny and and the kind of thing that was like, this could be in a, a movie in 2023 and would probably be just as funny of a joke, is that they're following these two suspects at one point and it turns out they thought they were up to something but all they're actually doing is preparing to shoot a film based on Dapper Jack. And yeah. they're like, oh, <laughs> you're preparing to shoot a film? And they're like, yeah, 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 exactly. Because, you know, films these days are all sci-fi and and superhero zombie and we're sick of that and what we really need is westerns and what's funny about that sentence is they're right (laughs) like i think western is so primed at the moment to come Mm. like like i feel like there has there have been modern westerns but there hasn't been like a movement of them and it just made me think about like god we really are at a time culturally where the western is potentially quite primed to have like a massive resurgence people have been saying that for a long time and i remember like cowboys and aliens was going to be one of the big mm. ones yeah um like 310 to Yuma, django unchained yeah. hateful eight some, like, i mean some I, of those movies were like pretty successful but they haven't like mm. started a craze of westerns yeah logan mm. kind of yeah, cinemas. I, I get i guess i'm thinking with especially compared to zombie and superhero which zombie's kind of over now but it had its mm. 10 years uh, it's, with last of us it's back baby it's, it's bad, it's bad. <laughs> that's true like I, I i i wonder like because hollywood doesn't generally make new things they repeat things right yeah. Yeah. and it's like it's been a while since we've had a lot of westerns and i just thought that was such an astute thing that this movie mm. probably accidentally said that i think might actually <laughs> i think one th- interesting thing about westerns as well though is that like with the benefit of hindsight looking back now we go oh my god there were so many westerns at the time but from mm. what i understand they were never like the biggest genre in the world it was just that it was mm. this one they made quite a bit of you probably made them quite cheap and yeah now they just 
sort of stopped making them because I guess they weren't making any money, but they did have that kind of longevity because it was this sort of unique genre. I think it was it was also like the cultural and and sort of I guess in business industry mm. attitude towards movies was quite different back then as mm. well because nowadays we get like fewer movies coming out in cinemas, but they're they're all these yeah. big blockbusters. Whereas, like, you know, people used to go to the movies a lot more. Yeah. And, you know, it would be like, it's like, oh, what's the new Western this week? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What yeah, do you, exactly. what do you um, think of the death of the mid budget movie, Andrew? Oh, man. This is not what I expected to talk about. <laughs> Scooby Doo. Got in mind content from somewhere on your Scooby Doo podcast. Because I'm now, it was this big thing that people were talking about a lot. And now I'm sort of starting to see people say that this idea of the death of the mid-budget movie is bullshit uh i think it's not so much that the mid-budget movie is not getting made i think it is getting harder to see them Mm. like it is pretty objectively visible that you know there are fewer movies playing at yeah certainly multiplexes where you you would have previously had a lot of things like just like com- like comedies and like there haven't been that many just straight straight yeah. up comedies uh compared to like the 2000s or 2010s or or, or earlier yeah we haven't had like a, a super bad or anything like that for a long time yeah 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 um like bros is the only one recently and it and, and it bo- yeah that, that's the thing about the like office. bros and then there was also long shot a couple of years ago which was like a pretty yeah. good rom-com but that was a good comedy yeah, yeah. Th- these are these are films that people love to just chuck these on on netflix and you know it, it's harder than ever to get people to leave the house yeah like i think it's it's i think it's less it's less about mid-budget movies and just how people watch movies mm. now because people only seem to leave the house for for spectacle mm. because like i was at the movie i was what, what was i seeing i think i was seeing the fablemans nice. which is a sign of like yeah uh, like my devotion to <laughs> cinema i'm one of the five people who went to see the fablemans yeah and there was a couple behind me who like obviously had not been to the movies in a while and i, I saw it at alice cinematech which has a dvd rental yeah. store attached to it um it originally was that and long may it <laughs> long may it survive and mm. uh this couple were like I just don't understand why people would want to rent DVDs now that you can get everything on Netflix. <laughs> mm. And I think that yeah. That really made me go like, oh, this is this is what the common man the, thinks. This, this is yeah, this is what the common man thinks. <laughs> I do like I I remember Wonder Woman 1984 was like one of the first films I saw in like after COVID or, you know, it was still very much in the mm. middle of COVID at the end of 2020. It was one of the last, the first blockbusters that still had a cinema release. And I remember going, I went uh, at Hoyts and Christchurch, which is a cinema chain. It's less popular in Auckland, but it's a lot more expensive. And mm. went there and it was like 25 bucks for the ticket. And then, I mean, this is, everyone's complained about this, but then like just wanted yeah. a bowl of water that was like 10 bucks. And then I, you know, just being like absolutely reamed with the cost. And then yeah. this packed cinema, 30 minutes of trailers and people behind us talking the entire time. Someone mm. just next to me had their phone out. And I was like, fuck, maybe movies deserve to die. Like, fuck. Like, people have forgotten <laughs> how to go to the movies in the last year. I saw The Whale the other night as well. And there was this woman behind me who got like a little Duck Island ice cream, like a little pottle of ice cream at the Hollywood. Yeah. And was just eating like, I've never heard anyone eat so loudly and it was like 
just like right in my ear and and just and then when i heard her finish it i like said to jess quite loudly next to me like oh thank god she's finished her ice cream um and <laughs> like the whale very serious movie very depressing movie yes she was cracking up throughout the whole thing like all the all these moments where you're supposed to be like wow like look at how his his body's so out mm. of shape she was like oh fuck he's fat um and then also someone <laughs> farted Christ. really loudly like near the end of the film and it was so fucking funny <laughs> Someone farted when I went to see Smile. There were a bunch of rambunctious teens at the front of the cinema, presumably kids who were too young to have gone to the cinema before COVID. <laughs> and and they, they were just so obnoxious and loud and horrible. And yeah, they farted. And at yeah. one point, um, what there's a li- there's a part in Smile, which to their credit, had I been a bit younger, I probably would have also cracked up at. There's a bit where a character goes, are you serious right now? Which is like a... Um, meme Ugh. on tiktok at the moment yeah. and i think right. they they were familiar with this so when they said this meme line they just burst out <laughs> laughing and no one else in the cinema's laughing i nearly went up to them after the movie it was like you guys need to learn to shut the fuck <laughs> up in movies this is so unacceptable i i had an experience like that when i went to see megan uh mm. last week or the, the week before um the house was like pretty full mm. and there's two things that i noticed one of which was when she did the the dance that mm. is on TikTok, mm. there was an I am shit you not. There was an applause break. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's like a positive uh, version of that's of a the positive TikTok version. Generation. But it's but it's like that scene, of course, is about five seconds long. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like the two, I was there with a friend, and like sitting next to us was this couple who were obviously there on a date, mm. and like this guy just would not stop fucking talking to the girl he was with. Like, literally, physically, his body was faced towards her <laughs> most of the movie. Classic while she was, she was, She was just, like, trying to fucking watch the movie and going, like, shut up, shut up. And he's just, like, mansplaining the story. <laughs> uh, and, and I'm just like, oh, man. At the start of the movie, the, the curtains were oh, yeah. across for a, a 1.85 to 1 movie, and it's a scope film, so, like... So I, of course, am the one who always <laughs> is the person who goes like, fuck, somebody's got to tell the staff that it's not being shown properly. And <laughs> if you have a cinema that is, and I think, I think Hoyts is a prime example mm. because like it is a cinema that like they clearly have taken steps to have as few staff as possible. Yeah. And uh, it sort of sets this uh, social expectation of like, we're just going to put you in the room and let you yeah let you go um we're not going to project the movie properly we're going <laughs> to you know our bulbs are going to be running at half brightness and, and like, what are you going to do about it <laughs> and what yeah like what the, like what the fuck do you care yeah and i think uh you know like without <laughs> like trying not to sound like a fucking snob <laughs> but like you know you go to like theaters that kind of put a bit more care into yeah. the um the audience experience and um and that sort of thing and it's like Oh, it's uh, way better. Mm. Yeah, it's like uh, the the movies can be really good. Yeah, I think even one of these common people we've been discussing could even tell the the difference <laughs> yeah. In, yeah. In, a, in a good cinema. I I very rarely have to pay for movies anymore, but on the yeah. on the off chance that I do, it's because I'm supporting a local like cinema. I've been I, I've been offered free tickets for like to go to a cinema I love, but I'm like, no, I'll, I I'm more mm-hmm. than happy to pay for it. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, when I was working as a film critic, it was much the same mm. for me. It was like, mm. yeah, I'll I'll pay to 
support a local business that I think deserves mm. to. And it's like, let me, let me at like, least point- buy some popcorn. And they go, no, we'll give you that for free as well. Like, ah, curse yeah, yeah. this influence I have. But it's pop- popcorn is the, like, is the, is the, it's the, that's the free revenue for you. Yeah. Like, I th- yeah. And I think Hoyt, if, while we're, while we're bashing Hoyt, um, because I love to do that and I have, oh, I was once banned from, <laughs> from a Hoyt's because I like went, on, I had this run of like complaining about the projection yeah. for like several movies in a row, um, which, and like, it was fucked up, mm. like in my defense, like they, <laughs> They did not project their films properly. Uh, they recently redid all the seating, or they built a new cinema and like redid all the seating. So like, there's this huge like void between rows mm. to the point where you can recline your seat and have your feet sticking out, and there's still enough room for like two people to cycle abreast <laughs> um, uh, down each aisle. And while you know, f- you know, f- leg leg room is good. It means that, like, you you are so separated from the other cinema goers mm. around you that not only do you you feel like there's you feel like you're just in your lounge or whatever, yeah. and like some people might see that as positive, but it also means that, like, in a comedy, you can't hear other people laughing, yeah. mm. and like that makes the it objectively makes or I guess no, it is technically subjectively <laughs> makes the movie. Uh, Makes the movie less funny. Yeah. Oh man, objectively but technically subjectively, it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. The, the perfect movie nerds. <laughs> You're talking about like we've all done or like been to live events in there and yeah. spoken to people in there, and it's yeah. such a horrible feeling because it's like yeah, yeah. just the mood just dies because there's no one there. Like with the the yeah. audio, yeah, the acoustics just suck up all the sound, and there's 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 you know you talk about like theater cinema as a collective experience mm. and like obviously if you're if the people you're with are assholes then that's a bad experience but if the people you're with are good people just w- there to see the movie it can be a great experience but it can't be if you don't mm. psychologically have a connection to the other people in the room because you literally can't hear them because they're so far away and there's a two foot thick seat between you it's such a complicated issue because it's the balance between people being too loud and people being too quiet. At the but it's, yeah. it's, it's, yeah, like, yeah, because th- there's, there's people who will go like, oh, I'm just responding to the movie. Mm. And to me, there's a fairly clear line on like what is acceptable. And like, <laughs> yeah, like laughter and cheering yeah, and applauding. I'm like, yes, great. Yeah. But going I, like, I have no did you see when the guy did that? It was very <laughs> funny. Like, that's I'm not okay. I'm going to fart now because that's what you do in movie. Um, yeah, Andrew, have you ever seen Daddy's Home Two? <laughs> uh, this is a question that I would only ever be asked by one of you. Two, <laughs> uh, no, I've not well, seen Daddy's. Not only Home would 2. I actually recommend it. Um, the this, the climax of that film takes place that they're snowed in at like a cinema on Christmas Day, and it's all these people right. that have been fighting with each other, and there's this whole thing about like no the cinema is the last place you can go to have this communal experience. <laughs> and then they're in the cinema. It's like, turn to the person next to you and just tell them you love them. Even if you don't know them and watching this in a cinema was so awkward. <laughs> like, oh my God. I mean, thankfully I was sitting next to AJ. Um, but oh, oh yeah. my God. And if you I'd... tell me you love me every day. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. So, so it was fine. Yeah. But no, daddy's home too. That's a surprising little gem. 
It's the movie of the Cult Popsha podcast, I reckon. It's probably the most obscure movie we've championed <laughs> this <laughs> right, intensely. Right. <laughs> um, yep. No, you, you lead the way, Adrian. I was going to bring us back to the centre of the, the record. <laughs> <laughs> so unless there's any more comments on the state of cinema. Uh, Andrew, I would love to ask you, when is your birthday? Uh, it is February 23rd. Oh, coming up soon. February 23rd. Oh, it is, it is coming too, up yeah. soon. So what we have done is um, we have made a spreadsheet on um, our We've called it our Scooby-Doo villain horoscope, where we have collated <laughs> when every episode of a Scooby-Doo show, because there have been dozens, um, yes. came the, the day the episode came out. So I can tell you which Scooby-Doo villain appeared in an episode on your birthday, and you can tell us if that feels like it's... Um, in any way relevant to, to your life, right? So on February uh, 23rd, we have got Morgan Le Fay, who is the villain of a movie we're going to watch. Is that, uh, is that an Arthurian legend it is. thing? Yes, it's The Sword and the Scoob, 2021. I believe, didn't uh, Brit Miggs has the same birthday? I think, AJ. Ah, oh, true. Yeah. Yeah, okay, so this is our second tw- 23rd of, of February. Not sure it was Brit Miggs, but someone's definitely had Morgan Le Fay. But yeah, they're from Arthurian Legend, and there's also, I believe, a Marvel character. Right, no, we have definitely <laughs> talked about this before. Yeah. Mar- Marvel funny. did it first, clearly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I think that's that's the two sides of your of your being. Yeah, it's yeah. Like- you think Marvel is one side of my being? <laughs> I think it's a side you hate of your being. <laughs> um, when I asked you X meets Y, it's, uh, you know, Andrew Todd is Arthurian legend meets Marvel. Use that in your next pitch meeting mm. when you're pitching a Western. <laughs> yeah. Oh, actually, yes, I remember that. Um, so in the 1978 Doctor Strange film, this character was played by Jessica Walter from Rooster Development. Oh, nice. We we definitely have yeah. talked about this before. Was it on this? I think it was. Or I, did we just bring up Morgan Le Fay? No, I think, I think I, I, my memory, if my memory serves me correctly, it was Brit's birthday. Okay. But, well, right. I will hear that on the mm. when I edit this and let you know if you're right or not. Uh, and secondly, Andrew, we've got another thing we've been doing with our guests um, this episode, which I think you will either be very good at or refuse to do. So we're on <laughs> yeah. a, another knife edge It depends here. if we oh, get no. his Arthurian legend side or his Marvel side. <laughs> <laughs> Richard, do you want to explain what the game is? Okay, so uh, we've been already, asking uh, people, how good are your impressions, Andrew? <sighs> <laughs> um, are you going to ask me to do a, a Scooby-Doo? I'm going to ask voice. you to do a few impressions, if you will. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. The way we've been doing this, we have a leaderboard. So we've been asking all our guests. And once again, you can absolutely refuse to do this. You wouldn't be the first. But um, <laughs> We have people with zero points on the leaderboard. So the idea is that we're gonna, we'd ask you to do a Scooby-Doo impression. We'll mark that out of three. If you oh do good enough... You will then get the opportunity to do a shaggy impression, which will be marked out of three. And then after that, you would have the floor open to any Hanna-Barbera character, anyone from Shaggy Showdown, any of the rest of the, the mystery gang, anyone in Hanna-Barbera. No one has gotten nine points yet. Someone has got 8.5. So the the floor is open to to champion this. Would you like to participate, Andrew? Um, uh, fine. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's an enthusiastic yes from Andrew. <laughs> All right, well, can you give us a Scooby-Doo impression? Uh, what the fuck am I saying? Be like, hello, Raggy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hello, Raggy. That was 
That's a three. I reckon that was a three, Richard. What do you think? It's like it's like Yoda. Yeah, if you continue it, it turns into Yoda. Into Yoda yeah. But I think I think in that little smidgen we got there, that was that was a that was a three for me. Yeah. Um. Alrighty. What can you give us in way of a Norval Shaggy Rogers impression? Norval Shaggy. Um. <laughs> God. Like, my whole character is based on food and hunger, Scoob. I don't know. <laughs> I think you've got the, the sort of um, the, the, the vibe right. I think the timber is a little off. I, yeah, I'd probably go like a, like a 2, 2.5. What do you reckon? Uh, I would say like a 1.5. <laughs> oh, boy. Harsh. Harsh. Alrighty. Well, we'll give you the, the opportunity now to do any Hanna-Barbera character you want. So, do you, um, if you're wondering, Hannah Barbera you characters um, for yeah, inspiration, you've got like the Flintstones, the Jetsons, oh, the yeah. uh, Yogi Bear. Someone's done Quick Draw McGraw, of course. Johnny Quest, <laughs> Huckleberry Hound. Do the um, Smurfs. Uh, does Harvey Birdman <laughs> count as Hannah Barbera? Absolutely, I would love to hear a Harvey <laughs> Birdman impression. I don't know if I can. I don't know if I could do her because Harvey Birdman is Gary Cole, eh? I'm not sure. I know. I know the the version is not strictly a Hanover. Like the the in the yeah in the yeah, yeah, yeah. like law. in the in attorney at law. I'm pretty uh, sure it is Gary, Gary Cole, Cole yeah. who is in who is in um oh, right, this yeah, movie that we it, yeah, that we were just talking about. I mean, my favorite character from that is uh, Phil Ken Seven, <laughs> and the best the best line of his being um, there. No, not there. There. Ha <laughs> ha! There. <laughs> I know the character you're talking. I think that's great. I th- I would give that probably a two point five. All right. To two or three. What do you reckon, Richard? Yeah, I mean, I just thought the characters voiced by Stephen Colbert. That sounded Colbert. Yeah. Oh. Um, bearish. Ha <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I. Yeah, I I, wa- I watched probably like all the Hanna Barbera cartoons at some point when I was a kid, but it has been a very long time. <laughs> um. Uh, so I do have one. I have one final thing to say about about yeah, please. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll tell you the. We'll just update you on the score, and then we can okay, sure. Do do one final thought. So where are we, Richard? Uh, we've got-, got seven points all up, which puts you tied with uh, Reese Matthewson and Alexi Toliopoulos. Congratulations. Nice. Okay. Um, my final thought, because I've I've I made notes, and I think I've talked about everything, all the, uh, except for. Are, there's a pair of cowboys. I do, are they gay cowboys? Because <laughs> the 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 name of their ranch is like Crazy Q Ranch or something, and they're like, does the Q stand for blah blah blah? And they're like, nope. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, right, yes, yeah, so. the Q stands um, for cowboy, and he's like, no, it doesn't. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's like these two male cowboys who like have no association with any other character mm. uh, in the thing. And I'm like, is this a is this a let's gay cowboy? Say, thing? Let's say yes. Um, Let's say um, yes. and the and the other thing being that like I wondered if the if the movie would nod to like stoner culture, which is kind of adopted mm. uh, for some reason. Scooby Doo and, and Shaggy is for as, some reason. Uh, yeah, it's pretty fucking mascots. obvious what the reason um, is. <laughs> which is that is which is <laughs> um, which is that like the the ghost like 
fires flaming jays into everything. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, so as the the dapper Jack Ghost his like calling card is is green yeah. flame and he fires jays that like the letter yeah. J for Jack. Yeah, right. So, yeah, like, they yeah, don't yeah, refer yeah. to it as flaming J until late in the movie, mm. but I, like when that and came up, green, I was like, though. oh, yeah. I yeah. did. I did a the green, first time he did one. I thought Jay. it was a Nike swoosh because <laughs> <laughs> it was it was it was like sideways. I'm like, okay. mm-hmm. Nice. Well, um, I'm gonna say yeah. yes to both your theories. <laughs> <laughs> great, great, love it, Andrew. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We've been trying to get you on for bloody years. Yeah, and yeah. turns out all we mm. needed to do was give you 48 hours notice. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's the thing with me is like. Tell me to do it right now. <laughs> do not give me the option to, mm. to to do something easier or not do it. Um, but if people have enjoyed listening to you, where can people find you online? Ah, uh, God. Um, Twitter at uh, Mr. Todd, M-I-S-T-E-R-T-O-D-D. Uh, fuck, andrewtodd.co.nz. Mm. I don't know. And you had a blue check on Twitter before you- <laughs> I did. I'm, I'm an OG blue check. <laughs> So you can trust me. <laughs> <laughs> you, um, we had we had Dr. Aaron Harrington on a number of hours oh, yes. ago, and you uh, you share that. Well, you often appear on um, the Nerd Degree as well. Don't oh you? yes, I'm I'm on that sometimes. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, if you live in Christchurch, come and see Scared Scriptless. I'm in that sometimes. Mm-hmm. Nice. Wait, wait several years, and this movie I'm writing might get made. Yes! Or they could watch your other movie you made. Or they could you could watch my movie Ghost Shark 2 Urban Jaws, which I must stress I shot uh, 13 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> now, do people need to have seen Ghost Shark 1 to understand it? Uh, you do not, but um, the confusion that you get having seen the completely unrelated Ghost Shark 1 <laughs> may help. <laughs> nice. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Andrew, and we'll let you go uh, now. And Watch The Last um, of Us, happy, episode three. Happy Scooby Yeah, I've got doing. a watch party I need to get to. <laughs> also on Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sweet. Okay, dude. See you around. Okay. See ya. We got a mystery to solve. And the mystery is why did they make the monsters real and fuck up the franchise? How much more can we take? This podcast was a fucking mistake. Every single member of the cult elders directly pays for my suffering. Richard, on a... What looks like... um, My calculations put it at probably a 28-hour podcast... Uh, that's that's the new projection. You got to find ways to to reinvent things to find uh, not just new things to talk about, but new conditions in which to talk about them. Mm. You know, we've done a couple of podcasts drunk before. Um, I, I want to do one of these Scooby Doo movies stoned because I think that would be appropriate. Yeah, well, uh, you, right you got to stop just talking about it and do it. I've ran out of weed, <laughs> but hopefully before the end. But right now, I'm doing a podcast as Gauntlet, where it is 32 degrees today in Christchurch, 32 degrees Celsius, which is about how hot Christchurch can get. I'm up in my loft. I've closed all the windows. I've closed all the doors. I am trying to make it as warm as it can possibly be in here, just to see what that produces for content. Mm. I imagine a lot of sweat. Mm. See, I'm Drip. Auckland is uh, you know last this time last week week we would just come off the rainiest day in the history of Auckland, and mm. it's now a pretty pretty balmy, pretty mm. nice day outside, and I 
am recording with the window open. Wow. Thank so, you for showing let's me. Let's see what that does. What, uh, was the rainy day cold? It, it, it was actually a little bit cold. Like, Auckland has a tendency to not be very... Because well, we get a lot of rain over the summer months, which is very annoying. But, mm. yeah, I'd say the, like, Friday, Saturday was kind of cold. But it's the... Yeah, in the last few days, it's there's been on and off rain. But, yeah, the thing that makes Auckland so frustrating to live in is that it has how humid it gets at the best of times. Mm. And... Yeah, so often when it rains over summer, it, you know, it's full on rain. And then just for the next two or three days, it's just unbearably humid. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're going to talk about a movie, Richard, that the two of us, I reckon, we saw upwards of four to five days ago. Mm. Uh, and the only way you're going to remember any of it is because I luckily wrote it down uh, at the time. Uh, nice. And that that is, of course, do you know what movie it is? Or have you, is that? It's been too long. <laughs> well, we're first going to talk about Lego Scooby-Doo Blowout Beach Bash from 2017. I think you made that up. <laughs> it does sound like I made it up, doesn't it? Mm. This is the second... Because and- I feel like you would call it Beach Bash Blowout. Yeah. It's a good point. Like, yeah, I so probably that, wouldn't that- put Blow in a kids movie title, I reckon. Mm. That's my position on the matter. Okay, okay. This is the second and final Lego movie uh, of the franchise. It was directed by Ethan Spaulding, who mm. I tried to name an era after and ended up being the fuck AJ era. Uh, yeah, this was that got you. So yeah, he, he directed Camp Scare and Legend of the Phantasaur, and we'll see him again in Return to Zombie Island. I don't know <laughs> what era we're in anymore, Richard. I've lost Lego era track and passion for yeah. what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this sort of one-two punch is a strange one. Yeah, you know the, the, the this, next this era between guests. Yeah, and AJ, I'm sorry, I'm tired of living this lie. We've no, already Richard. recorded with the next guests. No, Richard, we can't, I can't let them know. I can't. I can't keep up this facade anymore. We need it to feel linear. We we no. need it to feel linear. No, we can't. We fucked up. AJ's sweating hot. I, my temperature is fine and. I am, I'm coming clean. I know who our next guests are. I'm yeah. not going to act surprised to see them because I've already recorded with them. Mm. That's right, guests. <laughs> and I don't know if, if if revealing you know who they are is the, the plot twist. I've been surprised by every guest, AJ. You've done a lot of the legwork of the... Um, you know, I th- that's sort of our dynamic. So you organised all the guests and most of the 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 Scooby-Doo horoscope thing. I did one, one season of the horoscope thing. So, it, like, you edit the 28-hour podcast. I, you know, go to work and have a full-time job. There's a, <laughs> there's a, there's a, a give and take about our relationship. He's lost his fucking headphones. He can't even hear what I'm bloody saying. I put them back on. The, surely <sighs> the, the plot twist is that we record, we're, we've recorded out of order. Is that not hmm. what you were meaning? Like, yeah. surely that's the reveal that we've re- already recorded two films. No, the, re- the reveal is that you know who I, the guests are. <laughs> I don't know who the guests are until we. Re- Sometimes, even during the record, I don't know who they are. Mm, they go, "Oh, hi, thanks for having us. We're um Alice, Dare, and Andy from Two in the Think Tank," and I'm like, "What is that?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well. 
uh, all this aside, I reckon I have a vague memory of this happening during Barbie, to be honest. Right. Like, I think we might have recorded one out of order because of a guest with Barbie, but I might be wrong. I, yeah, I mean, because, yeah, I mean, I made it clear with a bit of time that it's like, I'm not going to have a chance to, before we need to, with these records. And you were like, oh, we almost made it out clean. This never happened with Barbie. I think, I think it did happen with Barbie. I, I, I think the thing is that we need to embrace the wacky time travel the the Tendon Tarantino-esque non-linear narrative of this episode now like you know oh I hope I don't get a flat tire soon which is something I actually didn't say in the podcast that we've already recorded in the episode but I did talk to the guests after we recorded about the fact that I had just gotten a flat tire Hmm. Uh, but of course in the narrative of the podcast I haven't had that flat tire yet i see i see imagine if every quentin tarantino movie ended with whatever cameo he had in the movie just that character being like quentin tarantino <laughs> yeah yeah i wouldn't be surprised <laughs> jang unchained oh bloody g'day it's me quentin tarantino confidently doing an australian accent because someone told me i could do a good one uh what did you think of what is what is lego scooby-doo blowout beach bash about well thankfully i don't have to know because you have written down no i haven't you we, you fucking said you did you i've written down the information we trade off synopses that's how it's worked for years richard that's yeah, how it's I, been for years okay oh my god so this kind of like a surprise this is a pirate movie okay this yeah, the, yeah. The, this isn't yeah, the yeah. teen beach party movie this is the pirate one there's there's elements of teen beach yeah and it. also there was pirates ahoy which was mm. definitely the more uh, uh piratanical mm. of the of the films yeah they go to it's the reason it's blowout beach bash is it's a beach bash at blowout beach yeah it's the name of the beach yeah and yeah it's they go there for a party to blight beach and then pirate ghosts threaten mm. their good times and so scooby and the gang round them up yeah yeah what did you think of this movie do you remember <laughs> what do you think of <laughs> hmm let me just I, put into words my opinion on this film i think that the main thing with this one is I think even more so than the last one, than the last Lego film we spoke about is why is it Lego? Like they Mm -hmm. had more fun in haunted Hollywood, I think with the Lego element, but I don't remember in this one moments where I was like, Oh, that's why this one had Mm. to be Lego. I mean, I, you know, do they come up? Oh fuck. You're right. Um, do they come up with a, um, I got like a little spot on my nose and then it's like scratch. It's like, Something's under my glasses and it's been scratching. It's just like a little bit of sand or something. And the little, you know, the little nose foot of my glasses has little scratched away a little hole, which I didn't notice until I took my glasses off. And now, jinkies, I can't see without them. What? But the, yeah, I I remember in Haunted Hollywood, the, yeah, there was just fun jokes. But yeah, what I was going to say is like, do they come up with, Oh, we're gonna do a movie where they go there. There's they go to the beach and there's pirates, and 
then someone comes in and says, oh, we'll do that as a Lego one. Because it doesn't seem to me like they're like, oh, let's make another Lego Scooby-Doo yeah, yeah. movie. Let's, and then what a plot that naturally follows on from doing it like that. Uh, I think that this one has slightly more motivated, for, like there's there's dance numbers in this that they, where they're oh, yeah, like yeah, popping their hair caps off and shit like that, that, you know, stuff you can only do in lego form but i would not Mm. be surprised if it was still like all right here's the slate of the films Mm. we're going to make in the next the next uh two years and then someone's Mm. like well two of these have got to be lego and they go okay that one yeah but it's like i guess like how would you narratively justify making a lego one like because something like the dancers and what do you remember the name of the dance they do it's like the jinkies or something isn't it Yeah. yeah the jinky yeah that so yeah, it's it's fun to be like, oh, they do a dance, and we'll make the most of them being Lego for the dance. But yeah, if you were writing this film, if you were to script, if they were to give you a script that's like Scooby Doo, Lego Blow Up, Beach Bash, mm. how would you doctor it so that it would actually be narratively justified that they're Lego? I would make it about building something. Something's being yeah. built, and I would maybe do like a scene where people are switching heads with each other. You know, like Shaggy gets the villain's head put on him, and then it's <laughs> Shaggy gets head from the villain, and Sha- and so Shaggy's body is like fighting against the head that's atop it, that sort of thing. Like, yeah, you, you need you- it. We need to be introduced to some rules and yeah. laws. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I I thought this one was uh, funnier than the other Lego one. I thought yeah. it had a snappier sense of humor to it. Um, I've written here that uh, I think the characters all had interesting arcs, uh, and then I wrote, "God knows I can't remember any of them though," which was a joke because then I was going to say, "Nah, the the role switcheroo was good, and high time it happened." Frankly, but now in real life, I can't remember what that's referring to. Is that when the the like? split up and search for clues is like a different um you know fred's Fred's so so yeah they tease fred and velma about always being obsessed with mysteries and they're like Mm. all right we're gonna have fun and then so there's a switch in the sense that daphne shaggy and scooby are the ones that are like spearheading the search for clues while velma and uh fred hang out and party and and are obsessed with like good vibes and shit yeah yeah and as we say they do a dance called the jinky and i didn't like this richard i I (laughs) and i couldn't do it it was too hard i didn't like that they adjusted jinkies to be like now it's a, a dance yeah and what's the opposite of a plural i guess uh singular well, they, but... they made jinkies a plural yeah yeah, yeah. what i said I, was grammatically correct. it's it's a sure sign that your property is too old when story beats start getting based around catchphrases i think like it's it reminds me of when like the simpsons had an old gill spotlight episode where it's like oh yeah, wow yeah. wow we have been here for a thousand years if if it's now time for old gill to have a spotlight episode <laughs> Oh, Gil's getting a spotlight episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, this was the first film to be released after the conclusion of Be Cool, Scooby-Doo, though it's a few years before the next TV show, which is called Scooby-Doo and Guess Who, which is it returning to the um, 
regular kind of character models again. We now return to our regularly scheduled program. There's <laughs> a really funny recurring joke in this where someone will be telling off the gang and then they'll you know, they'll be saying like what they don't like you know, you you meddling kids or whatever. And then they'll mm. look at Scooby Doo and read the S D on his on his collar and they'll go, And what does S D mean? Strange dog? And that happens a couple of times in the movie, that exact, like, the SD strange dog thing. And I thought that was pretty funny. I also thought it was mm. pretty funny that the the real villain ends up being half of the suspects. Uh, I don't, it's sort of like what happened with Stage Fright, where, like, there are several, everyone was dressing up as the Phantom for a different reason. But for those playing at home, uh, Chad and Chrissy Holdout are the ghosts of Captain Bash and Bingo Bell, and they're doing this to keep their titles as, like, essentially prom king and queen but the beach party version of that um rob and laura hold out their parents are also the ghosts of captain bash and bingo bell and they're doing it to find the treasure whatever that meant uh and sheriff and deputy they wanted to destroy tourism so they wouldn't have to work as hard so all six of these characters are dressing up as the ghosts and call and causing trouble for for three separate reasons and there's not really anyone else who is could it could be a suspect except mm. for the greedy businessman and it's uh, a lampshade is hung upon the fact that the greedy businessman is innocent this time round. um have you looked into scooby-doo and guess who briefly it, it's quite it, like so every episode has like a famous guest star well that's what they've always been like but so, so it's like you know because it's like scooby-doo and guess who so it's like which is the ah, famous guest right, star right, right. so the the first episode it's chris paul who's a nba player the second episode is the ghost of abraham lincoln <laughs> and then later on you have wanda sykes then sherlock holmes then ricky gervais like it's all over the place but this is where the attack of the um that hasn't happened yet. On that the hasn't podcast. happened yet. And, <laughs> wow! It, it it seemed like it would be super easy for um us to not accidentally say something that hasn't happened yet in the storyline of the podcast. That's but so fucking funny. There's right an episode with it. the Hex Girls though. I might oh, check that they, one out. And um, yeah, like Axel Rose is Macklemore's in an episode. They're like the most insane. I don't know. This um, doesn't surprise me. This is about par for the course for Scooby Doo guest stars, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, in the third to last episode, Daphne introduces the gang to her friend Frank Welker, his friends and his friends Gray Griffin, Matthew Lillard, and Kate McCucci, who are filming a television show about four mystery solving teens and a talking dog. Oh my god. Familiar monsters begin kidnapping the voice actors one by one, and the gang must devise a plan to rescue them. That's incredible. <laughs> I just watched the I'm the little like the cameo of Axel Rose, and it's like it looks like he only appears for like 40 seconds and they're like um he's he axel rose is laying on his motorbike and he's like i was starting to think you guys would never show up and then val was like jinkies it's and then the whole gang in unison are like singer songwriter musician and all-around rock god axel rose that's funny and it's like i hope that every episode has them <laughs> like explain who the person is that's guest starring it's very fun i like that 
Uh, we may have a new front runner, I think, for the most legible piece of dialogue we've heard Scooby Doo say. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, it was previously the previous record holder was in the WWE movie where he's where he talks about being or some of his, the areas he shaved has haven't grown back yet. But in this, uh, when they're taken down the ghost pirates, they Shaggy and Scooby get um flung up into the air of a roller coaster or something, and um Shaggy says something like, "This could." be it for us old buddy old pal and scooby says my only regret is that i wish i'd had more scooby snacks <laughs> and it's such an eloquently delivered and i'm starting for the first time i'm starting to hear the midway point between fred and scooby and frank welker's vocal mm. performance like i'm starting to t it's sort of like hey how you can tell that seth mcfarlane plays all the family guy characters mm. like I'm I'm starting to hear whereas previously I was like he's quite a diverse voice actor but they're giving Scooby too many lines and I think it's yeah. it's becoming harder and harder to sell them as being a talking dog and more just a guy talking. <laughs> <laughs> I mean at the end of the day that's all all any of us are isn't it? Mm, I guess so. Fuck, I got am I going to am I going to download the whole series of Scooby Doo and Guess Who? Not right I'm now. I'm so interested. I've got an IMDb goof here. Are you interested or are you going to do your thing and not pay attention? Uh, I'm probably just going to torrent this series. <laughs> All right, well, shall we stop recording then? We can we can start recording again in another, another when, uh, when my internet isn't being used up. Mm. No, could, please, AJ. You I couldn't do this after? You could... <laughs> no, not... AJ, I, I, well, I like to think that I was just making content. Oh, so was I. Oh. Oh my god, you well you 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 got me. It's not a piece of IMDb trivia, it's a goof. Oh well then I I don't care. This is what it says. Um the IMDb goofs page for Lego Scooby Doo Beach Blowjob, whatever it's called. <laughs> it says when the gang checks into the hotel, the owner says he has only one room available. Then suddenly someone comes rushing out, leaving behind another key, making another room available. However, if you look behind the owner and his wife, you can clearly see two keys available, which would have been enough for the whole gang. <laughs> this is Damn. the only goof listed. Someone on, fucked up. On the... Um, on the imdb page but we do have a pretty interesting entry on the scooby wiki for inconsistencies slash continuity errors and or goofs slash oddities uh which mm. says even though the characters don't have fingers they still know what they are so there's a there's a mm. part in this where they're like everybody snap your fingers but then they're like we don't have fingers because they're lego minifigs mm. um and i guess that's a joke you can't make wouldn't make any sense if they weren't lego yeah. so there you go like, well, I mean, we don't have tails, but I know what they are. I don't think anything in Lego world. Lego's like AI-generated images where the, they haven't quite figured out. They haven't quite mastered yet. hands yet, yeah. <laughs> um, I, like, it, this reminds me of um, a lot of VeggieTales, because VeggieTales growing reminds up... Reminds me of a lot of VeggieTales. Yeah, yeah. There would often be jokes about like how they don't have hands, and like there's a scene where like someone say does like an inspirational speech and then everyone claps and then one of them's like, How are we clapping? Mm. Maybe they do have hands, they're just invisible. Well that's the implication because they move mm. stuff as if they did have hands. Like the fudge homestar runner that I made. It's like they it's a have deep cut reference for <laughs> podcast fans. 
it's like they have like a little mini orbit around their vegetable bodies and they can pick up things and yeah what is the sound of one cucumber clapping that sentence made me uncomfortable for some reason uh at one point fred and velma falsely claim that they come from cool town it's sort of like they're panicking and they don't want to tell them the truth so they're like uh we're Mm. from cool town uh which is interesting because canonically the gang is from coolsville so Mm. it's like it's like a joke that ignores that their their actual hometown is already silly yeah, well, it's like a an MCU joke where they're like, "We know the name is silly." Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. Um, I asked, or you is a- it like we're? F- or they don't want to give away that it's Coolsville, and they're like, "We're from Cool." No, it's they're trying to town. seem cool in front of the cool yeah. beach teens. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I was, I was just riffing. No, but yeah, I get you. But but at the same no. time, <laughs> it's, it's it's like they could have just said Coolsville. That's literally mm. where they are from. Well, but maybe they know Coolsville to be actually a famously lame town. Right. And the next town over there, their Shelbyville, is Coolstown. Are you saying that cool you town. you think they think Coolsville sucks? Is that yeah, what you're telling yes, me? I, right? <laughs> I asked you on the last Lego movie if you knew how many Lego movies had been made, and you said you didn't think there was a comprehensive list, and I knew you were wrong at the time, but I didn't say anything because I didn't want to embarrass you because I'm a good friend. Um, but mm. there is a list. It's very but I actually easy. couldn't find one. <laughs> there is... <laughs> Uh, it's very easy to find uh, and it includes both theatrical and straight to video movies so for anyone champing at the bit for us to cover another mega franchise i can tell you that there are 25 lego movies this includes this includes the four theatrical ones the big you know the ones you're probably thinking of when you think of lego movies it also includes the two scooby-doos which i guess we would have to rewatch, uh Mm. plus four bionicle films um Mm. and several dc superhero films if we covered the lego franchise i reckon it would be one of the most disconnected incongruent franchises and we'd learn nothing because lego is a a form and as we see in this movie not a governing narrative idea and so it would just be like for some reason we we release a podcast which talks about uh scooby-doo batman and uh bionicle in one as if they're part of the same series you know Oh yeah, that was quite easy to find. Mm-hmm. Well, what did you learn? Uh, to not trust you. Okay, interesting lesson to take away. How from is there that. no Lego Marvel ones? Because I think Warner Bros owns the um owns the yeah, I guess. What about like um, isn't there Lego Star Wars as well? That's like a big one. There was a yeah, but that'll, Wars, be, that'll be sure. Disney by the time they're like um, doing them, I imagine. I guess they did. Oh, yeah. There's a lot more under TV specials, which includes Avengers ah, and Star Wars. There you go. Well, Richard, do you have anything else you want to tell me about Lego uh, Scooby Doo? Uh, that I want to, to tell you about it. Yep. Yep. I want to tell hiding you. From that... me? No. Okay. Well, then, what we can do now is travel right. forth valiantly into the next film so let's god it's hot i'm i'm sopping wet richard i'm sopping mm. wet wow all right cut i'm keeping that cut in and this one
ones must come to die. Well, I just said, Richard, how stupid it would be to talk about Batman and Scooby-Doo in the same episode. And yet now I've put my bloody sweaty little foot in my gaping maw. Because Scooby-Doo and Batman, The Brave and the Bold, came out in 2018. This was directed by Jack Castorina, uh, and it has a 92% audience score, which I usually am not bringing up the audience scores, but this is probably the mm. highest rated Scooby-Doo movie. <laughs> um, though yeah, though right. I feel like, while it's a Scooby-Doo... Although, though, though... <laughs> while it's a Scooby-Doo movie, I feel like it's a lot of the development team were actually more on the Batman Brave and the Bold um, side of things. Yeah. And, and it's funny... Batman Brave and the Bold has been... It's relevant. ...off here for... Oh, right. Well, it's been off here for a, a while Yeah, at exactly. This point, yeah, right? yeah. Yeah, the, um, the series that... So Batman the Brave and the Bold uh, started in, I think... 2011 um and the film came out the end in 2011 uh and the film came out in 2018 um and this is a crossover with that um the series premiered in 2008 uh and uh Mm. based on the comic book series the brave and the bold this incarnation of batman focuses on team-ups which this uh movie definitely is and it's probably worth saying that we're recording this a mere few days after james gunn has announced the new dcu lineup in which Mm. the dcu version of batman Batman is going to be Batman the Brave and the Bold, which will supposedly uh, focus more on on team-ups. But yeah, outside of both being um, championed Warner Bros. properties, I thought the Scooby-Doo IP and the Batman IP have similar timelines in terms of film and tv yeah and also and yeah and whoring themselves out yeah exactly that's that's exactly what i mean because it feels like they are two characters and you know subsequent uh cast members that are destined to be just reinvented over and over again with different continuities and different art styles and even this movie coming out after the show finished feels reminiscent of us trying to track which scooby-doo movie would belong to which tv show like we haven't Mm. we haven't done that in a while but you know like the brave and the bold movie came out seven years after the show had finished like that's an Mm. entire generation in which a kid grows up you know so like who is this for i guess is the question (laughs) yeah i also think that aj Mm. i want to raise a glass a can to you sir i don't have anything to to raise because i intentionally wanted to be as miserable as possible in my hot room nice well aj this the batman the scooby-doo and batman brave and the bold Mm. marks a very auspicious moment for us because we have now covered more scooby-doo films than barbie films and any other franchise ever as well well right? yeah but that, obviously barbie no was... no i know i know but but like so that's that's a great milestone this is the 38th scooby-doo movie beating barbie's 37 at the time uh but this also means that this is right now the most amount of films we've ever talked about for a film mm. franchise fortnight episode and that will continue with each subsequent film yeah yeah but <laughs> I, I do want to say about this film as well is that watching this and i've mentioned this before already i think but i am so i i consider scooby-doo the dog scooby the do to be such a small part of these films and when i think about these films i am thinking about fred 
I am thinking about Daphne. Mm. I am thinking about Velma, and I am thinking about Shaggy, and I am thinking about how much of my time they take up. I am thinking about discussing them with my good friend AJ. I am thinking about surprise guests who I don't know who they are until (laughs) I'm speaking to them. I am not thinking about the talking dog. Yeah, right. I think as well, I was thinking about this as well, and I think that maybe it's a... um, it's actually like, you know how in the 2016 American election cycle, how mm. all of the the people who are running for president got to go and guest on an episode of SNL, but like mm. there was a stipulation that was like, they have to be offered the exact same amount of screen time as each yeah. other. What if this is a situation where like between the four human characters, mm. uh, they are all so power hungry that the only compromise they could reach was to be known for the dog, their mascot, apparently. They are wow, the Scooby yeah. Gang. It's not Fred and the Mystery Machine. It's the Scooby Gang, you know? Mm. And that makes sense to, if you know, in real yeah. life this happens. You name yourselves after your mascot or vice versa. Yeah. Like, yeah, you use... You you say to me picture scooby-doo like when i think of when i hear those words those two magic words the two double o's in the center of them i i'm think i'm not thinking about the dog i'm not thinking about the titular scooby-doo no which is just an odd phenomenon and it's maybe the idea of a dog that can talk is just you know um, i turned 30 on wednesday and maybe in my older age i'm just not impressed by that anymore yeah but imagine if a dog talked in real life Oh, that'd be insane. Do you have the same feeling about a man who dresses as a bat, perhaps otherwise known as the bat man? <laughs> yeah, I also don't love Batman. Yeah. Gotta say, I think he's the I think that his treatment as the be all and end all, the brave and the bold. I don't know if he is it, the brave and the bold. I think that's referring no, to the- I think I think it's I think the writers intentionally left it ambiguous. But mm. I yeah, I've I've never been that wowed by Batman as a character. I remember talking to you one time, and again, I think I've said this on the podcast before, this idea that you said Marvel has, like, all the best characters, but DC has the best one, and that's Batman. Yeah. I probably don't think that anymore. Mm, okay. I think you just really good. like the Dark Knight. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's... And I like Batman, but it's more like I just know about Batman. I don't know... Like, I had a Batman phase when I was 15 mm. that still, I still retain knowledge of storylines and stuff, but not since 2008, uh, whereas I don't mm. really have that for any other superhero. I don't really like superheroes anymore. That's what the world has beaten wow. down to me. And and I mean, at the same time as well, I think Batman's story in general needs an update because I think it's problematic to be sympathizing with a billionaire that uh, beats up the mentally ill instead of you know, using his money to help them in real ways. To, to kill them, yeah. and, and people go like, oh, but it's a comic. Wouldn't that be a boring? It's like, yeah, so don't just don't make him a billionaire. I don't think him being a billionaire is actually that... He can be a millionaire. Sure. I just don't think him being a billionaire is that relevant to his character anymore. Once you can get over the hurdle of how does he get his gadgets, there you go, mm. you know? Well, I just think that billionaires are cool and are good for society. Well, Scooby-Doo has dozens of evil billionaires in it. Does that, have mm. you learned nothing? No. <laughs> it's interesting with the... And I mean, I guess because Scooby-Doo is part of such a large... I mean, Barbie is also a larger franchise or a larger media entity, I guess, that 
I I I like feeling like a Scooby uh, a Barbie expert. I like talking to people at work who grew up with the films and knowing more yeah. about it than them. I don't feel that way with Scooby Doo. I feel like it's uh, yeah. I, I'm you know I'm scratching. I know that I'm scratching the surface of Scooby Doo. I know that there's 20 years of TV show before I even started the films, and there's now all these TV shows except for the the one I have downloading that I haven't seen. And I can't believe you are voluntarily watching more Scooby Doo than you have to, bro. I actually, I'm, I'm not. That was this was all part of a bit. Oh, okay. But I, I mean, it's like remember when we got to ranking the franchise of Barbie, and I said I think it actually belongs in the top half, and then immediately checked myself and realized that was an insane thing to say. <laughs> Maybe I'm at that point with Scooby Doo now. I've watched more Scooby Doo films than I have seen Barbie films. I don't feel like as much of an expert on the franchise. But yeah, maybe I'm just Stockholm syndroming myself into thinking that I like it. This is what I was saying, and you were like, "No, no, you're Stockholm syndroming yourself into the into saying you think." Because I I floated that Barbie was a better franchise, and you were like, "You are being foolish." I don't remember that. Well, I've In got my it. I've, I have quite literally got it on the record, Richard. Wow. <laughs> I've got it. You could even say I've got it on the record. I thought everything we were saying was off the record. No, no, no. It is being recorded. Could you? Oh my god! Is that why they call it that? Yeah. I Could... thought we were recording. I didn't realize it was on the record. Yeah. I didn't know they were the same word. You learn things every day on this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that should be a new segment. We learn things every day on this podcast. Yeah. I had someone the other day tell me that someone had said to them, oh, Richard seems really serious. Hmm. And like, and he and he's and he's he's quite quiet, and he seems very serious. And I was, I don't know that I've ever been accused of that in my life. I think you got a very serious face, but I think you're a very silly Billy. You're probably one of the s- silliest Billies I know. I mean, even if you don't, you know, someone in the newsroom where I work might not know me that well, but I think I have a famously booming, boisterous laugh that you hear you know from the other end of the room and i just can't see how you would hear that and think well that's a serious guy yeah i'm i'm the silliest of billies i think yeah maybe this is just me trying to cling on to my youth and the the never last dwindling time. embers of my 20s mm, you can never go back so what is the batman and the scooby about well i was gonna ask you the same thing um what is this movie about richard you watched it more recently than me i.e 45 minutes ago can you relay the plot to me so like the mystery gang uh just investigating thefts by Papetto. And then Batman just shows up and saves the day. Mm. There's no like, oh, we're off to Gotham, gang, or anything like that. There's no, they don't even really acknowledge that they're in Gotham until the Batman shows up, which is crazy because all the other ones, all the other crossovers we've seen have been like, oh, we're going to this place. I'm so excited about Kiss. I'm so excited about Blue Falcon. This one is just, oh, of course Batman's here. Yeah. And then, Interesting that Batman exists in the same universe as the Blue Falcon movie, which is a superhero mm. TV show in the universe of Scooby-Doo. Yeah, so <laughs> the, the the mystery gang get initiated or they get offered a spot in the Mystery Analysts of Gotham, which I so thought was going to be 
referred to as an acronym at some point and it's so close to MAGA. <laughs> but they, yeah, because it turns out it was Batman and Martian Manhunter and Detective Chimp that were actually Papetto. And so it was a test to see if they could solve the mystery, yada, yada, yada. Anyway, there's the Crimson Cloak starts bloody, uh, bloody, you know, fucking shit up in Gotham. Mm. And so now it's up to Batman and now teamed up with the Mystery Machine to, uh, with the, the Mystery Gang, sorry, to solve the 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 mm. the issue and you know they team up with uh who have they got black canary plastic man the question Aquaman, and martian manhunter and detective chimp of course and we see a bunch of his rogues gallery mm. uh, yeah and yeah it yeah. turns out that it was the riddler one of the one of the rogues gallery you see is um king tut you see him he appears in Arkham. They they do they walk past a bunch of um criminals in their cells and you see King Tut peer out. And do you know much about mm. King Tut? Uh from my Egypt phase. <laughs> so King Tut is a Batman villain that was invented for the nineteen sixties Adam West TV show, uh, and has shown up in barely anything since uh the batman tv show in fact outside of this movie the only other times king tut has appeared has been in the two do you remember they made those two animated adam west batman movies just before he died and it was like it was there was a called like return of the cape crusader and batman vs two-face i think and william shatner played two-face so he showed up in them and i think in similar cameo roles Mm. uh and the only other thing he appeared in it was the lego batman movie what a connection there it is yeah because the yeah the, the lego batman movie was like we're going to use the stupidest villains yeah, yeah yeah i'm sweating down my back i'm having i'm feeling trickles of sweat down my back which has never happened to me before uh, there's a, a friend of mine at work who the first time i met her we were working like working on a shoot together and it was we we're at the airport it was very hot is this gonna and be she a quick anecdote like, no just kidding yeah <laughs> <laughs> she was like I have so much sweat dripping down my ass crack. And I was like, the fact that you tell me that on the first time we meet each other, it tells me we're going to be friends. And now she like goes out of her way to tell me when she's really sweaty. And so, <laughs> and it's just this funny little, like, um, she'll just message me and be like, oh, I'm at this whatever. Yeah. I'm, I'm dripping. Do you, okay. do you refer to her by her last name? No. Okay. That's how you know it's platonic. If her last name was like Taylor and you called her Taylor, that means mm. there's something. That means what? That, that means there's a sexual tension brewing. Right, yeah. So you're safe. I, I do have a friend called Taylor. Right. It was just a last name I pulled out. There's of. sexual tension. Yeah. A lot of sexual tension. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, so I thought this one was pretty fun. I thought this was actually cr- like, yeah. and, and maybe it's the Batman of it all, but it's yeah. actually a pretty. It's probably. I reckon this is the the most compelling mystery we've seen in all thirty eight wow. movies. Like it's it because it's taken so seriously and is like yeah, yeah. Batman's partially to blame for the yeah. the red cloak getting the crimson cloak getting created. I just I don't yeah. know. I was quite. I was like mildly captivated by a lot of it. Wow, mildly <laughs> yeah, captivated. Yeah, yeah. You're right. This is one of the best, the best ones. Yeah. Have you seen Batman: The Brave and the Bold? No, it came out. Um, it was it, i should have though because it was the one that came out 
as the Dark the Knight came Dark out. Knight, yeah. And that was when I got into Batman. But I think I was like the kind of Batman fan that was like, I am not interested in Aquaman or any of the other. Like, I want just Batman right. in a vacuum. You're like, actually, like Marvel has good characters, but DC has the best one. And then <laughs> I don't care about the rest of them. Exactly. Uh, and so I think I didn't want to watch it because Brave and the Bold obviously being, that's what it is. It's the team up property. It's the Brave and the bonus yeah exactly um i wasn't interested in seeing other characters so this is my first um indoctrination into it deirdrick bader plays of, yeah what did you think of deirdrick bader? he's a good batman i think it's a voice I've, I've heard before in a lot of things so it's funny to yeah. see to see it applied to batman um but i thought he was a compelling character i thought i thought um aquaman it was really funny in this movie wow um i thought that what plastic, a 180 you've done plastic john man, dimaggio as well though yeah yeah plastic man was really funny um yeah his introduction is when he tries to get daphne to sit on his face yeah he's stretched and out I was into like, a, Damn, the this shape guy, of a chair this guy's got it <laughs> this guy um, knows what's up i thought it was funny to make a story that that heavily involves both the question and the riddler and then have it be that yeah. the riddler is the, the riddler question is in the disguise question. um and i was like this feels like two characters that they made independently and kind of <laughs> yeah, avoided and putting together, together because they're too mm. similar um so that, because that was the name funny. is the same thing yeah 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 exactly but also it's so like when it's very obvious that it's the question because there's a very lampshaded moment where they're like oh question you're not asking us questions anymore and he's like oh it's because yeah yeah so this is not the first time that batman and the scooby gang have first interacted i would say this is quite quite get fucked a well-known piece of trivia absolutely fucked they crossed over before in two 1972 episodes uh from the hanna-barbera's new scooby-doo movies and wow. the dynamic the, the episodes are called the the dynamic scooby-doo affair and the cape crusader caper uh where scooby wow. and the gang team up with batman and robin to capture joker and penguin uh this is that they are modeled after adam west and burt ward but are not played by adam west and burt ward in, wow in these iterations you know if you tried to tell me before today that that crossed over before i would have told you to get fucked you did you just said that anyway oh yeah no I, today as well damned if also, i do damned if i don't if I it had, if it had been earlier than today i would have had the same response right, is what right. i'm saying uh the, the, I, can these... you do an adam west impression <laughs> i'll come out when they're all gone <laughs> i i don't think i've ever heard you do mark hamill's joker i don't think i can wow what does so i getting no love for the adam west impression i did not even i like actually i haven't said this anything because i didn't want to ruin the 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 charade or the you know the peek behind the curtain your recording volume for some reason today is so low and i cannot hear half of what you say i've got my speakers turned all the way up oh, weird. and your adam west one was so quiet i i actually couldn't hear it i'm sorry i wonder if it's on zoom well, Zoom usually corrects for because we we record our microphones lower and then boost them in post, and the Zoom can correct for that. It can normalize them to a volume. So if you're in a and if you're in a Zoom chat with a lot of people, you don't have everyone at wildly different volumes. Ah, oh, well, I don't but, know why. Nothing else is different. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's fine. I will listen oh, I back, AJ, and I know some. Happened 
20 something hours after the the episode releases i will message you and say aj i did love your adam west my my line button is pressed in on my mix my mixer and i don't want to unpress it because then it'll make it too loud um Mm. but i can fix that in post all right i'll do a louder adam west you ready thank you yes i'll come out when they're all gone (laughs) (laughs) thank you there you go um the episodes of uh scooby-doo that batman and robin appeared in before these episodes were packaged into a compilation release titled scooby-doo meets batman which imdb erroneously lists as being one hour and 17 minutes long giving me a moment of dread thinking we'd missed the first film in the franchise and how funny that would be if the first film in the franchise was scooby-doo meets batman Uh, but from i don't know why imdb says that and from what i can tell these two episodes are what that what uh, two episodes yeah yeah and um, the gang has also met uh before in the continuity of the brave and the bold in an episode called bat might presents batman's strangest cases which is the 25th episode of the second season um the scooby gang teams up with batman and robin to stop the joker and penguin from finding bulldog benson's fortune during a weird al yankovic concert uh or something wow. uh so that's that reminds the- me of the weird al reference in the following the following it hasn't happened yet (laughs) according to scoobypedia though it's debatable whether this episode should be considered canonical Uh, the gang is placed in a death trap that hinges on scooby eating a large quantity of scooby snacks if he does a scale will go up and the on and on the other side the whole gang will be lowered into a shark tank to die scooby says that he can't help himself and begins to eat while his friends plead for him to stop holy shit oh my god not read this before i copied and pasted this crosses a moral line the real scooby would never cross (laughs) the real scooby batmite is an extra dimensional prankster he may be presenting something he made up or something from an alternate universe than the normal scooby canon okay i thought that was going to be like it's not canon because they meet for the first time in this movie this is clearly a scoobypedia diehard which we love you guys you guys take your shit so seriously and it's really pathetic and i'm insulting you but i love it Um, (laughs) i this is this is saying scooby-doo would never do that (laughs) yeah i do want to say though there was a moment at the end of this film that i thought of you and i thought aj is gonna fucking love this Mm. as batman is leaving the mystery gang he says oh i almost forgot a bat snack for scooby and it's this little batarang shaped Mm. scooby snack and he throws it at scooby and shaggy gets in there first and eats it himself the first time in the canon possibly that shaggy has stolen a snack from scooby and i know it tears your heart in two every time he scooby steals a snack from shaggy yeah no i was i felt very um, <laughs> i was like la- glad to finally see that dog get his yeah i hate that fucking dog richard <laughs> he's always eating Sh- scooby shaggy's food and now he's finally got a taste of his own medicine probably probably a limited edition bat snack as well like you're mm. not going to get these you can't just go down to the store and get these and shaggy ripped it away from scooby and he fucking deserved it as well yeah yeah Yep, I I actually disagree with Scooby Pedia. I actually think that episode where Scooby chooses Scooby Snacks over his friends pleading to, for their lives is actually entirely accurate to the kind of mm. villainous, psychopathic, narcissistic douchebag that Scooby Do Scoobert Do is in real life. Mm. 
I I also would add that uh, he's he's not real and he's no. and he is a dog. No. Uh, Have you ever tried to get a dog to stop eating something? Scooby. Kind of. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like that's actually a realistic portrayal of, of a yeah. dog. The unrealistic part is I'm talking, idiots. Put that on Scoobypedia. <laughs> the real Scooby would never. <laughs> the Scooby, Scooby-Doo-pedia should mention that uh, it's not real because it can't. Mm. dogs can't talk in real life. 2023 mm. is for t- cutting toxic people out of your life. And that includes wow. Scooby Doo. And we're going to stop visiting Scoobypedia yeah. and stop visiting those Scooby pedophiles. Yeah. Yeah. ACAB includes Scooby Doo. Um, I think it's insane. The villain of so so for those wondering who did it and, and yada yada yada, Clayface is the revealed to be the the villain. He is dressed as the Crimson Cloak and is looking for a cure to his condition. And as we said, Riddler is posing as the question, and he wanted to use Milo's weapon to destroy Gotham and have and have Clay Clayface blame sorry frame Batman and the gang into stealing the isotopes. And I think it's insane that Batman, the greatest, the world's greatest detective, doesn't immediately clock that Clayface is behind everything yeah because it's like it's like we've got the security footage of shaggy doing this thing but we know he didn't and i was like oh it's clayface because that's clayface's mo well and also he's like this mud or clay isn't from around here go invest it's like surely by now he would just be able to go oh this is what the clayface clay yeah exactly exactly yeah I thought it was stupid, but I like the movie. And there's a point in it as well where they go to the uh, Arkham, Arkham Asylum cafeteria and the food is named and they read, they say these out loud, Shaggy does. He says, we've got the Bates Burger, the Hanny Bowl, the Pasta Al Capone, um, and um, just those three. So those are named after Norman Bates, Hannibal Lecter, and Al Capone. And I thought that was a strange reference. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what, like it's it, it's okay. Oh, cool horror movie villains, and yeah. then it's like and Al Capone and a real monster, <laughs> yeah. like a real life monster. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Depending on who you ask, a yeah. fun that's true. A fun connection to uh, Psycho that we've watched and Hannibal. A fun which, connection to I'm sure um, we Al Capone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, to finish up our conversation on Scooby Doo and Batman: The Brave and the Bold, I want to read out a letterbox review. Um, that I found for this. This is three and a half stars. It was written by Dave Taylor on on Dave Taylor. It says, Don't call it, him just Taylor because that means you guys. Are, are I want to fuck. I want to fuck. Yeah. It's this is the review. Interior bathroom. Dave is giving his six year old son a bath. Dave. So what do you give Batman and Scooby the Scooby Doo movie? Son. Five out of ten. Dave. Oh wow, that is lower than I expected. How come so low? Son. The scene where you could see the bones. Dave. What? Son. Where that guy went into the portal and you could see his bones. Dave. Oh, where the guy got vaporized. But then at the end he was okay. Son. I didn't like the bones. Dave. (laughs) Okay. So before the vaporizing scene, what would you give the movie? Son. 10 out of 10. (laughs) Dave. Let's say they cut out the part with the bones. What would you give it? Son. 10 out of 10. Dave. So because of those few styles of animation that showed the dude getting vaporized, even though they showed he was actually okay in the end, your enjoyment of the movie was cut in half. Son, I didn't like the bones. End of scene. (laughs) 
nice. thought this was very funny and I wanted to like it, Dave Taylor, but I thought people might see me liking a review on Letterboxd yeah. and put two and two together. So I did not, but I like it in the real way, not the social media way. Wow. Yeah. Um, everybody go follow Dave Taylor on Letterboxd. As, mm, but as don't Kenneth. just call him Taylor. He's got heaps Unless of followers. He's got more followers than me. Fuck him. Wow. <laughs> That's saying something. So, AJ, I'm. Put me out of my fucking misery. Okay. Who the fuck are our next guests? Well, I have no idea. I haven't met them. Yeah. You haven't told me. I haven't already recorded with them. I haven't told them about my flat tire. I want to we know. We haven't referenced Weird Al Yankovic around them either. We haven't referenced Weird Al Yankovic together. Um, I. Who are they? Let's go. Let's. Dugo. Let's go meet all three of them. <laughs> That's the obvious thing that went like you were like, I don't know that I'm gonna have a flat tire yet. I could have said, and I don't know that one of the three guests couldn't make it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, welcome back everyone. Welcome back to our Mammoth Scooby-Doo episode and you can probably tell by the the excitement in my voice that Richard is not the only person joining me to discuss the uh, <laughs> next film. Uh, we have uh, some more guests. It's Jess Perkins and Dave Wanaki from Do Go On. Hi everyone, how are you? Ooh, hello. Hello. <laughs> Cop that Richard, he's not excited for you. <laughs> I, I don't feel excitement. <laughs> he doesn't even feel excited for the two of you so everyone's miserable to see each other well, it's- i don't really feel any emotions <laughs> right I, after- um, <laughs> one thing i want to point out aj that i don't know if we've been talking about having a do go on guest spot for mm-hmm. a while mm-hmm. i don't think i've until last night when i was driving home i don't think i put together that like do go on like with two o's like scooby-doo Ah, oh, right. There you go. And, we, a, and we're getting a... them on for one of the only films that doesn't have the word do in the title. <laughs> um, it, it is probably worth pointing out as well. There is a, a third member of your podcast who I did most of the planning for this guest spot with who um, uh, ended up being sick. Matt could not make it, unfortunately, but he did watch the movie, which is a very funny movie to watch for no <laughs> yes, reason. He did, and he... He watched it from the bath, he yeah. told us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which he calls his wet desk. Yeah. <laughs> um, he has some of his best ideas in the wet desk. So I'm sure he would have had some really good contributions, but unfortunately we'll never hear them. <laughs> yeah, I watched it on land. 
Sorry. No, yeah, it's, it's, it, I think it is more of a land watch, though. I, I'd worry if, like, yeah. you dropped your laptop or something in the bath and, like, fried for this movie of all movies. What, what, are, what, that, what movies are wet watches, then, AJ? Yeah. Uh, Avatar, The Way Shape of Water. Of water? <laughs> yeah. Free Willy. Yeah, yeah. Is it Shape of Water, the one where she falls in love with a fish man? Yeah, absolutely. That mm. yep. Yeah, that's a, that's that a wet movie if I've ever seen one. These are absolutely. wet watches. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> um, so, as Richard alluded to before, you guys are joining us for the 39th film in the Scooby-Doo franchise, uh, which does not have Scooby-Doo in it. It is called Daphne and Velma. It came out in 2018. It is a live-action uh, spin-off that focuses on the high school years of Daphne and Velma. It was directed by Susie Unisi, uh, who I quick uh, research told me she also directed an award-winning indie film in 2009 mm. called Dear Lemon Lima. Uh, and was a producer on the fantastic rom-com uh, You and Me and Everyone We Know, uh, which bears the question, how do you wind up directing this movie after such a, a pedigree <laughs> of um, of film? Um, it has no I think critics. the answer is just to be a woman in Hollywood. <laughs> That's probably true. <laughs> yeah. um, this has no critic score on Ron Tomatoes, as barely any of these films were watched by critics, but it does have a 29% <laughs> audience score, which is also very low for an audience score. <laughs> Now, just, just to confirm, is that out of 100? It is out of 100, correct. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. If it was out of 30, that would be incredible. <laughs> Imagine mm. if the Rotten Tomatoes was out of 30%. Yeah. <laughs> and they never explain why. It's out of 30%. Don't worry about it. Every film looks like it's bombing. <laughs> Godfather's 30. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Dave and Jess, would you like to tell us uh, briefly what the film is about? If you can. Oh, look, having watched it yesterday, it's definitely still fresh in my mind. <laughs> I wasn't doing other things while I was watching it. Mm-hmm. It's well, well, I mean, it's about, as you mentioned, the teen years of mm. Daphne and Velma, who are, who are internet friends. Mm. Essentially, at the start of the film, they are friends. A bit like us. Hey. <gasps> hey. Let's solve a mystery. <laughs> Why was this movie made? Yay. <laughs> That's actually so cute. That would be really cool. <laughs> We're like Daphne and Velma. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're like their best friends on the internet. Did you? Did anyone else get the feeling when they were watching the start of the movie that they've? I felt like I'd missed something. Like maybe you'd sent me half the movie mm. or something. Because mm. it starts with them being best friends of the internet. None of that's ever explained. Yeah. Sort of their their backstory. It's super convoluted. What that means. It <laughs> yeah. just become, it just sort yeah. of starts and then I was going, Oh oh okay, they're well, best friends on the internet. Daphne's travelled around a lot because yeah. of her mum's work. Mm. Um and so they've just become friends on the internet. That's what kids these days are doing. Yeah. They're making friends all over the place, Dave. Oh, okay. It's not just, you know, the kid who lives next door I d- now. I don't know about you guys, but I like a little bit of subtext in my films. <laughs> I don't like it to all be explained to me. Yeah. Um, so no, and you're I like, like a big old spoon straight into my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> I just, it's, it's, Dave's got a very American approach to watching films. He loves it to be spoon fed to him. <laughs> what the hell is going on? Who is this? Yeah, I think um, it, it is very convoluted because it feels like if someone was like, it's the origin story of Daphne and Velma, I would assume, right, they start off, they're not friends, they're from opposite sides mm. of the tracks and the film is about them growing closer. If that had been the plot of the film, I wouldn't have even called it out for being unoriginal but instead Mm. it's like no they know each other on the internet then Daphne moves to Velma's town starts high school but Velma doesn't want to be friends with Daphne in real life for a reason that Mm. I thought was ultimately under explained but I think it's Mm. that she she didn't want her to 
be associated with how uncool Velma saw herself. Yeah. Um, and there's a, a character named Tobias Bloom, who is a a tech giant, sort of a Steve Jobs, Elon Musk type that for some reason mm. has made a high school. And in this high school, mm. uh, <laughs> there is a leaderboard for how good you are as a student, which is just like <laughs> such a bad idea. It's so uh, fucking dystopian. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And if the film was more self-aware, I think that would have been something fun to dig into. But unfortunately, it's, it's not as self-aware as it could be. And so you're just left being like, this is a terrible practice for a for a high school to, to go under but all these teachers are like let's rank the kids <laughs> <laughs> and, and publicly you, and you get points for test scores and like you mm. know school stuff but also social media posts <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. make yeah. it relatable for the kids so they'll be invested i guess <laughs> um and the the main mystery at the heart of it is that the top students the pe- people who reach the top of the leaderboard keep turning into mindless zombies and so daphne and valma put aside their contrived differences that were invented for the plot um and uh try and figure it out and it ends up being that tobias bloom is wiping kids minds when they have brilliant ideas and taking the ideas for himself but it turns out he is actually not the mastermind he's just an actor from japan and that the real mastermind is one of the students uh mass who's actually t- the the ripe old age of 26 and masquerading yeah as a teenager. I love that. You look great for 26. I was like, what the hell is happening? I I wouldn't say I liked this movie, but I did jot down uh, jokes I liked in Daphne and Velma, and that was one of them, was when they find out the villain is 26, Daphne says, your skin looks incredible for a 26-year-old, and she's like, okay, it's not really that old, but thanks. (laughs) That's a great joke. Thanks. It's a good bit. <laughs> Other jokes I liked in Daphne and Velma, and like I didn't like this movie, but I had a good time with it. That's that's, and maybe that's the thirty-eight other Scooby-Doo movies talking. But I don't know. I found I found great jokes. One of them was when um, they're trying to eavesdrop on the popular jock boys to see if they'll say anything incriminating, um, and they're like hiding and listening to them. And one of the jocks is like, "I don't really know what I want to be when I grow up, but I just want to be a really good dad." And the other one's like, "Dude, I wish you were my dad." And I was like. <laughs> if I just saw this clip in isolation, I'd be like, that's a fantastic <laughs> joke. What is this movie? Yeah. <laughs> a delightful conversation that I wish more teenage boys would absolutely, have. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I also <laughs> thought, and we'll talk about the scene uh, properly in, in a second, but I thought the scene where uh, Daphne and Valma are faced with a security system which tries to scare them away by rattling off their biggest insecurities. Horrifying scene. Horrifying scene. We'll talk about it in a moment. One of the things <laughs> that you hear, one of the insecurities you hear floating around because you hear like, you're ugly, you'll never be good enough. To... One of them is, um, there will never be a female president. <laughs> it's a pretty good joke for like a straight to DVD kids also movie. Also that came out in 2018, like yeah. post 2016 election. Yeah, yeah like. exactly. Exactly. Um, and finally, the, the last joke that made me laugh in Daphne and Velma was when they, so the whole movie Daphne thinks that supernatural stuff is afoot. She keeps saying like, I think ghosts are responsible. And then when they find out that Tobias Bloom is a hologram by throwing something at him and it goes through him, uh, Velma goes, oh my God, he's a ghost. And I was like, ah, that's such a 
punchline to like this recurring setup. But um, yeah, so that that's about the only the only praises I can sing for the film. What did you guys? What did everyone else think of this movie? I one of my favorite bits mm-hmm. was that um, Daphne's dad was behind yes. all of her success, <laughs> yeah. um, picking her outfits. To... Was he say four years in some sort of fashion yeah, school? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, which I mean, nightmare helicopter parenting, but mm. pretty funny. Mm. Um, mm. And I like that it was the dad and not the mum. A you unique know, spin. Nice change. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> A helicopter dad. <laughs> um, I thought that was pretty funny, but it was also revealed quite early on. Mm. Um, yeah. I, I wish they'd like held that off a little longer, and she just kept having all this good luck, and then finds out it's her dad. Because that was pretty funny. That's an excellent note for the script, Jess. I think you're absolutely mm. right. It should have been revealed later on. Because <laughs> it's a fun bit. Yeah, they're yeah. just like, within yeah. the first 15 minutes, they've revealed that dad is the one who's like, you know, you've, you've been lucky all this time because your dad is making exactly what you want for breakfast. <laughs> and luck. making sure. Yeah, it's luck. Because <laughs> you could have done a whole film about like, Daphne's so lucky and Velma's, oh, she's so clumsy and unlucky, but... Yeah, it's it's a waste. It's like an yeah. early note for the premise of what the film would be about. That by the time the script was finished, they'd abandoned that whole part of it, but then still kept it mm. in for some reason. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. I liked uh, I liked the pr- the principal. I enjoyed her performance. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> very cool. <laughs> <laughs> Super wacky. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I can't remember any of the things she said off the top of my head now, but I just uh, enjoyed it every time she was on the screen. And there was no need for her to be Velma's aunt, yeah. but she was. <laughs> yeah, a lot of unmotivated ideas in this, this film. Well, I yeah. think it's there's no need for them to be Daphne and Velma. Really. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's absolutely yeah. right. Isn't that's that? so true. There's no real other sort of links to. Not that not that I picked up. I mean, I haven't watched thirty plus mm. Scooby Doo movies. Yeah, you guys so. are the experts. But apart from her wearing glasses and saying jinkies about three times, is there any other reason they had to pay the copyright? I'm, I'm yeah. glad you asked. Um, so yes, it is largely unrecognisable as a Scooby Doo movie. Um, <laughs> there is a there's a line where Valma says, "I'm good with dogs." That IMDb told me was a reference to Scooby Doo, uh, and sure. there's a montage toward the end of the film where they're like running away from the monster and it's done like the classic Scooby-Doo running through hallways. <gasps> yes, like, that's right. Yes, I did like that, um, actually. Valma yeah. loses her glasses. They say jinkies, as you say, uh, Dave. Mm. Not that you say jinkies, Dave. But <laughs> I'm bringing it back. Bring it back. <laughs> I think if, if, I, if there was anybody in my life who, would, who, who I think would pull off jinkies... Mm. <laughs> Or not even pull it off, but if somebody was like, <laughs> but, but, not but pull it off. Just someone in your someone in your life is saying jinkies a lot now. I'd be like, oh, Dave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. What uh, is Dave more of a jinkies guy or a zoinks guy though? I think Matt's zoinks. Right. I'm the jinkies. You're jinkies. Okay. Mm. Yeah, I reckon. I reckon Matt would be zoinks. So that nice. leaves you with um, jeepers. Raggy? Just, just well, to, to dog noises. Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, so what? What do you guys have a a pre existing relationship with Scooby Doo at all? A conversation which won't be very pertinent for this movie, but uh, that's what we've been asking every guest. And before you answer, every single guest has said they're aware of Scooby Doo, but they were never into it. Is the same true for you guys? Probably. I did go through a little bit of a phase. I don't even remember when that um when did that live action Sarah Michelle Geller movie come 2002. out? Two thousand two. Um yeah. 
2002. Okay, so I was 12, so I was probably target audience. Mm, so mm. I definitely went through a phase of watching that movie. I reckon I'm, I had that on VHS. Mm-hmm. Watched that a couple of times. Um, watched it again recently. I was like, okay. <laughs> we watched it again recently too, about two weeks, yeah, two, but... three weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> and what did you think? Uh, Richard Loved likes it. it. Uh, I think it's a perverted, disgusting <laughs> movie. <laughs> <laughs> Just like me, baby. <laughs> I think it was a bit of fun. I enjoyed it at the time. Mm. But beyond that, I mean, I'm sure the cartoons were on, you know, Saturday mornings when I was watching TV or something. Mm. But it wasn't something that I really actively sought out. Well, Mm. I guess as well, being Australian, that you guys probably have a great affinity for the movie world ride that we've spoken about a couple of times. Oh, Oh my God, it's awesome. I love that ride. It's so good. And I'm I'm not good on roller coasters because I have a pretty sensitive tum, mm. um, <laughs> so too. I end up throwing up. So, but so I'm usually the one holding the bags, mm. but uh, <laughs> while everybody else has a good time, but the vomit, I vomit, vomit bags. Vomit bags. <laughs> I loved that ride, it's and it so starts good. off so lame, mm. like it's a really lame sort of ghost uh, ghost train, and you're like, wow, this sucks. Like you know things very obviously popping out like ah and you're like Mm. oh I'm so scared and you're like why did I waste my time lining up for this ride and then it just goes into an insane like mad mouse roller coaster for a bit in the dark oh Mm. man so much fun thank you for bringing that up (laughs) it's come up a few times (laughs) yeah they've redone it recently I was reading so if you haven't been in a few years it might be time to read to head back well I guess I have to I just can't imagine designing new aspects for a ride that's based off a 20-year-old movie. It blows my yeah. mind to think about. <laughs> yeah, well, I um, uh, yeah. For me, yes. Scooby-Doo, I might be your first big fan. Really? Wow. <gasps> Loved the cartoon growing up. Loved it. Cartoon Network was a, a channel yes. on uh, Foxtel mm-hmm. or pay TV here. Loved watching Scooby-Doo. Love everything about it except a little thing called Scrappy Dude. Of course. Came along and ruined the show. Yeah. Hate those episodes, but the other ones, luckily I had Scooby-Doo t-shirts, I had uh, stickers wow. on my school books. Big fan. Maybe a Scooby-Doo hat. Oh! Wow. Mm. I, I say this with love, Dave, but as someone who's listened to your podcast for a number of years, this makes so much sense. <laughs> I think because you, you're into like Agatha Christie and, I mean, mysteries are a big part of Do Go On, so that it makes sense that you would be into, into Yeah, Scooby-Doo I loved it. Even though it always turned out to be the exact same thing, the formula was the same every <laughs> yeah. single week, but I still loved it. I love mm. all the characters. Still shocked every time. Yeah, every time. What? How? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, <laughs> that's one reference I did really enjoy in this one is that the the villain said, and "I would have got away with it too if it wasn't for you stinking kids or something like that." Right? And yes. I was like, yes. yes, yeah, N- yeah. That, you, yes. And yeah. also the uh, suspicious janitor. Also, yes, yes. yeah. The I love how these tropes are new and fresh to you guys. We've had a meddling kids line in every fucking movie, so <laughs> yes. it's, it's been like the point of conversation for a while. I was actually meaning to bring this up, uh, Richard. I reckon the reason it's said so much in the Scooby Doo universe, I reckon. It's it's this universe's equivalent of like uh, the C word. Con- no, <laughs> I was close. I was gonna say like conservatives calling left wing people snowflakes. I right, reckon yeah, yeah. meddling in the world of Scooby Doo is like saying triggered and expecting it to have a reaction. Right. So whenever they're called meddling kids, they think it's a real sick burn. They're and like, the, oh, and you, the- you triggered snowflakes. Yeah, yeah. That's essentially what they're saying. Is it's like a buzzword. I would have gotten away with it. It weren't for you leftist cucks. <laughs> 
Um, so this is the final, uh, fifth and final live action Scooby-Doo movie that uh, we're going to be covering for this podcast. For now. <laughs> for now at least one comes out before we uh, wrap up. Um, <laughs> Wiki- next two weeks. Wikipedia claims that it is a spin-off film to the franchise and also a prequel to the 2002 movie. I don't agree. I think this is a new continuity. I don't think mm. there is a lot of connective tissue between the two uh, mm. canons. Um, and it is certainly a completely different canon to the previous live action prequels which uh, were straight to tv uh which i think were a lot worse than this so if you guys thought this was bad we had to watch a couple of prequels with the whole gang and a very cheaply animated live action Scooby Doo, <laughs> and they, they were bottom of the barrel so it, the laughs i got from this one skyrocketed this one far above the the last live action <laughs> ones that we had to watch but also this is the first live action scooby-doo film in which the monsters aren't real they've oh. been real and all the other ones so and in fact a lot of people who've come on the show have thought like well that's the whole rub of scooby-doo is the monsters aren't real the monsters are real probably 50 to 60 percent of the time and right. at least in, in the movies and it's probably because the movies started well after the series and so there's a, a need to want to innovate and you, you I guess. subvert the formula a little bit yeah, yeah, exactly <laughs> um and uh this is also the first scooby-doo f- movie to not feature scooby-doo or shaggy though the same can't be said for fred uh the mystery gang's most mysterious gang member dave you said you hated scrappy doo the first three scooby-doo movies have none of the mystery gang outside of Shaggy and Scooby, but they do prominently feature Scrappy Doo. So, oh, wh- not like why? Them. Why out of everyone? Fucking character, love that little guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I like how this this whole thing we've been talking about. How like no, none of our guests have seemed to have too much of affinity of an affinity for Scooby Doo, but everyone always mentions whether they loved or hated Scrappy Doo. <laughs> um, Alexi Toliopoulos could not say worse things about. Uh, Scrappy do. Um, while, yes, while, I knew I liked that guy. <laughs> while, uh, Hamish Parkinson said it was his favourite part of the show. So really? a lot of a lot of varying um, opinions on mm. on Scrappy, but yeah, interesting. He's just a little goofball. <laughs> I think I think he's just such an important character to the sphere of pop culture. Like it's a it's mm. a, t- a Scrappy do is an idea more than a character. Like this idea wow. of of the show ruining or IP ruining thing. It feels yeah. like Scrappy Doo is the symbol. Symbol. I would it. love some psychologists to to study that and what it says about you as a person if you're really mm. pro Scrappy or if you hate him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you're pro Scrappy Doo, you're probably pro Dobby and Harry Potter, and I just cannot. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was oh going to say that, like hating Scrappy Doo to such an extent to me feels like the people that are like oh my god, I hate the word moist. Don't say that around me. <laughs> that it's like at one point it was like oh, this thing that people actually feel really strongly about, but now it's like... Not God. Dave, though, because he's actually got the knowledge. No, but Dave's watch. cool. Dave, you're cool. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, I mean, my point of difference is I cannot get enough of the word moist. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Just keep saying it, please. <laughs> um, so we met, I mentioned it before, and we sort of touched on that there's a scene in this movie where there's a security system that's keeping them from progressing in the story, and it tells them they're in securities. And, like, Scooby-Doo is obviously, like, 
rubbing shoulders with the genre of horror. There's monsters, there's all sorts of things. The only thing we've seen in 39 movies that has truly terrified me was how they depicted the scene. Where they were <laughs> trying to reference how in the Scooby-Doo cartoons, when the lights go off, you can just see people's eyes. Like, they're the only yeah. ones illuminated. Mm. And in this, that's what they do. But this is a live-action film, and they're doing their best to make these eyes look live-action. Google it, listening at home, if you haven't seen it. The insecurity system scene in Velma and Daphne, and Daphne and Velma. Which I'm sure will be plastered all over the internet. Very it easy to find. terrifying. <laughs> it looks oh. so scary. I couldn't believe it. I'm such an idiot in that I did not even put together that it was like in the cartoons where they're right. in the dark. <laughs> and you just said that. I'm like, of course. Why else would they do this terrifying, creepy scene mm. that does not work with live action? Because their eyes yeah. looked really strange. Mm. Um, and and I, I, yeah, I, I was looking away from the screen for a bit there. That's a point where I was like, I'm just going to check my phone. <laughs> so they, they get out of the security system by being like, let's overload the machine and show them that we don't have insecurities. Mm. And I was expecting when they said, let's overload the machine, I thought they were just going to get so fucking insecure that it's too much for the machine to handle which I was like that's a super interesting scene if they're just like Velma you're so fat like and they just make each other feel weird. but instead they underload the machine uh, and, yeah. and make it die out and I'm, yeah that's they're just confident young woman which is less interesting yeah that's then. less interesting yeah, to disgusting. me <laughs> well uh, speaking of the Wikipedia page for this film I think was written by someone trying to sell the film uh, because a lot of the reception category as very sings very high praises um, and it talk there's a lot of talk about um the female empowerment aspect which i i think is is valid for, especially if like you're a little kid watching this film but it is funny there's one of the um <clears throat> quotes that i pulled was like um uh, Danielle Solzman of Solzy at the Movies stated that the film couldn't come at a better time for women, uh, which is an interesting statement to say, <laughs> like, post-Me post Too, right? Like, 2018, yeah. just post-Me Too, and this movie that, and you know, no one has ever seen is listed as a, coming at a great time for women. Oh, just what we needed. <laughs> Have you checked out Danielle's uh, website? I'd no. love to know how Solzy many at the movies. Movie, yeah, yeah. How many... Solvi at the movies that have actually been. <laughs> that was the first and only time. I reckon Danielle Solzman added this to the Wikipedia page what, herself so, uh, as well. <laughs> Danielle Solzman, her um, reviews date back, or archives date back to June 2015. Um, right. I can, let's have a look at some more movie reviews from her. <laughs> yeah. What else has she spoken about? Most recently, 80 for Brady is hysterical. <laughs> I love, on the show, we often get stuck in these rabbit holes where we're finding some obscure reviewer's website and we'll like <laughs> just put them on blast for a bit. I love the idea that we have a lot of, um, like, mortal enemies who don't <laughs> know about us. Yeah, 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 exactly. I love just picking beef with mm. with people. I'm trying to find a movie that I that like is like a funny one. <sighs> it's hard yeah. it's hard on the spot to discover fun, yeah do you guys know funny the f- review? <laughs> flight holds up 10 years later apparently wow um, so does the trouble with the curve the Clint Eastwood uh, I've never heard of any of these movies but I probably <laughs> wouldn't have heard of Daphne and Valma if I hadn't yeah, uh, done this if you podcast didn't have either. to. Yeah. If I didn't have to. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Um, all of this talk well, about. Puss in um, Boots, The Last Wish gets a bit dark. Oh, watch <laughs> out. Wow. Okay. I mean, that Solzy. movie is fucking phenomenal. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen that. But no, no, that's, my God. The, that's the very recent one, right? Yeah. It's yeah, yeah. So I, fucking good. I've, people have said it's the, it's the new Paddington. Mm. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's really it. good. 
I'm very excited. Oh, it's fucking incredible. Here's a Daniel Salzman. This is like a hot take. Avatar The Way of Water. You'll love it or you won't. Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> Compelling. Gripping. Yeah. Pick no one a does side, it. No one does it like Solzy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the, the all this all this talk, and I I pulled a bunch of quotes which aren't quite as funny, so I won't go into them about um, the the female empowerment aspect of the film. It reminded me of the reason that we asked you guys to come on the show is that you guys have like a running gag on Do Go On about Matt being the feminist of the podcast, and yeah. I thought yeah. it would be it'd be kind of cute to get Matt and the gang on for it, that he's not even here. So yeah, you, unfortunately, if you're, if you're wondering why you got strapped with this dog shit movie, it was because that was my thought process. <laughs> it was because yeah. of feminism. <laughs> Yeah, and unfortunately, neither of us are qualified to speak on behalf of women. That's no. why we need Matt. So we need Matt for the for the woman's perspective. And if you if you had watched this as a as a, a young a young woman, Jess, would you have would this have empowered you? Would this have felt empowering or anything like that? I don't think so. Um, it's tough, isn't it? Because uh, like I remember watching um, uh, Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. And mm. and feeling empowered as a woman in her late twenties at the time, mm-hmm. um, and sort of thinking, great, your skin like looks a- great for late twenties, by the way. I can't believe it. Um, <laughs> but and I remember at the time, sort of thinking, like, this is this is great that like young people, young women in particular, can see this. Um, yeah. You know, but. But I don't know if if when you're actually at that age, if you're taking that in and feeling mm. empowered by it. Do you know what I mean? Like I think yeah, right. you have to be beaten down by life a little bit to then, yeah. <laughs> then recognise anything being empowering. Yeah. So I don't know. It does feel very Disney, like just the, a lot mm-hmm. of the tropes. Like even when they're yeah. in, they're in like a little cart in the cafeteria and they're trying to like, they've caused a distraction and they're trying to move through. It feels mm. very Disney and... Um, maybe I would have enjoyed it, but I don't know if I would have been like, yeah, girl power. Yeah, right. It's about the quality of like a Disney Channel original movie. It, it absolutely feels budget. like that, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. I think um, to get to get real <laughs> for, for a second instead of dunking on the movie, I think the real problem with talking about um, this, whether or not this, this bad movie was empowering for women is more like <laughs> there, there should be empowering movies for women with 10 times this budget especially for for, mm. for little girls and stuff right and like mm. i think it's maybe maybe more the the thing where the the crux of what we're making fun of here is that like while boys have you know superhero movies the most expensive movies in the world that like little girls girls are, got this one film yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it came at the perfect time yeah <laughs> <laughs> So before we uh, wrap things up, we've got a couple of games that we've been playing with the guests. If you guys would be keen to partake, the first uh, question that that I have for you is: um, That's more of a game uh, than a question. Well, it, it begins with a question, <laughs> <laughs> much like "Do Go On." What a great song! Right. There you go. Um, what are each of your birthdays? I know they're so, they're close together, but what what are they? Now, I actually um, do know your birthdays. I'm actually a bit of a Do Go On super fan, so I know that your birthdays are close together. <laughs> Our birthdays are two days apart. Mine mm-hmm. is the 26th of August, and Dave's is the 28th of August. Alrighty, so we have a a um 
uh, spreadsheet where I have uh, collated every single episode of Scooby Doo that's ever come out, and the and villain I helped, <laughs> and the <laughs> the villain that appears in that episode. So we it's called the villain horoscope. We can tell you your Scooby Doo birthday villain, and you can tell yes. us if it resonates with you or not. I so love that, it. Fantastic. That was the the twenty sixth and the twenty eighth, was it of August? Yeah, that's right. Yep. You're right in the dead zone of <laughs> and, and no episodes have ever aired on those dates, but that's I can give you. Sweetie pies. <laughs> I can give you the, your closest examples. So, uh, the on the twenty third of August. So this will be Jess, your your Scooby Doo villain. Is, I think it's better, AJ. If you look down at the 29th, there's oh, one that I think uh, can encapsulate both. Oh, you're oh. so right. Never. You, this has happened so many times where I've just gone for the answer, and you've been like, "Wait, AJ, you're <laughs> missing a much better joke." <laughs> All right. On the on the 29th of August, I'm going to give the both of you the two dinosaurs from <laughs> Scooby Doo and Guess Who, season one, episode ten. Get this, Attack of the Weird Al Asaurus from 2019, <laughs> presumably featuring Weird Al Yankovic. <laughs> How do you feel about the dinosaurs? I feel pretty positively about dinosaurs. I feel great. You're wearing mm. a jumper with a dinosaur oh, on yeah. today. No oh, wow. shit! Wow! <laughs> and it, get, so the best one, the best one was the first one. Uh, Alexi was our first guest, and his his horoscope villain was um, Aphrodite, the the Greek goddess. And we were oh. like, "Holy shit, this thing works!" And then it, it hasn't quite landed as hard until now. <laughs> this <laughs> right. works. But I'm in the dino jumper. This is great. Yeah. We've done it. I, I love like like all of these are like the ghost of Frias. Sarah, the abominable snowman, uh, the specter of Ebenezer, and then this one just says, two dinosaurs. (laughs) (laughs) Which is presumably it's just an episode where they go back in time and there happens to be dinosaurs that you- This happens to be two dinosaurs. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And Um, one of them's actually Weird Al, and that's how he gets his parody (laughs) ideas, is travelling back in time. Um, And finally, our final game um, is we've got a leaderboard, much like the one featured on the wall of the school and Daphne and Velma um, oh, yeah. for, for all, <laughs> all of our guests. Uh, it's called the Impressions Leaderboard. Uh, you can absolutely say you don't want to do this. We've let guests just take take zero points. But we've, we've got um, a leaderboard of all the guests and we're gonna what we're going to do is we're going to give each of you the opportunity to give us a Scooby-Doo impression. And mm-hmm. if that goes well, you get to do a Shaggy impression. And if that goes well, uh, <laughs> if, you, that goes well. if that goes well, <laughs> you can do an impression of any Hanna-Barbera or Scooby-Doo character. Or you Daphne can, and Velma character. Or Daphne and Velma character. Um, you can bow out at any time or not do it altogether. We have had at least one uh, do not attempt um, <laughs> did not attempt of the guests so far. The the score to beat is 8.5 out of 9. <laughs> Whoa. Wow, that's huge. Who was that? Uh, that was uh, Lily Hansen from uh, Comedian in the States. So Jeez, can okay. you be her? Impressive. Um, so we'll start with a Scooby-Doo impression if you want to give us each a Scooby-Doo impression. I used to be... Uh, this is in primary school. I was pretty good at like the Scooby-Doo laugh, but I haven't attempted it in 20 years. Oh, incredible. So should I go first, man? Because I will not be as good as your laugh. And I also did a, uh, did a raggy before. Oh, that's the only... What, yeah, I'm trying to think of what, what else I can say. But I'll, I'll have a go at the laugh. Well, that's why we made this a game is because Scooby-Doo impressions are so hard to resist when you're talking about it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> you're going to... Could, you could go for it. Go for a raggy. Okay, just a raggy. What do you reckon? What do you reckon? Do you reckon that sucks, Jess? Is that your? Yeah, it's your uh, I think that I uh, <laughs> will not progress to the next round. 
I'll give you I'll give you one point for for your Scooby attempt. Um, out of out of three. <laughs> It's not that bad. It's out of 30. <laughs> yeah, 30%. Yeah, everything should be, from now on, it's out of 30. That, 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 that uh, Scooby-Doo impression, I would rate 29% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> oh, almost perfect. Wow. <laughs> All right, Jess, you've, you've talked it up. Let's see if you can deliver. Here we go. <laughs> Let's see if I can still do it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> really? <laughs> really good. Wow. I'm going to give that, what do you reckon, Richard? You reckon that's a three? Yeah, let's go three. three. Just to make Dave feel worse. Scooby laugh. <laughs> All right. That was at least three times as good. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, you're, I'll let you attempt a shaggy if you want, Dave, or you could have the distinction of scoring the lowest score that isn't zero on the leaderboard. So oh, I, mean, I do want. like that. I do like that. <laughs> yeah, golf rules. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. give me, give me a Give me a one. Okay, <laughs> all right. Uh, Jess, did you want to attempt a shaggy for some more points? I don't know if I can do a shaggy. Mm-hmm. I think maybe I want to bow out on top. Yeah, doing that mm. spot on. Nice Scooby Doo laugh. Nice. Okay. No, that's fine. Well, Dave, as I said, that puts you in technically second to last place because uh, Christchurch musician Pickle Darling did did not want to do it. Fair call. <laughs> so, absolutely. So you're on one point, and uh, Jess on um, a strong three points. This puts you um, one point above uh, Grace Jarvis um, at <gasps> I think tenth. I don't know. The, the spreadsheet's yeah. confusing to which order to read it. 11th place. 11th place. There we go. Um, congratulations. Thank you so much for participating. And we've learned a lot about the people we've had on the show by whether or not they <laughs> think this is a fun game or whether they clearly regret having agreed to come and be a guest <laughs> on. So. I just think if we had, if the film we had watched had featured mm. more of the original mm. Scooby Doo yeah. characters, maybe it would have been more fresh in our minds. Yeah, right. So, I you know. Well, do, do you want to maybe sub it out for like a Daphne impression? I was, I was regretting it as I was saying it because I'm like, now I'm opening myself up to have to do a Daphne Velma. Daphne got to be the hardest of the characters to do an impression yeah. of. I feel like she doesn't have a distinguishing voice. She's voice. more of like a vibes. Like you got to get the yeah. vibes of Daphne. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah that's right. Voice. And Velma just says jinkies. And that's that, about Velma's it. got a nasal Give her a point. She said jinkies. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you so much for appearing on our little show, gang. It's been awesome to to talk to you and have you uh, chat Daphne and Velma with us. If there is anyone in the world who knows about our show and happens to not know about your show, can you give us a plug? <laughs> Do you want to tell us what your show is about? Uh, it's, so it's called Do Go On, and we take it in turns to report on a topic from history, and it could be a famous person it could be a disaster it could be basically anything we've mm. done nearly 400 episodes over seven years so <laughs> yeah hopefully we'd like to think there's something for at least you know nearly something for everyone yeah mm. it is funny i thought about this when as soon as we started recording i was like there is like a genre of podcast that is like guys watching bad movies on purpose and talking about it and we we are that podcast a lot of the time mm. you well, guys we kind are, of we kind of initiated it yeah like, yeah yeah, yeah that's true it, yeah. yeah exactly um, <laughs> you guys are not that podcast at all and i think uh it's it, you, we've had mainly comedians who maybe don't have a podcast or podcasts that orbit that genre but i think mm. I, I was worried i was I'm, I'm glad you guys wanted to come on because i was worried you'd you'd be like this isn't really our our shtick but 
the genre of podcast is beneath us. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's what, I, that's what I was worried about. We hate to have fun. We hate to chat to fun people. We're, we're oh, podcasting so divas, so this is mm. a big get for you. And, um, probably the only appearance we'll make all year. We do one charity appearance. Wow. Just and knock it off at the start of the year. Buried yeah. 21 yeah. hours deep into a podcast as well. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. That's, that's where we like to be. <laughs> All righty. Well, thank you so much for coming on. And Richard, let's uh, journey forth valiantly into the next film, which is called Scooby-Doo and the Gourmet Ghost. And to uh, <laughs> highlight how many Scooby-Doo movies there are, that is the first time I've read that title. If you had, had a mm. gun to my head, said, tell me what the 40th Scooby-Doo movie is called. Didn't know it was called that. So uh, I would say shoot me. <laughs> I would say shoot me, please. I've watched 40 of them. <laughs> <laughs> Suffering. 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 Good job, Scooby. Have yourself a suffering.